Darren from 1958, Dream Lover. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Draft and Friend show. I'm sorry, the Draft and Drexel show. Said that out of habit from a long time ago. I am Todd Dandruff. Would tell us this show is being recorded one day after Election Day, November 9th, 2016. We did a show last night in case you missed it. It is in the archives. So there's not going to be a whole lot of election talk tonight because we talked for about four hours last night about the election. So I'm not going to repeat myself. In fact, it was a little bit weird to come back and do a show the very next day after being on for four hours. But this is a poker and gambling show primarily, and we didn't talk about any of that stuff last night. So it felt weird to just skip this week because we did four hours on election night. I guess it would be more convenient if the show was on Wednesday for that reason. or Sorry, if it was on Tuesday. So we could combine the two. But I, I dutifully came back. For our regular show. I'll be a bit late, but uh, at least I came back. This show probably won't be as long as other regular shows we've had recently. But who knows? Maybe it will. Right now, I don't have any co-hosts, but maybe we will pick some up. I am Todd dandruff Witellis, and we have a free roll tonight at 8.40 p.m. We have a free roll just about every week on this show. It's real money. Cash money. I mean, really cash money where I'll send you cash in the mail. I'll send you a bank transfer. I'll send you Bitcoin. I'll send you money pretty much any way you want it. So you're not going to get the money on some crappy poker site, which may not let you withdraw. It's uh, unusual for free rolls of podcasts and radio shows of this nature. 
We usually give away a minimum of $50, sometimes as much as 200 or more. This week, it's $75 we're giving away, thanks to $50 from SMI Florida and $25 for Gordman. And I want to mention the donation from SMI Florida specifically, because there's a little bit of a story to that. Uh, SMI Florida is a very generous contributor to the show. He is probably he's probably given away the second most amount of money to this radio show as far as the free rolls are concerned. The the most was from C Money, but SMI Florida is probably second. And he he just comes right through. You say we need money for the free roll, bang, it's right there from him. So this week we had zero about an hour before the show, and SMI Florida has shipped fifty right there. But he did ask for. Something in return, which is unusual. Usually he wants nothing in return. This time, he wanted me to dedicate the show to his best friend, Roberto, who unfortunately passed away at age 34. Roberto, I don't believe listened to this show, but he was a very close friend of SMI Florida's. And he's he was from South Florida. He was a Cuban. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Roberto had a drug issue and an overdose. And yeah, this is a big problem in that area in South Florida. And uh, SMI Florida said that he's lost more friends than he can count on his two hands from drug overdoses. That's a sad situation. If if you know anybody in your life that has a drug problem that uh, may be going down that road, you should try to get them help. I mean, if they if they will not allow anyone to help them, there's nothing you can do. It's tragic, but there's nothing you can do. But Always try to help anyone you care about in that situation. Otherwise, uh, it usually won't end well. And uh, sometimes you try to help and uh, it still doesn't work. So it's very sad, especially at the age of 34, to pass away like that. And uh, so SMI Florida mentioned that and said he'd like the show to be dedicated to Roberto. And especially because Roberto was a Trump supporter and he never got to make it to vote. He, He just missed voting for Trump. And seeing him surprisingly win. And the state of Florida was a, a big part of that. So, don't want to start the show on a downer note, but I, I figured that I should mention that, especially on behalf of SMI Florida, who has donated so much to the show, and I'm sure he's really hurting. You know, you have a close friend who, who dies at that age, it's, it's very tough. Anyway, the free roll tonight, 8.40 p.m. Pacific Time. It's No Limit Hold'em. First place will be forty. Second place twenty dollars. Third place ten dollars. Fourth place five dollars. Forty, twenty, ten, and five. You can play it on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. You can find that near the top of the screen on PokerFraudAlert.com. Thank you to Bellybuster, who actually runs our poker room. He is the poker room manager. It's run on his system, not mine. So thank you to him. And. You need to have a separate account on the No Fraud Online Poker Room from the forum. But there are requirements for qualifying for the free money. You must read those requirements and understand them and adhere to them. The place you can read that is pokerfraudalert.com slash freeroll. Pokerfraudalert.com slash freeroll, exactly as it sounds. If you want to call the show tonight, the phone number is 775-FRAUD55. 775-372-8355 is that number. You can also text the show at that very same phone number 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. I will respond to you, even if we're not on the air. Don't ever feel bad about texting me at a weird time. It's fine. 
you have my word. I will never be frustrated because you're texting me at a time I'm sleeping. I stay up funny hours anyway, so I probably won't be sleeping. And I will read your text on the air, or I might, unless you ask me not to. You can also call the Mount Charleston line, especially if you can't get through to the main number. The Mount Charleston line is a separate line that forwards into the show. It's located on Mount Charleston, which is a mountain near Las Vegas. I have an old rotary phone from the 1970s sitting on top of it. That phone number is 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808. Don't text that number. It's an old 70s rotary phone. It can't get texts. If you want to text Brandon, maybe ask him to appear and co-host the show with me. Or for any other reason, you can text him anytime at 203-299-2436. That's 203-299-2436. We have the Call to Listen line, which is a special phone number, which can be used 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, to listen to this show. When we're on live, you hear the live show on it. When we are not live, you will hear a rerun that is randomly chosen by the computer to run in full, as if it's live. And then when that's done, it picks another rerun from our four-and-a-half-year history. And we'll play that in full. And just keeps doing that over and over and over again until we come back live. The call-to-listen line can be reached at 712-775-8162. 712-775-8162. You don't need a smartphone. You don't need the Internet. You don't need a computer. All you need is a phone that can dial. You don't need a data plan. If you have a data plan, it will not use even one byte of your data. So you won't waste any data using the call to listen line. 712-775-8162 is that phone number. It's, if you're on a cell phone with a bad connection, maybe on the road, you don't want to have all this buffering crap going on or the show freezing up, just use the call to listen line. It doesn't do that. It just plays straight through. And when you have a bad reception, it's much better to use that than listening over the Internet. It's a very popular feature here, the call to listen line, 712-775-8162. If you forget any of these phone numbers, you can go to the radio tab on PokerFraudAlert.com, and they are listed up there. We also post every show in the archives, and yes, I pronounce that this way intentionally. It's not, not a mistake on my part. But we do post the shows in the archives in many different forms. You can use iTunes. You can use an app called Stitcher. You can use TuneIn, which is another app. In fact, TuneIn can also be used to listen to the live show. You can listen to both archives and the live show up on TuneIn. And we also are now on Google Play, especially for you Android users that have Google Play. You may want to check that out. We're up there, too. And if you don't want any of that stuff, you can just go directly to the PokerFraudAlert.com server and click on the MP3 link on the radio page, and that will take you to the list of shows where you just... Play the MP3 directly from PokerFraudAlert.com. And iPhones can do that very easily. So if you don't want to hassle with subscribing and iTunes and Stitcher and all that other stuff, you don't need an app to listen. You can just go over to listen to the MP3 directly, especially if you have an iPhone. So a lot of ways to listen. In fact, I think I provide more listening options for this show than any radio show or any podcast in the world. Maybe not, but I've never seen one with more listening options than this show. If there is a listening option I'm not providing that you would like, please let me know, and I might add it. I want to give everybody ease of listening. I, when I want to listen to internet radio shows, it is so frustrating to me when it's hard to do, or when it requires downloads, 
when it requires uh, a good internet connection or a new device. I, I hate all that nonsense. I want to have options. If it's too hard to listen, I don't listen. So knowing that you will run into the same problem, I make sure to provide a lot of listening options here. And I spare no expense, because you guys know how, to me, money is always no object. (laughs) If you want to chat during the live show, go in the chat room. You need a forum account in good standing and is validated, and a flash-enabled device, meaning iPhones and iPads can't get in there, but most of the devices can. You can chat during the live show, mainly with other users. I don't read the chat room that often, but look, I'll read it right now. And let's see what it says here. Uh, From JSTAT, referring to the protesters regarding Trump. These protesters are our future. We'll be a third world country soon. Boy, are they stupid. Lou Father says Todd is God. (laughs) And let's see what we have here. Uh, Greenhead Rogers said he stayed home, thought there may be trouble around Los Angeles. I don't blame him. So, the chat room is where you can talk to everybody, and I'm not going to read it very often during the show, especially if I'm doing it by myself. We'll see if we can pick up some co-hosts along the way. It kind of feels like we're doing this on an off night or an off time, even though we're not, just because we did a show yesterday. I think some people just thought, since we did a show yesterday, we're just not doing one today, but we are. But that'll make for fewer people in the free roll and a greater chance to win the money. We have a short agenda tonight. We're going to have an interview with Amanda Stinchcomb. I know we announced that last week, but it didn't happen because uh, she fell asleep. We did a show very late last week at 2 in the morning and she fell asleep. So that's understandable. But, you know, I just realized something. I don't think we had a free roll last week, did we? We posted a, we posted about a free roll. I don't know if we had one. I think we did. Yeah, I think we did have one. That's right. We did. I almost thought I didn't give away the money. I said I would, but I did. Okay. Never mind. Just a, a temporary uh, lapse in memory there. I guess I'm getting old. Anyway, Amanda Stinchcomb, back to her. We had her on the show about a year and a half ago, I think in May 2015, and she was a young girl, I believe 22 years old, new on the poker scene, trying out the Vegas poker life. She moved to Vegas to be a professional poker player. And I was interested in this story because, you know, this is there's a lot of dangers to moving to Vegas to be a pro poker player as it is. But when you're a 22-year-old girl, it's even tougher because there's constantly guys around you that are supposedly nice, supposedly trying to do you favors, supposedly your friend, when in reality you know what they want. So in a way, it's tougher to be a 22-year-old female poker player in Vegas, and in a way, it's easier, I guess, if you (laughs) are willing to uh, give these guys what they're looking for. So, she no longer lives in Vegas. She no longer... I think she's still a professional poker player, I'm not sure, but we're going to get an update from her. She now lives in Florida. And her life has changed, but I also want to talk to her about her time in Vegas, when apparently, she had a bad drinking problem. So, I want to hear about that. I want to hear about... uh, how poker may have contributed to that, and I I just want to know her whole story. So we're going to have her back on tonight, and we will talk about it. I want to talk about Trump and whether his election will help or hurt, or maybe neither, legalized online poker prospects. Many people are saying that 
online poker is not going to happen now. At least, you know, legally in the U.S., it's not going to happen. And maybe the online poker that's already happened at the state level will disappear because Trump will try to pacify Sheldon Adelson and that will be the end of online poker. Will that really happen? I will give you my opinion on that during that segment. A gambling site called Patty Power supposedly got burned by a gimmick where they paid out Clinton bets early. They did this, I think, about a week and a half ago. They said, we're so sure Hillary's going to win, we're paying out our bets now. And if you want to bet again, you can. And you can win a second time if you want. So they claimed that if somehow Trump wins, they're really going to take a bath because they will have paid out bets early that uh, ended up were ones that they shouldn't have had to pay. So indeed, that's what happened. They paid out early, and then Trump won. So did Patty Power really take a bath? Did they really lose a lot of money off this? Or was this a clever marketing gimmick? Was this a trick? We will talk about that. Speaking of bets on the election, Intertops is refusing to pay Trump bets all the way until the month of January. That's not good. Talk a bit about that, and I'll tell you a bit about Intertops and whether you can trust them. Brian Hastings, remember remember him, the uh, multi-accounter involved in some scandals at the World Series of Poker? He recently compared his multi-accounting scandal. This is in a blog he wrote. He compared his multi-accounting scandal to the Hillary Clinton email scandal. <laughs> and, and use that to explain why he supports Clinton. I'm not kidding. I'm going to read this to you. Phil Ivey attempted to appeal a decision against him in the Crockford's edge sorting case. This is involving a game called Punto Banco, which is very similar to Baccarat, where he used an accomplice to be able to notice small defects in the cards that would give away what those cards were when they were face down. He won a bunch of money they would not pay him, and he sued them. He lost, he appealed, and he lost again. So we'll talk about that. I'll talk a little bit more about the election. If you want to hear most of the election talk, you can go to listen to last night's episode. But I do want to talk about the theory that's been going around. That the arrogance and shaming by the left against anyone who either supported Trump or questioned Hillary, did that cause the backlash which beat Hillary? And is that why the polling was so inaccurate? Were people afraid to say they were voting for Trump because the left was so aggressive in trying to make people feel bad for supporting him. We will talk about whether that is likely a factor. And something else we're going to rehash that we were supposed to do last week. I shouldn't say rehash. Something we will visit that we were supposed to visit last week and didn't. On October 1st, on Facebook... October 31st, not 1st. On Facebook, there was a call out there to help the protesters at the Standing Rock protest regarding an oil pipeline on an Indian reservation. There was a protest, and there was a call to help them by checking into the Standing Rock protest, even if you're nowhere near there, to confuse the police. Supposedly the police were there to, or the police were using Facebook to look who was checking in and then using that to target people who were protesting. So it was asked of people to check in there on Facebook and then confuse the police. Because if there's tons of false check-ins, then the real check-ins will not be useful to the police. About a million people went and did this. 
In fact, I think more. Guess what? It turned out to be a hoax. I will talk about how I suspected from the start this was a hoax and something was weird about it, and why it's stupid to share something like this, even if it wasn't a hoax. Why even accepting that it was real, why it's dumb to share something like that, and why it makes you look like a douche to do so. So I will talk a bit about that. That's our agenda for the evening. You never know what else will happen. And what I'll do is I'll get started by calling Amanda. And you may wonder, why are we interviewing some random girl who appeared on the show a year and a half ago on the day after a historic election? Isn't that a weird topic to go to first? Well, there's two reasons for that. First of all, she goes to sleep. So it's already after 11 over there. So that's one reason. Second, I, I talked about the election so much last night and also today to just people I know personally. I'm kind of burnt out with election talk for the moment. I think you might be too. So we're going to go to something completely different, take a break from the election, and then we'll get back to it towards the end of the show. And again, if you, if you feel like you're deprived of election talk and you want to hear me rant about the election, you have an opportunity to hear me do that for four hours by listening to last night's show which you can do right after you listen to this one. In fact, if you're listening in the archives, just go ahead and pause it right now and go listen to my four-hour show yesterday and then come back and listen to the rest of this one and you'll have your fill of the election. And most of the show last night is still pretty current as far as today is concerned. So it won't, it's not like you're listening to me reading off the returns and you know, as Trump is going towards victory. I, I did the show late at night after Trump had already won. So everything I said last night is is pretty much valid today. So it's not like listening to live sports on tape. So I'm going to call up uh, Amanda and hopefully reach her this time. Last time I was sure I was going to reach her because she told me, okay, I'm ready anytime. And then she fell asleep. But I won't blame her because I, I told her she was going to be on like between 11 and 12 last week. And then we didn't start until very late and we didn't get to her till about 2 a.m. her time. So that's understandable. So I will. And she felt bad about it. She was apologizing and she she really felt bad. And I said, nah, don't worry about it. This was our fault. We, we started late. So let's see here. I did lose the phone number for a second. That's why, that's why we got to pause here. Okay, I got it. Got the phone number. Looks like a Delaware phone number. So I guess she was from Delaware at one time. I always take an interest in the area code of the people I'm calling because sometimes it's different than where they live and it reveals something about where they used to live. So these days you can pick any area code you want. You get a cell phone, you can just say you want a cell phone from any place. Anyway, uh, hello, uh, Amanda. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Poker Fraud Alert. You were last on here, I believe, about 17 months ago. In uh, May of 2015. Yeah. And uh, so we just, uh, somehow we, I think someone tweeted to you and me at the same time, and we talked a little bit on Twitter recently, and and it just kind of came up like, hey, you know, you want to come back on here? I think that's what it was. Someone suggested you come back on here. And I said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So especially when you told me that there's been a lot of changes in what was going on with you, I said, okay, that's especially interesting because we... We heard from you in May 2015, where you told us of your plans of what you're hoping to succeed 
in Las Vegas and what you're going to do, what you weren't going to do, and then we didn't talk to you again. So as far as the listeners are concerned, they have no clue what happened. So we're going to talk about everything that happened here and everything that's going on with you currently. So you live in Florida right now, right? Actually, uh, last weekend I moved back up with my family in Delaware. Oh, you're back to Delaware. Yes. So I, I noticed your phone number was a Delaware number. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I um, I had been staying with a. I had been in a long term relationship in Florida after I'd gotten sober, and it just didn't work out. So, so recently decided to part ways and come back up to see, spend some time with my family. The holidays are coming around. So, so, so when I talked to you yeah, like like a week or two ago, you, uh, the, the boyfriend was still in the picture, right? Like you were telling me something about you know, living with your boyfriend. I'm very surprised to hear this. Yeah, it was. It was kind of. It just kind of like came to like a, I don't know, like a boiling point, I suppose. We had uh, pretty much been kind of like separate anyway. Not really, like we lived together, but we didn't really see each other that much. And our relationship had pretty much lost most of its like uh, communication on an intimate level. So we were better friends. So, so we, was we decided this a, that we wanted to stay that way. And so. this is this is a poker play, right? Yeah. Mm, okay. So, all right. Let, let's go back, though. Let's go back in time a bit to May of 2015. And we talked to you, and you were just you had just moved to Vegas. You were attempting to live the Vegas poker lifestyle and, and attempted to uh, succeed with that. And now we're talking to you in November 2016, and, and now you're in Delaware after being in Florida. So... Uh, so what happened in Las Vegas uh, over the summer during the World Series? Would you, I guess we talked to you right before the World Series. Uh, what happened there? You had told me there was something about a, a drinking issue because, in fact, I had I had mentioned something to you that that uh, where I almost you know, came over and said hello to you when I, I saw you around downstairs in, at the Rio, but then you were with some guy and I didn't I didn't want to interrupt anything, so I just walked by and and. You didn't remember any of this, even though I had talked to you about it after it happened. You said, well, I was drinking so much back then, the whole time is a blur. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> What's, what was that about? Yeah. So, so, so you, you did a lot um, of how, – how did the, the – when did the drinking problem start over there, and, and how long did it go on? Well, I feel like you know, the drinking problem has been a problem in my life for probably a lot longer than I recognized it was a problem. Um. But when I had moved out to Vegas, like, my initial plan was to try and be sober when I went out there, and now I realized that was a silly notion and kind of set myself up for a lot of stuff that wound up kind of snowballing throughout that that summer. Um, At the beginning, right after that interview with you, I had uh, run into somebody that... I had met previously uh, a few months earlier in a Biloxi stop, uh, WSAP Biloxi stop, and we had we had been friends or whatever, but we had we had a falling out, and he came and apologized to me, and this started like a really intense um, kind of struggle for. I'm not really. I think it was more of a struggle of like he was trying to help me. And I didn't want any help from anybody. And we wound up button heads in a very violent manner 
Um, wait, I'm a little confused here. Wait, wait, I'm, I'm not sure how this fits into the story. So who was this? Was this guy you were dating? I'm a little confused who this guy is. Uh, well, I've, I've not disclosed the name. No, it doesn't matter um, what his name is. I'm just going yeah. how does this fit into the story? Uh, yeah. yeah hang, uh, Brand, this is Brandon Drexel Gerson. He's our co-host. He just joined as well. But, uh, so what, this, this is Amanda Stinchcomb, the uh, McGrindin life. She, is we're this do- a fluff piece? It's, it's, it's not really a fluff piece. It's a follow-up piece. Okay. So, so, uh, so Amanda, so, so this guy you're talking about, though, you said that, uh, see, I'd asked about the drinking, and then you talked about some guy you were butting heads with. Uh, who, who was he? Was it a guy, was a guy you were dating, or just, uh, how does he fit into the story? Well, he fits into the story because when I met him in Biloxi, I had attempted to get sober. I had about three, three or four weeks sober at that time, and um, I believe that was the previous October, and when we had met, uh, initially it was supposed to be something, you know, like we were going to be more than friends and it, I wasn't into it. And then he didn't like that. I was in it, into it. And we got into a fight and I relapsed and started drinking again. So this was, this, um, was, this was in Vegas. So then, this was in Biloxi. Was in Biloxi. Okay. This is when, right. And then when I had met back up with him in Vegas, when I had been trying to stay sober again, um, he encouraged me to continue drinking. He said, uh, I can't quote, but it was along the lines of, if you don't drink with me, I can't hang out with you because I drink. Really? So, so now do you think he was doing this to try to get you drunk so you'd mess around with him? I think that there were motives that I was unclear on. Um, he was very, very controlling. So I do think that, he figured if I was drinking, then I'd be more willing to go along with whatever he wanted me to do. I was very impressionable when I drank, uh, easily coerced and manipulated into doing many things that, you know, I don't, I wouldn't do now in my state of mind. And I feel that, uh, at the beginning of the series, because after the interview with you, the person that I was staying with, um, I had, decided to move, I was, it was off of Paradise. It was a little too far from the strip, so I decided to stay with this guy who was staying at Palms right next to Rio. So oh, so, so you, I so, okay, so, closer to the uh, Okay, so I'm, I'm getting, so it's you moved in with this guy, and, uh, and but but then you weren't in a relationship with him. You were just, you just moved in with him. Now, now didn't you, did, did you think that maybe moving in with a guy, like a guy willing to have you in his place, he might be expecting something in return? Because that's almost always how it works. Um, you know, I, I talked to him about that prior to going and he gave me, you know, every, um, assurance that it would be, you know, he's just trying to help me out and be a good friend. And I think that, you know, I wanted to trust and believe him. Brandon, uh, would you, would you ever let a girl move in with you that just, just to help them out for, for no reason? Brandon? Yeah. So we love Where's our co-host Brandon? We're missing him. Oh, we lost. We lost him. Hmm. Let's see if we can bring him back here. Well, let me tell you something here. Um, like, like no guy has ever helped me out just out of out of the blue. Like, no guy has ever just. Hello. Yeah. Hey, hey, Brandon. I've got a question for you. Hello, Brandon. You there? I can't hear you. You can't hear me. We must be having sound issues. All right. Well, I'll have to get him. We'll have to get him later. 
So, uh, okay, we, we're going to put on Scott from the East Coast. He, he's going to co-host in the meantime. Scott, hello. Hey, how you doing? Hey, so so anyway, yeah, I, I just want to tell you that yeah, you may have discovered this for yourself. Guys, especially guys in poker, but guys in general, they're not going to do you any favors for no reason. Like, it's very, very rare. Like, there may be a, a saintly guy that really hello? just wants, wants to help. Yeah, hey, Brandon. <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> What, what, what are we doing now? We still, we still have Amanda on the phone. I, I have a question for you, Brandon. Okay. Is this, are you still doing this is the, the, the girl from Baltimore? Yeah, from from uh, Delaware. Pretty close. So, so, so uh, Brandon, would you ever help a girl and just let her move in with you if this was not a girl you were dating or having sex with? No. Okay. <laughs> so that's, see, I, I wouldn't either. What about you, Scott? Would you, I know you're married now, but, but you know, before you were married, would you have done that? My wife wouldn't let me come in the house when we were dating unless I was giving up the buttons. <laughs> okay, so, so, so yeah. Look, it's uh, th- that's that was the first mistake. Is there's a lot of guys in poker that just they they see a girl who's your age, you know, at the time twenty two years old, and they're salivating. They're like, okay, you know, how can I take advantage of this situation? So, and sometimes they try to approach it in, in a sneaky fashion, you know, pretending they just want to help, just want to be nice. I remember. Uh, uh, one uh, David Skolansky might be a- accused of that by by some people. <laughs> uh, did you run into David at any point by any chance? I did not. Okay, I did not have the pleasure. <laughs> okay, he, he he would have liked you, I think. But uh, it's a good, th- good thing you didn't run <laughs> I was into him. Told that he might, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing you didn't run into him. But but so, so anyway, so this guy you were with now was this the one I saw you at the bar with, or is that someone different? Um, it's quite possibly somebody different. Okay, was that, I, I had I hung out with a ton of people while I was in Vegas, probably different people most nights because they were coming in and out of the series, you know, so. And so, so they, they... I meet a lot of people. I, 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 I'm very willing to like meet, um, meet my followers and like, you know, the people that are interested in talking to me. Yeah, no, I understand that, but I'm just saying that uh, unfortunately a lot of the guys who are going to want to meet you, it's, it's going to be for a, a uh, purpose <laughs> that's a genocide. I <laughs> yeah, genocide's a good example. So, so do, do you know who genocide is, by the way, Amanda? I do not. She doesn't even know who genocide is. Don't they both live in Delaware? That's true. She's from you. You know what? There are some parallels here. Genocide is her name's Jennifer Lee. She was from Delaware, also. She also became a professional poker player and lived in Las Vegas. She even appeared in Playboy as like a you know a nude uh, female poker player. Uh, she's a little. She's older than you. She's, I think, thirty-two now. But uh, and she even went back to live with her family in Delaware. There's a lot of parallels here, and she, I, I think she. <laughs> so well, hold on. We could have one more parallel if if Amanda wants to, but don't put it on her. What's that? Getting pregnant? No. <laughs> the Delaware. Wait, I haven't done that yet. Well, genocide. <laughs> genocide did though. So so okay. So so Amanda. So you you were now during the series. Uh, you, you said you were. Remember when her hair was falling out? Yeah. <laughs> During the series, you said you were drunk a lot. Uh, did this affect your bankroll? Did you did you chunk off your bankroll at times because you were, uh, yeah, too smashed? Actually, no. I uh, I did I did great. I played the one two five PLO games in the pavilion, and I actually did really good. Uh, but I did punt off a lot in blackjack. Oh, you played blackjack. That wasn't After, a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, I, I did great in poker when I was drunk because I learned how to play poker drunk. So it was kind of, you know, just like riding a horse or riding a bike. Not a horse. I never rode one of those. But 
No, when I would go over the the blackjack was the big leak in my bankroll. Really? So while I was drinking. So so now when you I was very generous with tips when I was. Oh, okay. That that, that can eat you up. That's Mm -hmm. like the tips can really eat you up. People don't realize it because they they're going well. They go, okay, I'm going to tip a quarter. I'm going to tip the hundred. Like they go, I'm so I'm winning so much. Why not? And then the losing starts, and then the tips add up to be like, wow, I wish I had all that money back. So, right, right. <laughs> so, so okay. So, so you were you were drinking a lot, but doing well in poker. Did you play any World Series events, or did you just uh, to cash? Uh, I did play um, in the ladies' event, but I tried not to drink before I played the ladies' event. And being an alcoholic, I was actually very sick huh. while I was playing in that event, um, and did not make it very far at all. Okay, and then so 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 then you uh, you were doing okay in poker. You were losing money in blackjack. Now uh, you, there was, there was definitely a boyfriend in the picture. I think he's I think he's like in his mid thirties, and that's who I saw you with. Because what, I saw you, and then I messaged you afterwards and said I would have come up and said hi, but I saw you with some guy. I didn't want to interrupt. You said, "Oh, that's my boyfriend." And I said, "Oh, okay." Well, it's probably, oh, that yeah. yeah, that was Steve. That was Steve. Okay, that that person I do remember. Okay. I um, he's the person. That actually offered to uh, help me get sober. Another person who offered to help me get sober, but he lives—he lived in uh, Tallahassee, Florida, and I was given at the end of the series. It was this was at the end of June. He said that you know I could come with him to Tallahassee, oh, wow. but I have to get sober. Or I can just stay in Vegas, but it was up to me. So he was going to take and you all the way back home to Florida and have you live with him? Yes. If you got sober? If I got sober. So you didn't get... I met him because I was drunk in the pavilion complaining to somebody about something, and they wouldn't listen to me, and he he, he turns around and he's like, I'll listen. <laughs> and I was like... This never happens. Wouldn't. This never happens to me. Like if I'm complaining, no one comes up to me. No, no one wants to help me. No, nobody offers to let me stay with them. No, nobody cares if I'm drunk or sober. That's uh, you know. I kind of wish I had that problem. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody ever wants to help me with anything. I've got. I've got to do everything for myself. So yeah. So were there any guys who offered to to put you into events or, or bankroll you for higher games? Was there any kind of monetary sort of offer like, hey, if you stick with me, I'll, I'll back you. Um, there, I, there, there were, there were a couple offers. Most of them I didn't, uh, take up because I had, uh, my, the, the friend of mine that taught me how to play poker early got me into poker because I got into poker hosting at the home games in California. And he came, when he came out to the series, he's the one that wound up backing me for the for the cash game. Oh, I see. So you had for a the first half of this. Yeah. Okay. So so what now what put an end to the time in Vegas? Why did you leave Vegas? Uh well, previous to meeting Steve, uh the person that I had moved in with that had initially you know that was stayed at Paul's, he uh wound up putting me in the hospital one night. Um when I tried to leave we got into a pretty pretty intense argument and uh when i went to leave he shoved me into the elevator and uh my rib hit the corner of a trash can and i collapsed on the floor and i kind of like i 
I called out into the lobby, and they called the ambulance and the cops, and he wound up getting arrested. Now, you weren't going to jail. You, you weren't dating a guy named Eric Ryland, were you? <laughs> okay, okay. So, all right. Uh, so, so this guy got. So, was that the end of it? Did you stop seeing this guy after uh, after he did that? Yes. Okay, and, and that, that was. Is that, that when you it. went back home? Uh, no. After after that, I I hung around in uh in Vegas for a little bit. The the morning the morning after that happened, um, I had uh. And it's, I stayed in my friend's room for for the day, and I slept it off. I'm not really sure what happened between. It, I, I was pretty much just like sleeping on the couch in my backer's room for the next couple weeks until I met Steve, and that was towards more towards the end of June. And then I made the decision with my. Bru- I, I wound up having a bruised rib and a really big contusion on my leg. Hmm. Um, so with that, I decided that, you know, I had been through enough over the summer. There were some other instances. I actually wound up going to the hospital probably two or three times over the summer, which is pretty retarded. So, so wait, so um, there were three, like three incidents with different guys who, who attacked you in some way? Um, no, I think the one, the first, when I went to the hospital after getting attacked, I wound up leaving the hospital because I was just so out of it and scared that I didn't I didn't want to be there. I have a fear of doctors, so I didn't want to be there by myself. And then probably about four days later, I wound up uh, not being able to breathe because of the pain in my rib, and I got taken to the hospital from from Rio. And then there was another occasion where I had went out and uh, I'm very positive that I was drugged, and I had no idea what had happened, and had to go to the hospital for an evaluation. Well, where, where did you wake? Where did you wake stuff. up? Where did you wake up when you got drugged? Um. Well, I had come to in in Planet Hollywood that's somewhere. A weird, that's a weird place to come to. Yeah, when I got drunk in Rio, it was a little weird to end up at Planet Hollywood. Now, how do you know you didn't just get really drunk and just kind of forget where you were, and then someone brought you to Planet Hollywood, and they just kind of realized where you were there? Is that possible? Um, well, what had happened was I was sitting at the bar drinking, and some uh, there was somebody next to me, and I was playing my video poker, like speed video poker, because that was like my thing. I sat at the po- at the bar and played video poker while I drank and somebody sat next to me and they started talking to me and they let me you know they gave me money to teach them how to play video poker and then they're like oh hey let's go have some more drinks in my room or whatever Uh-oh. and I'm like or I'm like okay uh you want to gamble some more first and I'm like yeah I was like all right here let me go cash out this ticket and I had left my drink on the bar when I went to cash out the ticket. Oh, I see. I that. got the drink off the bar, and I don't remember anything after. I see. That. Now, now, uh, just a question: Was this perhaps an older black man who offered you a jelly pudding pop? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe so. Okay. 
All right. So it could have been though, because remember, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. So okay. So so you went back home to uh, so so then so you left Vegas. What because of all these different things that were happening, you decided you're just going. You, you like how do you choose Florida? Was it from the guy you met? Like how, how did you go from Vegas to Florida? I'm still kind of missing that. Um. Well, Steve lived in Florida. So oh, that was, oh, that was, oh, that was Steve. Steve. You actually went with him. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So I decided that you know I was already in a really bad situation. I've done this a lot where I'm just like, fuck it. Maybe the situation might turn out a little bit better, you know? And got on the plane and left Vegas and went to Tallahassee with this guy that I knew for about probably two weeks. Uh, I went to college in Tallahassee. What, what did you think of Tallahassee? I love Tallahassee. It is a phenomenal place. <laughs> Did, Lots did of you uh, beautiful, did you party when you, beautiful architecture. Did you party out there at all? I did not. Okay. I was. Uh, I stayed in the house when I got out there because I didn't want to make friends with anybody in the local bars because I did want to get sober. Well, that's right. That that's was, right. Wasn't wasn't Steve putting the requirement you had to be sober while living there? Yes. Okay, that's why she didn't party. <laughs> so what did you do while you're in that's Tallahassee? Not, well, like when I first so. <laughs> well, when I first got to Tallahassee, um, I actually was still drinking. I got there around, I think, the like June, the end of June, very beginning of July. My birthday is July 16th. So for the first two weeks, I was still kind of drinking. Steve and I weren't getting along. It was really, you know, we were fighting all the time. Um, I decided to take a break and come up to my dad's for my birthday and um when i came up here my dad and i didn't get along because i was an asshole when i was drunk and then i went to baltimore with my friends and uh to celebrate my birthday and i did some acid and i Mm. did some molly and then when i woke up the next day i hated myself and Within, I, I guess, on the 29th is my sobriety date. So sometime between my birthday and getting sober, there was this incident where Steve and I had went out. I can, I had, I was playing in a two five ten big O PLO Badugi game at Gretna, and I lost a really big pot for like really a five k pot. Wow! And I used it as an excuse to have. Steve take me to the bar and when I went to the bar I convinced him to let me drink more than we had agreed to and then when he had wanted me to leave and stop drinking I decided that I was just gonna leave and then I'm not as a, I wound up like being really afraid of him and getting a screwdriver from the uh, gas station because he was following me down the street like yelling at me and then I walked in the middle of the street and waved the cop down so he would stop following me and they would make him leave me alone because he was drunk and he wanted me to get in the car with him. I think that's what it was. I didn't want to get in the car with him because he had been drinking. And basically I had my friend come pick me up and uh, on a bike, on a tandem bike, and... Wait, so someone came, up the next. wait, hold on. So someone came and picked you up, not in a car, but on a tandem bike? 
<laughs> now, what's his yeah. name? Was his name Larry? Was he from Chicago by any chance? No. No. Okay. I just know someone who, who rides a bike around, and I thought it might be him. Okay. So, uh, so Mando, you know we have Lyft and Uber out here, right? That's right. Why didn't you take Lyft or Uber? That's, that's a good. That's a good question. Live, and you know I live in Baltimore. I mean, I know you were wrong. I'll give you the excuse. It's fine. I'll let it slide this one time. <laughs> my my thought process when I'm drinking, I think, goes like three steps in front of me, and that's about it. Now, I'm getting a, a text from the 870, and you know, i got to ask the hard-hitting questions here. They want to know, the 870 wants to know, how much random sex did you have during all these escapades? Probably a lot. Mm. Okay. I mean, no. do you want to expand on that, or is this probably... <laughs> well, she, <answered. laughs> she She did answer um, the questions. I'm just, you know, I'm not... We don't do the Chicago Jimmy thing here. I got to ask the hard question. Yeah, sure. The eight seven zero wanted to know, so that's a good question. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't. It's not that I slept around, um, mm-hmm. but I did have several different people that I slept with regularly, but they were different people. Now, did they know that like you were sleeping around with other people at the same time? Like, like that you? Oh no, I didn't do that. I wouldn't. I didn't sleep with people like different people at the same time. I have. Once I got bored with one person, I just oh, you you move else. on. Okay, so it was it was like in in uh, yeah. it was in series, not parallel. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All righty. So, uh, so, and and was this both in in Florida and in Vegas, or in Florida were you just with Steve? In Florida, I was. Uh, we're getting a pause here. <laughs> I think that probably gives <laughs> us the. I think we have our answer already. In Florida, I had a couple one-night stands. That did, and Steve didn't know about this, or did he? Like, was this she- was after I got... When I got sober, I left Steve's because Steve was... Steve was obsessively in love with me, mm. and I was... I had no idea why, because when I was sober, I was not the same person I was when I was drunk. So I was being somebody else when I was drunk to him, and then... I was like, why are you acting this way when I was sober? Because I didn't know who I was when I was drunk, and okay. I didn't know what I was saying to him. So I guess I really fucked with his head. So, so okay, so, so you so you moved say. on. You moved on from Steve, and then uh, so that's when you had sex with some, you know, had some one night stands in Florida. But now, who was this person that you were with when I last spoke to you, though? When I thought you still had a boyfriend, who was that? Was that Steve, or was that somebody else? No, that's somebody else. Um, the person that I was with for the last uh, year was somebody that um, after I got sober and I started playing poker again, uh, I started going it's about a three hour trip to Jacksonville from Tallahassee so we started going up there on the weekend to play at Best Bet and I actually met him on the 2-5 at Best Bet Okay, and, and so that one, that, now did that one just like not work out, or were there reasons like related to drinking for that too? No, um, I've been sober since, you know, July 29th. I've not had any relapses or um, anything like that. Uh, the Pretty much, I think we were just in two different places in our lives. Um, I, newly sober... Usually the first year you're sober, you stay out of committed relationships so you can get to know yourself. And I kind of jumped into a committed relationship and learned that that's not really what 
I'm ready for right now. I have some other stuff that I want to focus on that I can't really focus on if I'm worried about somebody else. Now, now are your parents concerned? Now that you're back in Delaware, you're doing like the full circle there. You're to Vegas and the two Florida places, and now you're back mm-hmm. living with them. And, uh, you know, I, I have to imagine that they were probably concerned in the first place about you being a professional poker player in Vegas. Is that true? You know, my parents have always been very supportive of um, all my life decisions uh, that don't directly hurt me. They don't approve I mean, if I was your parent, I'd be more concerned about the one-night stands than the poker. No, but they probably don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, no, they... they oh, they, they know? They know. <laughs> oh, wow. No, they know. They know everything. about everything. They oh, know so, everything. Really? So you, you told they your parents about... The, they know that there's been <laughs> cock left and right all over the place over there with the daughter. But they're, they're cool about it. Yep. No, but how, how, but how would they know that? Like, did you... How did this come up? So say, Ma, I was at the bar, I met a guy... You know, next thing I know, I'm having a couple of drinks, and after that, it's cocks inside me, Ma. And they're like, oh, Amanda, you girl. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm surprised because, like, I, I, I never have these discussions with my parents about who I'm having sex with. Like, I, that's, that's, I feel weird talking about it. I feel even weird when they listen to this radio show and I talk about stories from the past. So, like, I, I, guess, I guess it was yeah. like Brandon said. You just, uh, you just blurted it out. Yeah. So, 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 like, what's your parents' position now? Do they, they, do they want you to try any of this stuff again, or are they saying like we don't want you playing that poker and hanging out with these poker boys anymore? Um, they love that I play poker. They love that you know I enjoy it and that um, it's something that I've been passionate about. Uh, but they also they they encourage me that as long my dad says as long as I'm not being an asshole, he'll help me. You know, get my shit together. Which not being an asshole means not drinking or you know doing drugs. So. You, you think your problems were related to all the drinking? You think if you hadn't been drinking, that a lot of these problems, you know, like these problems, wouldn't have happened and everything would have worked out? No, I think that the problem that I had is that I went through a lot of stuff as a kid, and I used it as an excuse to turn my life into what it had become it was it wasn't i don't think it i think that the drinking made it worse but i feel that if it wasn't drinking it would have been something else and if i wasn't drinking or doing something else i still would have been a mess because there was a lot of stuff that i just was in denial about and refused to kind of admit or you know i guess uh work through except the shit that i had been through for what it is and move on you know what i mean okay so i i have a text message here from a 770 and they have they have a quite they have a theory that uh they they want me to ask you about they said that uh yeah in their experience a lot of times girls who uh, of your age who come out to vegas to play poker that they uh that they will end up uh becoming escorts or, or hookers for uh for a bankroll for money, and that was the way they would uh, keep themselves in action. They said they've known people like this before. Uh, this person, the seven seven zero, feels that uh, they suspect this is what you were doing. Uh, do you have a response to that? If I was doing that, then you know I would have liked to not sleep behind the trash can out back of you know hot, uh, all the hotels that I wound up sleeping outside next to because that's what I did. I if I didn't have money, I didn't have a place to sleep. So, so you're saying so you're saying um, that uh, you, you didn't do it. And in fact, you, when you were broke, you actually would just sleep behind a trash can rather than uh, give it up in exchange for money. Yeah. 
Huh. Okay, I guess the, uh, the 770 person is uh, incorrect with their assumptions. Well, that's, I mean, that's good. I mean, it's good that you, were, uh, you weren't doing that. So uh, I, I hadn't remembered that being any part of the story. I think they were just suspecting that was the case. But uh, okay. Uh, it's understandable. <laughs> okay, so anyway, uh, so where are you now? You're you're in Delaware, and and what are you doing? Are you still playing poker out there? Um. Well, the difference between now and the last time that I was in Delaware is now Delaware has WSAP.com combined player pool with Nevada. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And online poker is legal in Delaware, so uh, I've recently been making a transition from live poker to more online poker and um although right this second i'm more so focused on my family's going through some uh some rough stuff right now so i'm kind of helping them out as much as i can really, and, and unrelated um, unrelated to your issues like they have their own problems yeah mm. yeah yeah this is tough you know i, I don't have any I, I don't really have any any problems these days most of my problems are uh you know, what I want to eat or when I want to go to bed. Now, do you have a job? Uh, poker. Okay. Still, so, so, you're, so you're just playing on WSOP.com is what's going on? Well, I've been playing on, um, well, Bovada and then Ignition after I transferred over to there. Uh, but they're letting I you, use they're, Bitcoin. They're letting you play from Delaware? I thought they don't let you play from Delaware. Uh, well, I haven't, I'm not, I haven't logged on since I came here but yeah i, th- I think it's not, I, i'd watch out because they, there's they're very strict about this that you can't play ignition from nevada from delaware anything that has legalized online poker they're they're very hard line on ignition about this i fortunately for me or maybe unfortunately because i've been losing the last few days but fortunately for me <laughs> i i'm in california and that's not one of the banned states but they're like bovada had kind of a soft ban on that where you couldn't sign up from one of those states but once you already had an account it was fine but in uh, Ignition, they're, they, they're very hard line where if they see an IP address from one of those restricted states, they claim they'll take your bankroll. So I'd watch out about that. So, so would that mean that like it, it's best not to even log on to the site? Well, it's not, not to play. Like I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't play anything from, uh, on Ignition from Delaware. Right, well, uh, well, with the WSAP.com, I don't have a need to play on Ignition at I'll probably just wind up transferring my funds over the there. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Like if you want to withdraw or something, they probably let you do it, but they uh, they just don't want to see any play because I think they're really worried about uh, you know, government taking action against them. So this is their way of yeah. insulating themselves against that. They're they're trying to prevent pissing off these states. They don't want to compete directly with these states. They don't mind states that don't have online poker they're willing to take the chance on that so that's why they've gotten pretty hard line there and ignition is the same as bovada it's just uh they pretend like it was a right. sale but it really wasn't yeah i feel like it was just because they wanted to separate the poker entity from the sports books for that exact reason just in case shit does hit the fan they don't lose their sports book because that's where they make most of their money i believe yeah so so here's a question uh, regarding the election yesterday uh, who, who did you vote for uh, I will admit that with the move from Florida to Delaware, I was not able to vote. Okay, well, who would you have voted for if you could have? I would have voted for Gary Johnson because I want a Libertarian Party to be part of the uh, major parties. Okay. Well, that's not going to happen. Ballot. Yeah. Eventually, if you know, if it doesn't, then it doesn't, and if it does, it does. I'm not really like. 
too politically charged. You know, I feel very, I feel bad for those who are, you know, grieving over the election, but myself, it's to be determined on how the election affects me. But, you know, when, when you saw the results, did it, did it bother you? Were you, were you happy? You were kind of just neutral? Like, how, how did you feel when Trump won? I feel that, I feel more perturbed by the protests than the election. Uh, I feel that this is something that might be, you know, the straw that breaks the camel back kind of thing with everybody being so angry. Uh, I'm kind of more worried about, like, civil unrest than, you know, a president that we don't have, that we don't like. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. No, I think the protests are stupid too. So, okay. Uh, Amanda, how would you how would you have felt about the woman that ran for president? What if she uh, won? Yeah. What I, if yeah? What if Hillary won? percent of the vote. Yeah. I would have been furious if Hillary would have won. Oh, so you you were very anti-Hillary? Yeah. No, 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 no. Not not the criminal. The woman. <laughs> oh, Jill Stein. Yeah. 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 No. 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 Um. I thought that she, her view on wanting to, uh, what, abolish student loan debt and fund it with the Federal Reserve or something like that was really stupid. <laughs> She's a smug cunt. <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought that she was very, very ignorant on a lot of things like, you know, well, hang, what the Federal Reserve actually is. Well, hang on, Brandon. Are you saying are you saying that Jill Stein is also a smug cunt or only yeah. uh, Hillary? Oh, both no, of them. Both of them. Oh, both of them. Wow. Okay, I, I knew Hillary's about. Hillary's a smugger cunt. <laughs> okay, I, I knew you knew, thought that about Hillary. I didn't know. I didn't know about Jill Stein. Did you okay. watch? Uh, did any of you guys watch your? Uh speech this morning yes yes well I, I like i like how tim kane came out and uh like had to take a jab at trump by talking about how hillary won the popular vote like like why do that in a concession speech <laughs> like, I, that was the first thing that jumped out and they said i'm so proud of her like what are you, what are you proud about she she choked badly <laughs> and and lost against a candidate that should have been easy to beat like, you can't be proud of that that was the biggest choke job in election history so but then, i feel like i feel like the election was definitely a definitely a coin flip this year yeah but people didn't think that going in if coin flips are 86 percent to 14 percent yeah Yeah, like it was it was i meant before the verts went in it was a coin flip nobody could have predicted what was gonna happen that's what i'm saying we're we're saying it was it was an underdog (laughs) victory here but uh yeah so anyway that's uh i I guess we're about uh done here so anyone else have any questions have you had sex since you've been in delaware that's a good question have I had sex in state of Delaware? I mean, I want to be honest. This is a forum of all men. This is what they want to know. <laughs> Stuff like this. They don't care <laughs> no. less about that, Bill Stein. And no, no. They want, they no, want salacious stories. I haven't even stories. watched porn yet. You haven't even watched porn? I haven't porn. watched porn yet. Yeah, what no. Kind of, what kind of porn do you yeah, that's. I want to know that, too. What kind of porn? <laughs> oh, that's that's a personal discussion. Ah, uh, come on. Yeah, you yeah. talk about taking I all these cocks, but you can't tell us what... All right. Maybe the next. There's gotta be something follow-up? to be desired. I put it all out there. Something has to be. I mean, desired, at least you know at I mean? least she, at least she watches it. At least you can give her that. <laughs> how, how old are you now, Amanda? I just turned twenty-four this July. And listen, Brandon, I don't know if this has been. You know, you know never if, ask a woman her age. Yeah, I don't know if this has been said or not. So please don't take offense. But and maybe it's been talked about. But what the hell is going on with that name of yours? I mean, how often do you do? You, do you, I mean, when you're growing up as a girl. <laughs> I mean, you had to have been mocked relentlessly. That's got to be an awful name to go around. You know, Stinchcomb? 
Is that it? Stinchcomb? You know, I think, yeah, yeah, that's actually the right way to pronounce it. um, Was it hard on you growing up, having that Stinchcomb behind you? It was miserable growing up. When they would call (laughs) me on the intercom, they would say, Amanda Stinkycomb, come to the office. And I would just, like, be so ashamed. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's so mean. I've learned to own it. I've learned to own my last name. I've actually, like, taken it upon myself to be, like, people are like, yeah, I have a cool last name. I'm like, nope, check mine. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're not, are you not looking forward to getting married and getting rid of the last name? I think that they'll have to take mine. Oh, well, you're going to make a guy be stinky come. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's going to be a tough one to get a guy to do that. <laughs> well, that means they'll really love me if they'll take my name. You know what I mean? <laughs> Okay, let's see. We got uh, any other questions, uh, Brandon? Or Brandon has some good questions tonight. I'll give him that. Uh, and uh, Scott, any questions from you? Amanda, how do you feel about the band OAR? OAR, I have not listened to them since I was fourteen. I don't even know what OAR. That's how old I am. You don't know who OAR is? I don't know who OAR is. No. That's like a. Um. It's a good band. I don't know how like to describe like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah I've I'm, heard of them. I've, the poppy, I used to listen rock to it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm too old to know stuff yeah. like this. I'm, I'm getting close. I, I would yeah, say you're more like an emo-y old kind, of, kind of band. Like a, you know, sometimes I don't feel old until I hear questions like that. I go, oh, crap, I, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> and, like, I just, sometimes I, I just, I'm under the delusion that I'm, like, the same as 20 years ago. But then, then things like that happen, and I realize uh, I don't know OAR and... Yeah. Hey, you know, you're only as old as you feel. My grandma's 70 and she still feels 30, so. Well, well, are you coming to Vegas anytime soon, Amanda? Well, if I can get everything right and, you know, have my bankroll in order, you know, my responsibilities taken care of, I would like to come out maybe for a week or two uh, over this next series, if possible. If not... It'll have to wait, but I do plan to come back out when I am more stable. Now, if, if you're if you're out in Vegas again, and uh, I walk I'll buy her a grilled cheese. I well, mean, no, but like if I if I walk her, if I walk I'll by, man, do you like a nice grilled cheese? I love grilled cheese. Oh, good. Of course you do. So, so okay. So if I if I walk by, <laughs> if you come to Vegas and I walk by and see you sitting at the bar with some dude there, should should I come and interrupt this time to make a mistake by just staying back? Was was I too? Uh, oh, you should have said hi. You're you acting like a me, pussy. You should have said hi. What are they? I mean, come on. No, no. I, I felt like I was going to be interrupting. So I think I Who felt cares? like. Who cares? And you say how you introduce yourself when you go. <laughs> it just. You know, you know, I will never ignore somebody. I will always love somebody coming up and introducing themselves to me because that makes me feel good. Okay. So I, I, just, I would love for you to say hi. I, I, you know, if I had known it was actually a boyfriend, I actually would have come up. I thought it was just some dude who sat next to you that you like you were hitting it off with, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to interrupt that. I thought I kind of felt like a jerk doing that. All so. right. Druff, I gotta interrupt you for a second yeah. here. I'm getting uh, a message on the uh, on the uplink from Lou Father. Now, Amanda, you may think this is harsh when I'm about to say to you, but it really isn't. It's actually very warm. Oh no! <clears throat> the fact that I'm actually I was asked to even ask you this. It's a what you call a uh, time honored tra- tradition, and I, and I'm not joking here. The fact that I am asking you this, it, it, it or a user is asking me to ask you this, it does say a lot about uh, how you're viewed. And it's you know very, very positive. So in keeping with tradition, I have been asked, very politely, to play a game with Amanda. Do you know what that game is, Druff? Yes, that would be the 
Venerable ass pussy mouth. Yes. Now, in all fairness, the last person, Drew, do you want to tell Amanda the last person we did this with? Yeah, we did it with William Kasuf from the World Series broadcast. Yeah. William Kasuf, you know, nine high like a boss. Marvelous, you know. Oh, you know, yeah, okay. we, we, yeah, we did this with him. We made him answer these yeah. questions. So, so let me ask you, are you, are you kind of, because I don't, I'm trying to think who the good contestants would be. I mean, I guess we can just stick with poker players, but, I mean, Amanda, are you kind of familiar with all the TV pros? You know, like the guy um, like Antonio Esfandieri's and, you know, just the, 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 what's the fat guy that played yeah, tennis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have to change this. We'd have to change this uh, to Billy ask. Billy Pappas. We'd have to Billy change Pappas. this to, like, uh, ask Dick Mouth, though, wouldn't we? No, one would, one would. One oh, it, oh, 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 with, with her. Okay, mouth. I see. She'd be receiving. She'd be receiving. Yeah. I understand. Okay. So I guess we have three gentlemen on here. <laughs> use that term loosely. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, so I guess maybe all of us should pick one gentleman for her. Would that be the fair way to do this? Well, does she understand how the you understand how the game works it here? Doesn't really matter. I have absolutely no idea. All right. Well, well, Scott, you're a married man. Why don't you explain to Amanda how the game works? <laughs> I'm going to let you explain and go from there. I mean, the wife well, is right here in the. Okay, I see. Yeah, Scott, game. if you want to be a part of the crew, you have. No, to. I understand. His wife's sitting right I mean, next to him. She'll, she'll, ban, she'll ban him I from the a, show. I, it's, it's, I have uh, a girlfriend right next to me. She's not going to be cooking dinner now because of this. So I still got to do it. Doesn't really no, I, I understand. Excuse anyone from journalistic integrity. But, but Scott's, Scott's a volunteer. Oh. He's, not, he's not required to do anything. So here, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do it. I'll volunteer here because no, nobody's in the room with well, me. I have people in the room. I'm still going to do it. Oh, do you want to explain me? it? You can explain it. I, I was going to volunteer to explain it. Oh, well, yeah. No, you can explain it. I'm, I'm thinking of my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Scott can do that. Scott can, <laughs> Scott can think of a guy because they, you know his wife won't know what we're talking about. So, okay. Uh, so the, the, the way this oh, game works. I'm sorry, guys. I lost, you, I lost from, you for a minute. I'm playing a playing some PLO, I try to side table here. Um, yeah, I can explain that. I mean, if you just want me to give a guy, no, if you want me to give a guy, I'll do that. It's much easier. Okay. So the, I'll, I'll explain it, but this is getting too complicated. I'm going to explain it. <laughs> okay. The, this is a game where we give three guys names and you have to say which one of these three, you have to pick, you, know, you have to categorize these three and you, you can't uh, pass on any of them. One has to be in your ass, one has to be in your pussy, one has to be in your mouth, and it, it doesn't have to be the same time. It, you know, it can be separate times. It, it doesn't really matter. Well, usually way. it is separate. It's not together. Yeah, it wouldn't be together. So, but <laughs> but the, you'd have to say which Amanda's one, and, and then and then give the reason, odd. and then give the reason why you would uh, pick Stick, pick that hole with that guy. Yes. So that's uh, that's what this is, and we're going to pick three guys in poker who are well known, and you can uh, and you won't be. Uh, oh my goodness! You, you, won't, you won't be contractually obligated to to actually. No, do you this know what? Way. I'm going to throw a wild card in there. Two guys from poker, and now you guys can pick the guys from poker. And I want to throw in Donald Trump in honor of his victory. <laughs> All right, so we got Donald Trump, and then Druff, You may pick a gentleman. And uh, okay, I, 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 I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Phil Helmuth. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking Phil Helmuth. So it's Donald Trump, Phil Helmuth, and what about Scott? Who do you pick? Doyle Brunson. Oh no. <laughs> This is Jesus. a great. This is a great threesome here. The, okay. All right, all right. All right. Well, look I'm at all those bracelets you can take. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put Donald Trump in my mouth so I could like bite his cock off, right? Oh gee. All right, that makes sense. <laughs> and then I probably want Brunson in the vagina because he seems like. Or no, no. He'd want, I want him in the butt because he'd be easier. You know, he's kind of older, so probably couldn't get it in there. And then, uh, 
Makes I guess sense. tell me it skips the uh, you know process of elimination. <laughs> Okay, makes sense. And you know, you're right. Doyle, if uh, even if he could get it in, he probably wouldn't have that much energy to, to do it very vigorously. So you you know, probably, real quick. Yeah, it probably, probably playing a mixed game with one hand at the same time. It just it just wouldn't work out well. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. I, I'd, I'd be really surprised if Doyle could get it up now. Even with, you know, I have to think Doyle's probably not healthy enough to take Viagra. He probably just can't do it at all. He doesn't care about that at this age. There's no way. Yeah, and he may just have no desire either. Well, I don't. I, I heard. I heard that Doyle was kind of still. Yeah, you know, he's still kind of a pervert. Like I heard he says like dirty things to girls sometimes that he meets. But I, I think it may just be all talk. Like I, I wonder if he, he probably can't do anything about it at this point. Amanda, listen, thank you for being a, uh, a good sport. When we get those PFA trucker hats out, uh, <laughs> next time Druff will have to send one up to Baltimore, or Delaware, or Florida, wherever the hell you are then. But uh, you've been a good sport. <laughs> we appreciate it. And uh, Wait, know. I got a couple questions left. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. Who's that? Are you completely done, are you completely done with live poker? Like locally? Um... Locally, you mean, uh, well, Jersey is pretty close. I wouldn't say that I'm completely done with live poker. I just, currently with my uh, health state, and it's just not really in my uh, list of things I can do profitably. I can't put in the time or the volume to be a profitable live player at this point. I see. So, yeah. Okay. Anything else, Scott? I, uh, Amanda, uh, I just got no. a, Amanda, I just got a text message from, actually, it's our third co-host. He's not on right now. His name's Trader Ruski. And uh, he wanted me to ask you, you, using the same game that we're playing, but you know, I guess this would be more of a real-life thing. Did you happen to see any of the final table uh, competitors at the main event? Did you watch any of that on TV? I did not. Oh. Okay. Okay. So that, that, yeah, I, worked in. <laughs> their team, uh, on my Twitter feed seems kind of, you know, bitchy and complaining about the whole WSOP this year, and it kind of turned me off to watching it, to be honest. Yeah, well, okay. All right, you well. Got anything you want to promote? Yeah, is anything you want to give a shout-out to? Right. Maybe you're writing a book. Maybe you got a website or something, uh, a Twitter address, something like that. A grandmother in, um, in Texas that's listening? <laughs> well, I can say hi to... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm blanking. Mm-hmm. You, say hi to, uh, you can say hi to Steve. I could say hi to Steve. I'm not sure he'll listen. But, uh, well, why don't you give out they, that Twitter? Uh, you have a what is it? Stenchcom Twitter or something? It's what close. It? It's close. It's uh, McGrinding Life. M C G R I N D L I F E. It's like McGrinding Life without a G in grinding. It's close. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, and then uh, when I get back on WSOP dot com and play live, or I mean play online, I'll probably start streaming on my uh, Twitch channel at blazing aces again oh, oh, and, oh nice and, uh, what, what's your what's your is that your name on wsop.com blazing aces uh yes okay and i do i do still have my um two plus two thread uh and my name on there is also blazing aces and the thread is uh just a girl with her head in the clouds in the house of blogs if anybody mm. wants to re- read the in time 
Yeah, that's right. You, uh, you can. You, that's from right. You, you, the series, from the yeah. From 2015. Yeah, you can go to Google. Just type in uh, "just a girl with a head with her head in the clouds" and site colon two plus two dot com. It should probably come up. So okay, uh, thank you for coming on and for being a good sport with all our uh, dirty questions, and uh, we appreciate you coming back, and giving us an update, and uh, let us know if anything else changes or if there's any other uh, exciting stories that occur from your life uh, going forward. Absolutely, I appreciate. When you come to Vegas, I'm going to buy you a grilled cheese, and you got a grilled cheese from Brandon too for coming on the show. Looking forward to it. Okay, can we get pickles on it? Absolutely. I'd get them on the side. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's a good kid. Yeah. Listen, you know what? Brandy, you got to get her tomato soup, too, to go with the grilled cheese. That's yeah. true. You do have to get oh, tomato no, soup. I hate tomatoes. Really? No, t- no, t- tomatoes. no, tomatoes. Tomato soup. Tomato soup. You, do you like tomato soup or no? No. Oh, the closest I... to tomatoes I get is barbecue sauce. <laughs> really? I, I, really? I love tomato soup, especially when I'm sick. <laughs> when I get sick, I, I just... I, How do you I, feel I, about steamed crabs? Love them. Oh, right, what? Love crabs. Well, yeah, she's from, she's from uh, yeah she's from Delaware. Yeah, it's close to Maryland. Of course, she likes crabs. I'm, I I grew up in Baltimore. Yeah, I live in Delaware with my dad now, but we we were Baltimoreans. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, and uh, we will keep in touch. Absolutely. Have a good night, guys. All right. Thank you. That was uh, Amanda and uh, Brandon. Very good. Uh, well, I had question. you because you, you were doing, you all were doing a fluff piece. And I started getting texts. or like, this is a fluff piece. <laughs> a fluff piece. Yeah. I don't know. I expect I d- something like this on the Chicago Jamie show. I, I, I was glad you came out and, and dropped the dirty questions. I, I just felt uh, I just felt strange asking the dirty questions. Like, like part of me How wanted to. After all these years. Because I, I, that was never my role. I never asked the dirty questions. No, you've asked some dirty questions. No, I asked before. like the controversial, like like. Uh, you questions remember you asked off. Tiffany Michelle about sticking a pinky in her butthole once? I remember. No, that. I never asked that question. <laughs> well, that's not what I remember. <sighs> Anyhow, all right, I want to go now. Are we done? Wait, you're, you're leaving now? I mean, that's it. There's nothing more after this. Well, nothing more with her. If you wanted. Well, we're gonna talk about Phil Ivy edge sorting again for the hundredth time. Yeah. I'm more burnt out on the edge sorting than I am the Cubs victory intro, to be honest with you. Okay. Well, what do we got left on this agenda? Well, I want to talk about, uh, <laughs> since Trump got elected, whether online poker is going to, if it's going Nothing. to increase Nothing's the gonna chances. Happen. You're not letting me build up the question for everybody here. It's uh, If it's going to help the chances, hurt the chances, or nothing's going to happen, as Brandon says. Uh, since Brandon's already given it away, the answer, I also believe, is nothing. And, and the nothing. reason for this is that the president never gives a crap. This is so low on the list of what presidents care about. They, they, they have so many things to worry about. The online poker is so unimportant to them. Now, there's the Sheldon Adelson factor because he did support Trump's campaign. He paid for a lot of ads that ran against Hillary at the end. But I still don't believe that Trump is is going to do this. It just it's not important to him. And I I know that uh, Pence was also somewhat involved. He was actually involved in the latest attempt by Adelson to restore America's Wire Act. But Pence is only the vice president. He doesn't really have any power. I just don't see with everything Trump's going to have to deal with, and with everything he has to worry about it. It's not just he's a new president. It's a new president who's going to come in with a lot of hatred from half the country. And he's going to have to focus on the issues that he claims he's going to fix. 
and and, and you know he's not going to worry about online poker. Can you imagine at this point where Trump's talking about building a wall and and making the country safer and great again and, and bringing back jobs? People, I mean, listen, we have to fix online poker. <laughs> we have to make okay. online poker great again. All right. You know, online poker is, is going to be tremendous. It's going to it's going to be it's going to be amazing. It's, huge. it's going to it's going to be huge. We're going to have we're going to have uh, fifty thousand people on at once, while all waiting to play limit hold'em. We're going to have it. It's going to be just like just like uh, two thousand three again, and uh, and we're going to do this, and we're going to make Mexico pay for it. Yeah. So it's not going to happen. There's not going. I heard the same thing in reverse when Obama was elected and when he was reelected. That this is great news. The Republicans can't stop online poker now. Blah blah blah. Well, look, uh, the Black Black Friday happened under Obama's watch, and the person behind Black Friday was an appointee by Obama. Why? Because that office in the Southern District of New York at the Department of Justice, they. Their whole uh, thing Prahlad, was Prahlad, Harad, Harad, something. <laughs> yeah, Prahlad Friedman did it. The guy, the guy from uh, the Indian dude. Yeah. Uh, what? What's his name? Sarod. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's something Harad. I'm telling you that right now. But anything you want, it's a something with an Harad. It rhymes with the guy from the Southern District of New York who fucks with everything. He put the. Boosted Jay, not the Justice Preet Smith, not Barra. The, yeah, Preet Barra. Yes. You see, I told you, Ryan. It wasn't Rod. It was it was Barra. Yeah, close. Well, yeah, it's so Preet, the same thing. Preet Barra is uh, th- that office. Their whole thing is to bust criminal organizations and take their money and assets. And he's not even an American. He's an Indian. How does he even get to do that? <laughs> he's Explain good. Not to me. Because he's, from the because, because he's good at seizing money. That's all they need. So if you're an Indian and you're from Bombay or what's the other one? Or Mumbai. Yeah, Mumbai. Mumbai is Mumbai, but or New Delhi, yeah. and you're good at New Delhi, and you're good at collecting money. They can just put you in in, in oh yeah, if, the if Southern you, District of New York. In if, charge. if you can seize the assets of billion dollar organizations and put that in the government coffers, then yes, they. they so basically, it. you're saying that he's just another overseas collection agent. They probably started out working for maybe Directv or something, and he just got promoted along the line. Is that he, what you're he saying? Might, he might have been like an Indian scammer. Maybe he worked. Maybe he worked for Travell Thomas. Yeah, no, he's prosecuting him. Never mind. I don't know who that is. Who's Travell Thomas? Travell Thomas was a, po- a black poker player who ended up being a uh, a collection scammer. Why would you say black poker player? Why wouldn't you just say poker player? Because, you know that sound makes you sound racist. Because when you say he was that? he was like the stereotypical like loud black poker player. That's why. I, I just want to I want to I want to I want to have you understand uh, like have a, like a mental picture of him. So what's the one dude that scammed the big, all the people? The the what black poker player that that remember we talked about him he was tweeting barring paying uh, Paul to pay Peter Peter to pay Paul and he won uh, like for Maurice Hawkins? WPTs yeah Maurice no, Hawkins. not him no it wasn't no, Maurice Hawkins it was not him no Maurice Hawkins is okay he's he's the no it wasn't him he's a stand up guy it, it, remember this guy won like three WPTs in like a year and a yeah, half yeah I'm forgetting his name I played with him before too I know what you're talking about he's very loud and he kind yeah. of threatens people yeah I, I played with him before too I played with Maurice Hawkins uh, this year and he was you know like he was he seemed fine he, he was kind of loud but... oh come on what's his name someone tell me. Uh, crap, forget. Maybe the chat room can tell us. I know who you're talking well, about. I don't have a chat room. I'm on well, I have my chat phone. Room. Who is it? Someone tell me. Chat room. Is nope. it a black yeah, guy? Very, either, very. I know who you're talking about. I've played with a guy. I, think I played with him at the Monster Stack. Someone said Phil Ivy. No. <laughs> no, no. He's a black guy. He scammed money. He borrowed. Oh, I know. It was. It was that. Uh, 
Oh, Aaron Massey. Oh, Dwight, Dwight Pilgrim. That's right. He's, he screwed Aaron Massey. That's who he screwed. Yeah, Remember? Dwight, is that right? Dwight Pilgrim? Yes, it was Dwight Pilgrim. Pilgrim. Yes, that's who it is. Yeah. Yeah. What a crazy name for a black guy. Wait, well, yeah, you Dwight, Pilgrim. Dwight Pilgrim. Don't you think of a white guy like eating turkey? Actually, Dwight Pilgrim and uh, and Travel Thomas apparently have you know, very similar uh, table presence. They they both have this like. Who's Terrell Thomas again? The one, the one who did the collection scams. But what did he do? What did, I mean, I heard what you said, but what did he? What was the crime he committed? What he was doing was he was he had a collection agency that would call people up and pretend to be the police, pretend to be lawyers, pretend that they have to go pay immediately. They're going to go to jail. Oh, that's he just, not good. They, he did all that type of shit. Did he go after seniors? He went after everybody he could. That's really mean. So they they got like thirty one million dollars worth of uh, collections that they shouldn't have. Did he go to the big house? Yes. Hmm. Now he's in the big house. Yes. He, he just pled guilty. The funny thing is he was, gonna sue, he was trying to sue Preet Bara for racism when he got arrested. Even though he's totally guilty for doing all this stuff, he claimed it was, it was racism. And the reason it was racism, he said, was because he claimed white people are doing the same collection scams and they are not getting arrested. Let me ask you something, Druff. Uh, what's that prison nearby your house, San Quentin? It's not really by my house, but yeah. Well, it's close, closer to your house than mine. If you got sent to San Quentin... Do you think that you would be one of the top five limit holding players in the whole prison? That's <laughs> not facts. I, I th- you know, if I could get the whole prison playing limit holding, I would bet I would have the most cigarettes in the place. Do you think that limit hold limit holding is played in any prisons in the United States outside of Minnesota? No. You think it's all that fancy, smancy, no limit? Yeah, I wonder. If, yeah, Minnesota, that's a good question. I wonder if, in like Minnesota, I mean, like, if you're like 60, 70, 80 year old, you don't think there's like old generation. No, I, I want to know about Minnesota. I want to see, like, if in St. Paul, you think the prisons there have, have limit hold'em play no, going on? No, it's all limit hold'em. Yeah. Everyone knows that. They're very, very good. Schneid's grandfather. No, I, I was going to say, in that prison, you think they're, like, all all uh, saying, you know, what we're going to get out of here, we're going to be like Mike Schneider one day. That, that's our goal. We're going to be another Mike Schneider. Jesus. <laughs> That'd be a good movie plot. Like, you get, like, a bunch of different prisons... And then you have all these people that are in the prisons about to get out, and they're all competing to come to Las Vegas and up their poker game to play in the World Series of Poker. See, that should have been a good poker movie during the day. Not that ridiculous one with the Drew Barrymore and the guy who played, what did he play, in the Credible Hulk? Remember that awful Lucky yes. You? Yeah, Lucky You. That was terrible. Yeah, and then what was the other one? Uh, there was like three of them. It was Lucky You with Drew Barrymore. There was a terrible, terrible one with the uh, – with the it was the grand I think it was at the Golden Nugget with Jason Alexander and yeah yeah and there there, was, there were a few other things where they just threw in poker scenes at the time in movies that had nothing to do with poker like I saw one that took place like on an island and I, I don't remember the whole story but at the end there's just like some pointless poker game at the end that's like the climax of the movie I still think the best I, I never understood why it got so much hate I still think the best media portrayal of poker was that little Melrose drama tilt that was on espn i actually liked it and i don't remember who it was but about a year year and a half ago i was talking about it on this year podcast and a very nice pfa user found it like for a dollar 99 somewhere on the internet and mailed it to me really did, well, you, did you guys ever watch tilt yes i remember i i that was how the whole thing with uh Remember, I, the, the Matador's daughter was sitting next to David Williams and turned, and like kissing him, and it turned out like he was cheating on his girlfriend with the Matador's daughter. Remember that story? Who was the Matador's daughter? Remind. I remember. I remember the Matador. He was the his, da- his daughter. His daughter. He had his hot daughter that was that was in it with Michael him. Madsen. Right? Yeah, Michael Madsen. The daughter was not very well known. Her name was like Emily something. I, f- I forgot her name, but she was. I think she was Canadian. But she. Uh, 
Wait, was she the female interest in like the little group of the black guy and then the white guy? No, no, no. There was like a blonde woman who was who was older, like not old, but like not she, the, older than the married daughter. And then uh, uh, I forget the manager's daughter's name. It, it was an actress that wasn't very well known, but but anyway. But was she was she on good terms with the matador or no? Yes. Okay, I don't remember. I just remember all three of those guys were like trying to break the matador. Right, right. There's two female, so two males and one female, like a white guy, yes. a black guy, and a, and a blonde girl. Right. They had all the demographics covered. Yeah. <laughs> so, the problem with Tilt, I, I liked it at the beginning, and then it kind of got ridiculous, and I felt just kind of committed to watching now, it through the end. Now, if they made a new version of it, they'd have to have the token Asian guy, the Asian friend who's very aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had to have a European who's aggressive, too. Be like a, a Norway guy. That's funny. Okay. Anyhow, so do you you watched it? So do you think? I mean, if you had to rate, you know, I guess you know it's different because that that was like a like a twelve episode series or you know a two hour movie. But do you agree with me that that was probably the the most interesting watchable poker that there was in terms of you know media? Um. No, I, I thought I thought Rounders was the best one by far. No, but that's not that doesn't count that because I'm talking about post, uh, post, post, post boom. boom. Yeah, of course, Rounders. I mean, well, right. the thing is, everything everything post boom sucked. Like tilt was the beginning of it. I, th- I thought was was fairly good, but then it, it, towards the end, it got stupid. It got uh, it just right. went way off into left field and uh, wasn't really even a portrayal of poker anymore. <laughs> so I, I well, wish they kind of hard to you know have a show just about poker every day. You have to have you know. If it was written well, if it was written well, they, 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 they I know, but they they could have kind of kept it semi-realistic while still doing that. But they they a little didn't. bit off subject. But how much cock do you think that Stinchcomb took during the summer? <laughs> Probably a lot. I mean, she said a lot. <laughs> she she admitted it's a lot. So I think we have our answer. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That that was when that that was when the conversation changed when you threw that question out there and she she answered it. How did, we, she, how did she look? I never I never even thought to look for her. I'd never seen her. Um, I she, pretty, honest, pretty good. Listening. Pretty good. Mm. Like on, on the rough scale of one to ten, what would you give her? I I don't know. You know, when I saw her, in, I only saw her in person once, and it was kind of from a distance. What happened was she she mentioned like we were. It was shortly after the interview, and like not right after, but shortly after. And uh, so she mentioned to me like in a DM that she was uh, going to be down at the bar, like right right. So I was going to be walking by anyway, going to my room. So I, I was going to go uh, uh, say hello, and then I. I I'm walking over there and I see that she's sitting to some guy and it, it didn't look like he's bothering her. It looked like they were like talking and, and very into each other. So I thought, I, I don't want to be an asshole and interrupt here. I, 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 I would kind of been tilted if, if there was like something starting to happen with me and a girl and someone just shows up in the middle and interrupts us. So I kind of, I didn't want to be that guy. So I just, I went back upstairs and then tweeted her, Hey, you know, I saw you there, but I wasn't going to interrupt. And she said, Oh yeah, that's my boyfriend. So, uh, that was the only time I saw her, but I didn't get that close because I, I saw her from a distance sitting with this guy, and it seemed like they were, you know, talking up a storm. And I, I didn't get close enough to get that good of a look at her. But for, from the picture, she she looks pretty good. Like she's not like super super hot, but she's she looked pretty good from everything I've seen. Hmm. If you're a little bit younger, you'd fornicate. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. Would you have hit it back in the day, or if she was? Closer in age, you and you didn't have a, a something there. Would you fornicate? Yeah, yeah, I would have. Hmm. Where's our little buddy Trader Ruski tonight? I don't know. I, I thought you keep tabs on me. him. No, he texted me and then he just disappeared. 
He said, when we're doing the ass pussy mouth, he texts me and says, ask her about the final table. <laughs> and then he never, never came back. I'm sure he's listening. Trader Ruski, call him, buddy. He's, uh, he's coming here again, I think, in a week, Trader Ruski. I always look forward to my time together with him. You know, I think he's, without a doubt, the, the best asset, the best thing that's ever come of these podcasts. You're just picking him up? Meeting him. Yeah, he's yeah. a good, good, nice guy. He is. Yeah. Uh, he was, you know, I, I don't know if anybody knows this, but he actually helped. He he, he actually was the, I, I don't know if I should say owner, but here, I'll put him on. Here he is. He, he appeared. It's, it's like Beetlejuice. You mentioned him, he appears. What's happening, fellas? So, Trader Ruski, I was, I was going to tell people that, and I don't think I've mentioned this before publicly, but when Poker Fraud Alert first came up, uh, hey, buddy. Tr- Trader Ruski actually, he actually gave me server space on his server to run Poker Fraud Alert. But then Poker Fraud Alert Alert was having, uh, it was crashing their server all the time. There were some memory issues, and I finally said, this isn't going to work. I I can't crash young Trader Rusty's server, which, you know, he needs to do real business with with this site. So so I said, well, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, the gesture. And and that's really what would have run on his server if it worked, but... uh, uh, because it was crashing in his server, we couldn't have that. So I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my own server. So I did, and that's where it is. But when the site first went up and kept crashing, it was because we were trying to make a go of things on Trader Ruski's server, and we were just having uh, crashes. But, uh, but I, I thought, yeah, this is a nice guy. He just offered to just do this for nothing. And, that, and then, of course, he had uh, also facilitated the hats we got from Doc Down originally. So... Trader Ruski's done. He's done many things. We, we did. Didn't we do the PFA hats too? We, we did too. I was, I was talking more about past Trader Ruski rather than rather than yeah, present. Gotcha, gotcha. So I guess that's kind of past now too. When we what was the hats like two years ago? Yeah, at least two or three. It was two or three. Either that was the, when we met at the arcade downtown. Th- that was the Donk Down hats. No. Yes. Okay. That was the Donk Down hats, and then the that that was in uh, 2011. Oh, who was it that came running into that coin insert place with the hats? That that was Trader Ruski. So that was Donkdown or that was the Fraud Channel? That was Donkdown. Oh. That was the very end of Donkdown. That's why you're confusing it. Yeah. It's all a blur. Trader Ruski, what's going on, buddy? Uh-oh. Just, just uh, chilling. You don't sound like your Get usual it. invigorated <clears throat> self. You sound a little uh, low energy. Nah, it's been a long day. But uh, all good. Looking forward what, to what did you, you next uh, week. I'm looking forward to it. What, what did you think of these contests last night? Crazy, huh? I mean, we were watching history right in front of our eyes. Yeah, I mean, it just was so amazing, just, you know. Did Did you vote yesterday? I did. Do you want to say who your candidate was, or do you want to not? I did not vote for Trump. Did you vote for the smug cunt? I did. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? His honesty is is so forthcoming. It, it, well, no, at least he said I did. He could have just said what? What are you calling her? What do you just call Hillary? What do you call my girl? <laughs> well, Trader Ruski, do you think that she may end California, up in prison? Yeah, really doesn't matter. Yeah, it's true. No, it California, doesn't. it didn't matter. It was she was winning with or out without uh, Trader Ruski's help. Now you, you think she Brandon, may end up in? You might have uh, tilted the uh, vote one way or the other, right? No, wasn't it? She she won pretty handily in uh, in Nevada. That was one place it worked out. Oh, yeah. how, how bad did she win California? I didn't even look. It was probably twenty something points. I don't know. It was, it was something huge. And then uh, it's funny. The only two places it worked out for Hillary were Nevada and Colorado. 
There, there she uh, actually outperformed the polls. What would you have said last week if someone would have called you on this fraud network and said that Trump didn't even need to win Florida to win the election? Yeah, that's the craziest thing. That he didn't need Florida. <laughs> How about if they said to me, uh, Trump's going to win Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania? And uh, I, my response to them would have been, <laughs> and, and you know what? I didn't know nothing about this. I'm not going to, you know, I don't ever come on these fraud shows and act like I'm so intelligent when I, you know, when I don't know something, I'll, I'll say I didn't know this. So what I learned last night is that there's apparently two housing complexes in Omaha, Nebraska, and in Maine, and they all get their own electoral vote. Do you guys know about this? Yes, yes. There's 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 a district in Maine and a district in in uh, Nebraska. It's in Omaha. They say it's in Omaha. Yeah, it's probably. I, I didn't look up where it was, but it probably and, is Omaha. And they get their own electoral vote. Yes, the, they, they, yes, they're separate from the rest of the state. Why? Why is that? That's the way the state chooses to do it. It's that up doesn't to make sense. I'm asking you why, though. There had to be some reasoning. Someone said, I, I don't know. let's do it this way because of Trederuski. Do you have any insight into this? No, this is the first time hearing of it. Yeah, no, I, I knew this. It's the it's state that chose to do it this way. And why, the reasoning behind that, I don't know. And the reasoning why there's only you know one district in each state that's like this, and then the rest of the state acts as a whole, I don't know. It's weird. You know, And you know... What's very funny, we do this every four years, and then it, like, disappears, like, after, like, the next day. Like, so, you know, after today, no one will even talk about it. But the Electoral College is pretty fucking stupid. I'm sorry. I mean, I I actually think now, and this has nothing to do with the election. I remember now thinking about this four years ago, but I forgot about the next day after, that why don't they just count the votes I mean, it, well, it, I'll, t- I'll really, tell you why. I'll tell you why. It's because there's yeah, they don't want the bullying and they don't want the the, the, the aggression. That's what the, no, the no, 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 no. no the, the reason is because of uh, the, the, this country is actually fifty different governments, different fifty different state governments that are together, uh, kind of united as one. It's not. It's not. It's not one government. It's more like fifty governments that are together under the umbrella of the federal government, and they want each state to be represented by the president, and they're afraid that if they don't have it this way, then the presidents, all they'll have to do is, the candidates, all they'd have to do is concentrate the campaigning in the population areas, the population centers, and uh, and that's how they can stupid. win. They can, they, can, they can ignore everyone else. So it's, it's a valid concern. And so yeah, but the, 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 the way they have it now, stupid. There's, there's no easy solution to this. Uh, they, they could split off more districts is what they could do. They could also make it where you're winning districts instead of uh, congressional districts instead of states. Let me ask you, how often do they update this? Say, say... Oh, it's, it's, it changed a lot. Okay, well, how often? Uh, I've never th- heard about it. Like, so, I mean, okay, I guess what I'm saying, like Nevada, for instance, you know, there's been a lot of growth, you know, in terms of the Oh, and it has, and it's in every, every, uh, every election cycle they, they revisit it. So what were we before? Do you even know? I, I can look it up, but it was it was less. It wasn't as many uh, votes as you have now. All right. Well, maybe it's fine then. Let's see. Let me look up the 1984 presidential election. Let me uh, see the map here. The, yeah, in Nevada, Nevada got four votes in 1984. Wow. California only got 47. Now they have 55. Hmm. New York got uh, 36. I think they have 37 now. Uh, Florida only had 21. Now it's pretty sick if you just win Florida and California, you have a third of the vote, and you have a third of the electoral college locked up. With Florida and California, no, I know you don't. Well, you have close to close to ninety. What do you have there? Fifty, 
What is Florida again? But you're saying a third of what you need to win, not a third of the whole of the whole electoral college. Well, you have a third of the two seventy. You have about a third of the two seventy. Of what you need to win, but it's not. You don't yes. need just a third of uh, of the whole thing. No, I'm saying a third of the two seventy. Yeah, it's, it's just from two it's close. states. Yes, California and Florida together are eighty four. Hmm. So it's a little less. Well, than that's almost a third. Almost. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Right look, the Republicans are at a disadvantage with this because. Immediately they are behind because of Florida and, and not because of California and New York, which automatically go Democrat every time. So, yeah. so they, that's like uh, they're, they're getting close to a hundred right there. They're behind. Has California ever voted Republican? Yes, it used to be, and then it changed. When? Uh, in eighty four, in eighty eight, in uh, it's, it changed in ninety two. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember when it went. Uh, it went for uh, Bush in eighty eight. So Clinton, Clinton was the one that turned it back to Democrat. Yep. Well, it was also the demographic changed, but uh, it was all it was a few things. Now, yeah. n- C- California is not like a completely liberal state. It's uh, like many states. There's uh, some counties are, are conservative and some are liberal. It's just where the population centers are. It's it's mostly liberal, except San Diego County. It's uh, not as much Orange County, of course, is more Republican. But uh, m- most of the other coastal areas of, of California are uh, are liberal, especially <laughs> the Bay Area. That's uh, very very liberal over there. So it, it's it's really like uh, two different states in that it, it's amazing. Well, there's some other states like that too that's so markedly different from one. What part about American other. Samoa or Samoa? They don't get they any get, votes. They get nothing, huh? No, nor does Puerto Rico. But they don't get no taxes either. No. Yeah. All right, that's kind of fair. What would you do if you had no taxes but you couldn't vote? Would you would you accept that as a fair trade off? Yes. Me too. <laughs> uh, I, I've mentioned before. At one point, I was thinking of moving to, to Puerto Rico. Right, I'm sure you were. But uh, but you wouldn't last a month in Puerto Rico. No, it wasn't that. It was it was that uh, you can eat Spanish food every day. No, I'll, I'll tell you what the problem would have been. I, I considered it, but then I, I had to throw away the idea because the source of income has to be within Puerto Rico. It can't be from like online poker. And why were, why were you considering moving to Puerto Rico? Because I, I I was making enough in online poker where I wouldn't have had to pay any taxes on it, and it was it would, that was a lot of money at the time. Hmm. There would have been. Zero- you really? I mean, you you know, it, it's kind of a. I wouldn't say it's a danger. Oh, you've been to Puerto Rico, so you know it's not yes. exactly the. Uh, you know, no offense to the Puerto Ricans. I'm just saying I've been there. They drive on the roads backwards. Yeah, well, I would have gotten they, used to that. Don't they drive on the left side? Yes. Or, yeah, I thought they did. Why do they do that? It's not a weird thing. No, it's a European way of doing things. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I would have, uh, I, yeah, I would have, I would have dealt with it, and I wouldn't have lived there forever. I would have just uh, run up money playing online, not paid any taxes, and then come back to California or, or Nevada, and uh, you know, had enough money to not. It's just gonna be like a temporary thing. But once I found out you had to make the money in, you know, from Puerto Rican sources, that wasn't going to help me. Right. Unless I could find a big limit hold'em game in Puerto Rico. So, yeah. So anyway, that's that, that's the reason they have the electoral college. And if, if you do away with it, then a lot of these states that are not densely populated and that are they don't have a high population are going to be completely ignored, and they're going to sink all the resources into areas with dense populations. So that's they, they want the, they want the. It really is to keep the whole concept of this country being fifty state governments under one umbrella. Once you once you take away the electoral college, that starts to erode that. 
So that's the whole concept. At first, I thought it was stupid too, and then I thought about it. I go, well, that actually kind of makes sense because it's it's really each state is voting their for the president they want, and then you add it all together and you give proportion to each state based on the population they have. Now, in in the way it does kind of work is that because these elections are, are so close at the moment, because the country is is really perfectly divided at the moment to where these these elections will usually be close or at least semi-close that they really have to care about smaller states like Nevada and Iowa and ones like that because every every little bit counts it may eventually happen that this isn't the case anymore where one party will dominate like like think if ever if if if, uh, more states were like California and New York then the Republicans would just get crushed every single time. It'd be no contest, right? But but right now we're we're in this weird state where it's it's really like kind of right in the middle, and that's why you know there's so much. Yesterday we were able to have this upset because it was close enough in the first place to where it could go the other way. So I I thought it was interesting that we didn't have upsets in the west part of the country, but in the central and east part of the country we did. So Nevada and Colorado one is expected. Everything else in the West one is expected. In fact, if Nevada and Colorado went more for Clinton than expected, so anyway, let's let's go on here. the The next thing on the agenda is I want to talk about the the Patty po- the Patty Power bet. Do you know about this, Brandon? The, where they paid Clinton early? Yes. And there's more to it than it appears. So. First of all, Patty Power has a long history of gimmicks, of things to get your attention that aren't exactly what they appear. So when I heard it was them doing this, I immediately got suspicious without knowing anything further. But uh, at some point, I don't know, like two weeks ago, they announced that they are so sure that Hillary Clinton is going to win, that they were going to pay out Hillary Clinton bits early. Uh, and that's, you know, if if it turns out that Trump wins, then oh well, then they've just uh, really screwed themselves. So this is what they said. Uh, they said, should Trump upset the odds and become 45th president, it will trigger the biggest political payout in bookmaking history and leave Patty Power with some very expensive pie on the chief's face. That already sounds like a scam. That's the way it's put. Like, they, they, they seem to be... Yeah, but that language, what, what language do they speak over there? Don't translate that well into English. So that's probably why. No, no, I think they're Irish or something. Well, it still doesn't translate well. It it, it wasn't written very well. But, uh, yeah, it's it, it sounds like already kind of a gimmick. It sounds like something where they're making it look like they're taking a huge risk that's going to screw themselves. If this happens, we're going to have pie on our face. Whenever they're, they're announcing things like that, that tends to be not what it appears it's like going to a, a used car lot, and the and the salesman says, "Oh, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to eat tonight after I make this sale to you. I'm not going to be able to pay the rent, but I got to get rid of this car." And you're thinking, "Oh, wow, what a great deal!" But you know, when they say things like that, you're getting a terrible deal. So, how low can we go? Yeah. So, as, as an article says, so this an article on ZeroHedge.com that exposed this whole thing is kind of a scam and explained why. And they they wrote regarding this last line I just read. It says, uh, if you actually believe that last sentence of theirs that I highlighted, you're just as much of a sucker as everyone else who's now betting on Trump at Patty Power in the hopes of, quote, sticking it to the bookmaker. So this is what they did. Uh, Because, of course, they, you know, yes, they really paid out the Hillary bets then. And yes, 
then they paid out the Trump bets for anyone who uh, who bet Trump and and when Trump won. And anyone who bet Hillary again after they paid out the first time, because if they paid your bet early, you were allowed to go rebet on Hillary again and, and wait for the actual election and then get paid based on the winner. So some people were trying to double dip. Some people said, okay, I'm going to really screw him because I bet on Hillary. I got paid. Now I'm going to take uh, some of this money and bet back on Trump. It's like a free roll, which it really wasn't. Once you got paid, it's your money. So at that point, uh, you know, there's no point to bet on anyone if you don't want if you're bet on trump there it's just like a new bet but but putting that aside there were some theories as to what they were doing were they hedging the bet was this just some sort of marketing trick where they decided it's going to get enough publicity to where whatever loss they might take on this is not a, is not going to cost them that much compared to the publicity is it something where they bought insurance based upon this happening uh were they just creating their own insurance by hedging on other books what were they doing well they were hedging, but in kind of a the whole thing was shady, and I'll explain why. What they did was they gave you bad odds, and then what they did is that they own Betfair too, or I guess they're they're merged with Betfair. I don't think they own it. I think Betfair owns them, or they're merged in some way. But they, it's the same money. So Betfair actually had different odds than Patty Power had. So if you bet on Hillary on Patty Power then you were getting worse odds than most other places, including their own Betfair. So what they did is they uh, they bet back on, on Trump on their own site, on, on Betfair. And it, it was uh, calculated that the between the juice they were getting and the difference in the lines that they had between the two sites, because the people betting on Hillary were getting a a poor line, that that was actually able to pay for the amount that they were having to do to hedge it, because they didn't have to do that much to hedge it, because Trump was was such an underdog at that point. So they didn't have to bet that much to hedge the other way. So, uh, like, similarly, let, let me explain. Last night, I had a bet on this predicted site, that the winner of the election would finish with between 300 and 319 electoral votes, which Trump did, if you count Michigan. Now, since Michigan wasn't a done deal, and there was some chance that Hillary could come back and take it, uh, I hedged at very long odds the 280 to 299 category for like an, you know, it was like a, I get like 2200 if it uh, stays at 300 to 319 and uh, I was able to bet at very long odds like 25 to 1 to hedge at uh, 280 to 299 so I didn't spend very much to basically protect my bet so that's basically what they did they took Trump at very long odds to protect their bet and they actually because they were paying a reduced amount for the Hillary bets that money that they were saving that's what they were putting into hedging it so the whole thing didn't cost them anything that, that's that's this whole scam to this whole thing. Is it uh, even if this happened, which it did, they they were already paying for it by by paying people out less. They were giving you worse odds for Hillary, and then betting on Betfair, which is a site that they also own or owns them, at long odds on Trump, and the amount they saved from what they should have paid you on Hillary is what they were using to hedge it. So the whole thing it was all smoke and mirrors. It didn't. Uh, it did not cost them anything, and they got all this publicity. And the media 
stupidly bought right into this, like Poker News, for example. Poker News had an article that was written, uh, when was it? This article was written today. Patty Power's premature political payout cost them 4 million euros. No, it didn't. But that, that's, that's the article on Poker News right now. It says, With the, while the national blunder that has resulted in Donald Trump winning the presidential election is difficult to top. I don't like that start right away. Don't write that. This is supposed to be a news article. Why are they editorializing about Trump? Irish online sports betting company Patty Power recently made a headline-making mistake by prematurely predicting the outcome of the 2016 election. Yesterday, the sports betting organization decided to pay out approximately 1, 1 million uh, euros to political bettors who predicted that Hillary Clinton would win the election before the polls officially closed. Unfortunately, Donald Trump won the presidential election this morning, meaning the winners who took to Twitter yesterday to boast about their win should be receiving some pretty bad news about now. So they're, they're writing that they wrote this whole article about how uh, Patty Poker... Uh, pa- Patty Power made a mistake by doing this. And then this is the statement from Patty Power's official spokesman named uh, Philip Mac Eomer. We're in the business of making predictions and decided to put our neck on the line by paying out early on Hillary Clinton. But boy, did we get it wrong. We've been well and truly thumped by Trump and his victory, leaving us with the biggest political payout in the company's history and some very, very expensive egg on our faces. So Poker News is reporting this crap, and so what people think is, wow, this is excellent. You know, I'm, I'm going to sign up on Patty Power, I'm going to deposit on there, and I'm going to take advantage of other things like this when the, when the company does stupid things and I, I can get the better of them. But guess what? They got the better of you if you did this. The whole thing, the smoke and mirrors, the whole thing was a trick. It was a marketing trick, which they got coverage like this for free. So it is not what it appears. Still there, Brandon? We lost Brandon. What happened to Brandon? Trader Risky, what do you think of this? Yeah, I, I you know, I don't I haven't been following him. You haven't been following him. But, okay. but I take but I take your I, no, I mean as far as the good whole boy. thing and how they made money. Good but boy. I trust your opinion. Oh, I am a good boy. Thank you, Brandon. Oh, I'm talking to my dub. I thought I thought I was on mute. That's cute. Good boy. Thank you. Okay, so yeah, uh, so I want to tell you about another betting situation with Trump that was obnoxious. This uh, was brought to our attention by a poker fraud alert user uh, who goes by FTP Jesus. And I'd always wondered what, why he chose that name. And it turned out that he originally used that name to troll on some other forum, pretending he was actually Chris Ferguson. <laughs> and then uh, uh, afterwards, he just decided to keep that name. So th- this is uh, what happened. He said, I placed a bet last minute on Trump to win a plus 375 on intertops. I checked this morning, and it still showed pending. I emailed them to get the shit can't, uh, uh, and I got the shit canned answer. Sounds to me like they just don't want to pay off and are making excuses. Nowhere did it say the bet can't be resolved until January 20th. The bottom was my original short email to them. Uh, he says, uh, bet was... Trump to win through plus 375. Trump has, won, Trump has won U.S. election, so bet should be paid off as win currently. And they wrote back, uh, Dear FTP Jesus, thank you for ch- uh, contacting Intertops. The bet regarding the U.S. election 2016, who will be next president, will be graded in January 2017. 
after the presidential inauguration, meaning January 20th. Mr. Trump has won the elections, but he's still not the president. Until he is not officially president of the USA, the bet won't be graded. That's really, really dirty. So I guess if Trump were to die between now and then, or something else were to happen to prevent him from being president, if he just said, you know what, I'm actually not going to be president, I'm not going to take office, uh, they don't pay it, I assume. They said that he has to be president, which is really, really shady. You're, you're betting on Trump. You know, what's the odds that Trump will be president? Okay, plus 375. Okay, I bet it. Then you win. Okay, where's my money? No, he's not president yet. He's going to be president actually on January 20th. So that's when you get it. It's a fraud. It's a total fraud. So I'm very surprised Intertops is doing this because they are a reputable company. They've been around since the 90s. I bet on them. I bet using them in the 90s. They were the first sports book I ever used. Actually, the second one I ever used. And they were, in fact, honorable enough that back in the days when Locke Poker was screwing everybody, they were on the same network as Locke, and Locke just wasn't paying them. Like, when their, when their players were beating Locke players, Locke owed them money. It's called a reconciliation, that process. Locke was not paying them, and Intertops was still paying their players. They, they just took a beating, and they just took a loss on Locke never paying them. So they, they were reputable, Intertops. So I'm very surprised of all companies that they, this one has such a good reputation. Why they would do something really, really shady like that? So we're going to find this out. We're going to call up Intertops, and we're going to get to the bottom of this because I, I don't like this at all. I just don't like this. They should have made this very clear. It's very non-standard in election bet to say until the person takes office that they can't. Uh, they're not paying the bet. Before we do that, we have a call coming in. Call around the air. Right. Call it. Hello. I, I called, I think, the line, I guess. I you did? Who is this? Hey, hey, Jeff, it's Gary. Here's, here's Rachel, too. Oh, okay. How you did, doing? did you mean to call into the show, right, or are you, call, are you calling the call to listen line? Which one? Uh, all right. All right, well, then listen in. All right, Jeff, have a good show. You're going to call the call to listen line? Yeah, that's, I, I, that's what I meant to That's call. what you meant to do. Okay, it's an honest mistake. Okay, 712 I got it. I got it. Okay, you got okay, it. All right. All right, very good, Gary. Okay, bye. All right. Okay, so let's, let's call up Intertops. It's kind of sad that one of the few calls we get today is from someone not meaning to call us. It wasn't a bet on who will win the election, not who... That's what it seems to me. I didn't see it, but I think that's what it is. Right, so not who will become president, who will win the election. I dialed the wrong number. Yeah, it's really shady. And and even if it was who's going to be president, they should be very clear, because you know what you're thinking. When when you're betting who's going to be president, you, you think it's about who wins the election. If there's anything non-standard, I've always said this to businesses that try to do crap like this, not just gambling ones, but anytime there's something non-standard and you assume something that's standard and then you get screwed, I hate those type of rings. Thank you for calling into talks. You're speaking with Cynthia. How can I help you? Uh, hello. Can I know your Fabersham here? Um, I placed a bet on uh, on Donald Trump to win the, the election, all right? And I won. I, I was I was saying, oh, you know, uh, it's not who I'd pick. It's the Brexit all over again. But uh, um, uh, look, uh, I won. Colonel won, ma'am. That's what he's trying to say. This is. Uh, his advisor, J. L. Wigglesley. Yeah, so so um, I, I was so happy about this. I I, I popped some bubbly about the whole matter, and I said, "All right, I'm rich. I'm rich." And so I I saw that today my bet was pending, and I said, 
What's going on here? How how could they possibly say the bet's still pending? Obviously, Trump has won. Even Hillary has conceded. She went on TV and she she went on the telly and said, "I concede. Donald Trump beat me. So that's it. It's over. All right." So I call. I, I, I emailed and said, "Where's my money?" And they said, "We are not paying you till January twentieth, two thousand seventeen, when Trump takes office." And I said, "Have you gone mad? That's not what the bet was about. It was it, every sports book where you were to bet on the election. It was about who wins, who loses, and not about you have to wait until the candidate takes office to get paid. No other book is like this. And uh, this was highly misleading, and I feel like I was cheated. So, uh, can you explain this policy to me?" What is your account login name? Is, is, is that the, uh, the Mount Charleston line in the background? What, what is that ring I just heard? I heard ring! I, I just heard a ring in the background that sounded like an old 70s rotary telephone. What, what was that? <laughs> we also speak to our customers through a live chat service, so there is a ring whenever we receive one. All right, so you, you don't have like an old rotary phone there ringing, do you? No, All no, right. we do not. All right, so, so can you explain to me this, bet, this betting situation that I just described? Yes. What is your account login name? You know, I don't have that at the moment. I'm, I I was so frustrated about the matter. I went and took a, a drive in the in the in the uh, crisp night air. All right, and I'm I'm outside right now, and I'm beside myself. And I said, you know, I'm going to call them up and give them a piece of my mind. So here I am. And okay. It, so can you just what explain the your first and last name? Uh, can you just explain the policy? Forget my first and last name here. Can you just explain the policy to me of why you would wait okay. to pay? Okay. The information which was given to us by our bet managers is that the wager is going to be paid, yes, in January, when the uh, president has taken office. Unfortunately, we have no control over how that is uh, the, the wager is being paid out, so unfortunately we... Well, what do you mean you don't have control? You're, you're the ones paying it out. You, 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 could, you can pay this out any time you want. We do understand... We do understand why you may be upset, but we are not able to credit that. But, but hold, hold, hold on. You said you don't have control. How do you not have control? It's your own money. You don't have control of your own money? No, it's a, it's a reasonable question, isn't it? This is how the bet managers has uh, advised us. Right, can I, can I speak to the bet manager right now? There is nothing. Can I speak the to bet him? Managers, our bet managers do not take calls. All the information is relayed through us. So that is the information that we were provided with, and we are not able to credit that page before. Uh, I, I have a question here. What, what does it sound like you're whispering to me? Uh, is, is this a secret? I'm sorry? It sounds like you're whispering the answer to me. Is this a secret? My volume is all the way up, and um, there is there is nothing else. That it I just sounds do. like you're speaking to me like nothing. a hushed tone of voice. Like you just don't you just don't want uh, anyone else to hear what you're telling me. Is there a reason Why for that? Why would I not want anyone else? To I, I don't know. Well, because I'd be quite ashamed if I had to tell someone that we're the only book in the entire world that's not paying presidential bets until January twentieth. Like no one is doing this this way. Even the shady books are not doing it this way. Intertops has been around for 20-plus years, and for some reason they're the only one behaving in this shady sort of manner and not paying out the bet that they are supposed to in a timely fashion. If you could provide me with your account login name, which by right I am not, uh, should not be speaking to you if you do not provide me with this information. So if you could provide me with the name, oh, you're a login account, I can, I can take a look. All right, all right. My, my name is Colonel Nigel Fabersham. That's my Can you repeat what you just said, sir? Uh, so you're, Colonel, you're, you're, why are you even appeasing the smug cunt? 
Uh, no, no, no. Mr. Wigginsworth, then please. Calling Mr. and do enjoy the rest of your night. <laughs> See, you may hang up. <laughs> I, I like how she's like, oh, we can't control it. That She was a smug cunt. We can't control it. It's their own money. They can't control it. I know. It's beyond our control. It's our own money, but we're, we have no control yeah. over our own money. She's just a poor customer service. No, agent. I know. That, that yeah. we, we can't nah, speak to the best. I love how they're not making much money. Where where, where, the, where is she located? In probably Costa Rica? Pro- no, I, I'm guessing maybe in uh, Antigua. Mm. Oh, where the one guy lives. Yeah, I think that's where Inter- Intertops Inter- Inter- is based. Has he been shooting off on the Twitter and social media about the one guy getting elected? Yeah, you know, I haven't looked. Let me go. I'm going to look right now. Look. I, I actually haven't looked. I haven't thought of him. He was sitting there uh, copycatting our our own PFA's own William Kasuf. Did you see that Twitter? Yeah. Like a boss. Yeah. Sons of bitches. Let us see. He is saying. Have we still got the kid from the East Coast on the line. No, he dropped out a while ago. He just kind of vanished. Uh, is here. Just the kid from the West Coast. Yeah. What? What about uh, Kalawa? Whatever happened to that guy? Uh, I don't know. He's around somewhere. Let's see. Uh, he, he's here, here's here's a, a good uh, tweet from him. Mm-hmm. It says this is to at Noetic Poker Coach. I don't know who that is. So easy to fall into the Chomsky-defined fierce debate in a narrow range and forget about the systemic political corruption. That that was his tweet. Then he also wrote uh, uh, to Rafe first, who I'm sure didn't respond to him. Rafe, have you been smoking this excellent Nevada legal marijuana? The tiny beings don't have that consciousness, though. I like it anyway. I have no idea what he's talking about. No, no idea. Like, like half the things he writes, I have no idea what he's talking about. All right. So it it doesn't seem like uh, it, it does seem like he was anti both Hillary and Trump, from what I'm seeing here. He he wrote, for example, remember, I believe both candidates were terrible, so your anti HRC statements are not refuting Trump's general awfulness. Uh, this is what he also wrote. He wrote ten hours ago. I'm I am to, I aim to be more presidential. Uh, going to grab him by the pussy, borrow a few milli, and insult a <coughs> retard. Going to push this cis white male edge. I don't know what that means. It's kind of a, a jab at both Trump and uh, social justice warriors. I think I, I don't know. Or it could even be not a jab at social justice words. It could be him being one. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand. I, I used to understand. I, I don't understand anymore. Yeah, I don't understand either. It's like a different language. Maybe it's North Korean. How do these kids talk today? Maybe, oh, it's, shit, maybe it's almost the, 40 years old. Maybe it's North Korean. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got uh, Ivy. He edge-sorted and he appealed and he lost. So we covered that. Right? <laughs> no. Well, that, that'll be a little bit later. I, mean, I want to talk about uh, Brian Hastings. That uh, he got mad at me. Can we talk about something fun. Then I'll take a little hiatus during the serious stuff. But look at the list. Give me a fun subject. No, no. You, I think you like this. Mm-mm. I already know, but I don't like it. 
We, I don't have anything else. What do we have for fun? Nothing. We, we're done with that. We have like a quiz show or no. maybe a game. Or... We're, we're done with all that. Well, when did it even start? All we had was the ass pussy mouth with the lynch comp. That's it. We're done. That's it. There's nothing else fun on the agenda? No. Jesus. Well, what else do we have on the agenda? Maybe I'll make something fun out of it. <laughs> we have Hastings. We have Ivy. What else? And then just the general topics. Let's just do one of these two things. We'll... But well, how come I can't pick? Because we're, we're, we're maybe we're, I'm not ready to talk about Hastings yet. Maybe I want to build the momentum. There's only for two that. things left. There's that or the Ivy thing. That's all for the show. What are the, the general topics uh, about the, the the backlash against Hillary, and then also about mm-hmm. the, the Standing Rock protest? What about that, uh, Druff sell a piece of the World Series? Aren't we getting to that time of year already? It's almost November. Oh, you know what? I, I I do want to play something here. I have, I have one thing you may like. I, I'm going to play this guy berating. I just want to have some fun on the show. I, I, I'm so gonna... It's almost becoming like a military dictator type show. No. These fluff pieces that we're trying to appease the left with. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to play a, a a guy who found Eric Lynch in a poker room. The guy who the poker room and manager of Locke and was and was bashing. See, that's what I'm talking about. And was bashing that's, this guy. I was bashing Eric Lynch he in a like he was going to cry in a one three poker game. And yeah, he looked like he's going to cry. So l- listen to this. Listen to Eric Lynch. I just, wish I knew. He's so afraid. Well, listen. Here it is. Here it is. So this is a guy who lost $14,000 on lock from the scam, and Eric Lynch was the poker room manager for a long time, including way after they stopped paying and he was still promoting them. Uh, I even posted Eric Lynch's emails with me last year that uh, when he wouldn't respond to me anymore. And Eric Lynch showed up to play 1-3 no limit, which is pretty amazing considering how this guy was once uh, a big-time poker player. He showed up to play 1-3 no limit live somewhere. And this player who was sitting at his table decided to give him a hard time about where his money went. Oh, hold on. Here we go. So you see Lynch sitting here and... Uh, so what do you have to say about that? What do you have to say about all the money that people lost? What happened? What are you doing with your phone? What fucking happened to it? What are you, I don't have it. What are you doing with your phone? What are you doing with your phone? He, he knew the guy. He knew he was being recorded. <laughs> he's still he's still kind of like intimidating. He's still answering, even like, what are you doing with your phone? Uh, I don't have it. What do you think what, I have? Well, what happened to the money? Oh, yeah. Your turn, honey. What, what happened to the to the hundreds of thousands of dollars that people lost? We, we'd like to know. I would like to know, too. No shit. Well, what happened? I'd like to know, too. I mean... Oh, crap. Hold on. Hold on. The money. Oh, yeah. Your turn, honey. What, what happened to the... To the hundreds of thousands of dollars that people lost. We, we'd like to know. I would like to know, too. No shit. Well, what happened? What happened? So he tried to put his headphones back in. He's like, I'd like to know, too. Well, what happened? He just puts his headphones back in to try to ignore it. But no, he did not give up. You're just going to put your headphones on and ignore us? Yes, I'm going to put my headphones well, on. Well, what, what happened? Can you at least give us an explanation? If I had an explanation, I would be happy to give it to you. Well, right. What, what do you think happened? I'd like to just hear what do you think happened. If I knew what happened, I would be very happy to share it with right. you. Right. Would you say this guy's a smug cunt, a smug cunt uh, Eric Lynch? Would you say that, Brandon? Did we lose Brandon again? No, I'm here. I'm sorry. I have, a, I have it on mute because, I. yeah, he's a, definitely a smug cunt. If I knew, I'd tell you. If I knew, like, you should know. You were sat there as the poker room manager encouraging people to still deposit on there and making excuses for them as no one was getting paid for well over a year. And then I even found out he got paid from his own emails to me. He got paid $9,000 long after people stopped getting paid. So he never gave that back. 
Well, who is involved, and, and what do you? If I, I you have no theory it. at all. You have no 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 theory at all. What happened? I have no knowledge of what happened. No knowledge. Okay. Well, what can I do to get my fourteen thousand dollars back? What what can I do? I can give you my account. Would you like my account? I'll write it down. You can write down whatever you want. I can't do anything about it. I don't. Were, were, were you the poker room manager of Lock Poker? You were the poker room manager at Lock Poker, were you not? It was a name only. I had no okay. Well, what? It was a name only. That's not even true. If you go read the emails that I posted on uh, Poker Fraud Alert, just uh, you, you can search it out in the scam scandals and shadiness forum. You can read the emails that I posted of Eric Lynch. He wasn't a name only. He was saying he was the poker room manager, and he was very excited about being the poker room manager. Why did you go into seclusion after? What happened? What happened? Hey, baby. You ready to go? We'd like to know. Lots of people would like to know, man. I'm sure they would. I don't understand why you just can't be straight with us. I'm completely straight with you. You have not given us any information at all. Um, None. Just unreal. People can get away with us. Unreal. What, what, what would you do if someone took $14,000 from you? You'd be pretty upset, right? Right. And he comes here to the casino after three years. Three years. This guy. Are you, are you accusing me of something? I'm not. <laughs> I think it gets other people involved. What would you do if someone stole 14000 for you? You'd be upset too, right? Yeah, I'd be upset. Yeah, he comes to the poker room after three years. Like, are you accusing me of something? I love that people are doing this to him because that, that's what needs to be done. You can't just let these people just slink back into poker like nothing happened. Like, this is so good that this is happening. And these idiots on 2 Plus 2, you can look at the thread over there. They're like, you shouldn't be doing that to him. It's not his fault the money disappeared. It, you know, this, this isn't very productive. You didn't get any good answers from him. He's not going to give you good answers. You, you need to turn these people into pariahs. You need to make it miserable for them to go play poker. You need to drive them out of the community. That should be their punishment for what they did. And uh, these idiots on 2 Plus 2, many of whom were victims of the lock scam, went off on this guy who made the video as if he was a jerk, which I couldn't believe. I'm wondering. You have because no answers. If you think I stole from you, there's police everywhere. Oh, yeah. Well, what, what, are they, what do they do when, you, when, you're, when your place is offshore? Huh? What are they going to do? my place. So I didn't have anything. Yeah, that's so stupid. Go tell the police. He knows the police are not going to do anything. Eric Lynch is not stupid. He knows if you go to the police, they're going to go, okay, well, this is a civil dispute between you and this other guy with this, with this offshore site if you think you were cheated sue him that's what they say the police aren't going to arrest him for being a, a manager of an online poker room offshore the local police don't care about that poker room manager what happened you have no answers for us when you lose money did ryan here steal from you how do you know that it's him i, like, I mean he's not I mean, it's, denying that it's him, we know it's him i mean everybody knows it's him uh, but like i played bet online i have no idea who's in charge of bet online well yeah i played i played online poker professionally since 2011 2011. 14K. No, I poof. genuinely feel bad for everyone else in there, but I mean, All right. you can blame me if that makes you feel better. I just want to know what happened. I would like to All right, who's, well. who's the owner and how can I contact her? Well, Larson, you can, if you get a hold of her, you let me know. Because <laughs> I have some things I would like to say to her as well. Well, I don't understand why after this all happened, why, you, why did you have nothing to say to any of us? 
I have nothing to say right now, dude. No, I know, but why did you not come out and go, well, I, I wish I, I could help say? you, what, I, what I lost like my to, money. What would you like me to do? I, to make an explanation to the poker community, that's what I would like. But you're asking me to do something that I'm not capable of doing. Why is he not capable? That makes no sense. He's not capable of coming out to the poker community and explaining his story? And keep in mind, he said, I want to find Jennifer Larson. I, I want to give her a piece of my mind, too. No, no, you didn't. You, he sent me an email. I posted this on Poker Fraud Alert last year. He sent me an email last year saying that he still feels some loyalty to Jennifer because Jennifer was there for him emotionally during his divorce. <laughs> it didn't matter that she scammed the poker world of tens of millions of dollars. She was there for him during his divorce, so he doesn't want to, to betray her. So, oh, I want to find her, too. I have some things to say to her. No. No, you don't. You, you still like her. Yes, but there's still no answers. Did, what? But you just were like, I'm sorry, I don't know anything. That's pretty much the answer. Well, what, what are you going to do in an off-site, off-site place? That's what Bet Online is. That's what that's what Vada is. Unbelievable. They just get away with it. That's why it's the, not legal in America. The worst part of it is they don't say shit after it happens. They don't say anything. They sit for two years and they do nothing. They do nothing. And right up to that, they're talking to everybody, right? They're talking to everybody. Here he is, slumming it up. 1-3 poker with $900,000 tournament wins. When there's millions out there. Stolen. Stolen. No, I'm not dropping nothing. <laughs> this woman's like, can we stop this conversation, please? Like, No, I'm not stopping nothing. That's what we need here. Like that's that's what we need. These people should not feel comfortable to play there. Now I wonder if Eric Lynch is broke. Like playing one three over there. I mean, it's possible he's just playing for fun, but I'm guessing not. I'm guessing he's hit on hard times. Someone steals fourteen thousand dollars from me. You're gonna be pretty fucking pissed, aren't you? Twenty five. <laughs> All right, thank you. Okay. You want to finish that? I mean, it is Boulevard, right? That's true. I mean, that's where my dad lives. Does he really? Yeah, he really does. Yeah. <laughs> How do I get a tour? Uh, oh. you, go, you go down there and you're the first in line. That's it. How much is it? There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you just got to be the first in line. Um, really? Generally, the, it's always on the weekend. Just make sure you try to get down around 9 o'clock in the morning. Cool. I'm coming. <laughs> 45. So how many World Series of Poker events have you played the last, like, three years? Okay, can, where's this going? I'm just wondering, how many have you played? I know, right? How many did you play before that? Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure what he's trying to do. I mean, you're recording, right? I, I, up to you, man. No, you're recording on your phone right now. This is your statement of the poker community. What are you going to say to everybody? You're recording on your phone. Yeah, fucking recording. What, what are you going to say? And for some reason, it ends right there. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like, right? What are you going to say? It stopped. I, I don't know what happened. 
I, I I talked to this guy on Twitter who who uh, made this video. I, I've never I forgot to ask that question of why it abruptly ended after six minutes. I I wanted to hear the rest of this and see what if there was a statement. So Brandon, what do you think of this? I mean, uh, it's funny. I mean, yeah. He sounds like a scared little bitch. He does. And this needs to happen more often. Like anybody who sees Eric Lynch or any of these other people who are involved in these these uh, online poker scams, they just they they need to have a miserable time there. They need to fear this that every time they come in there, they're going to get hassled. Because if that happens, they're going to stop coming. They're going to feel like they're driven out of the community. Scott from the East Coast is he back. He sounds like a smug cunt. That's what he sounds like. He does. And, and you know, he's, he's not even telling the truth. Like, he, he was very... He was not the poker room manager in name only. He was he was doing actual work there. I, I directly interacted with him on 2 Plus 2 for some time during the whole lock controversy. And he, he told me very detailed stuff in email last year about everything, including the fact that he worked all the way through 2014, a year and a half after they stopped paying people. And was still promoting them, and that he still believed in the company, and that Jennifer lied to him, and that he just he just kept believing it, and yeah, he making a lot of different excuses. But the worst thing was at the end how he said he still feels loyal to Jennifer. So uh, he just wants to come back in the poker community and pretend this all didn't happen. And you can't do that if you you. There's only so far you can go to explain that someone bamboozled you when you were an accomplice to a scam. You can't say, well, I believe, Jennifer, that the site was going to start paying people. They haven't paid anyone in over a year, but I believed her. I believe she had a plan, so I had no problem promoting it. No, that's still lying to people. That's still misleading people. You, if, if you believe it, then you should say, okay, I'm promoting this site, but they are having some trouble paying people, but I believe in them. I think they're going to come back. You don't, you don't promote them as if everything's fine. Then you're being dishonest. It doesn't matter what you believe will happen. At the moment, it's not happening. If you're promoting something that is not paying people, and people sign up and deposit money thinking they're paying people, then you are an accomplice, a knowing accomplice, a willing accomplice to a scam. And that's what Eric Lynch was. So, uh, I, I love seeing that video. I, big props to the guy who did this. He asked good questions. He kept the pressure on. He wouldn't even stop talking about it when someone at the table wanted him to. And... Uh, Idiots on 2 plus 2 for criticizing this guy. Idiots. Scott, what do you want to say? Oh, Brandon just told me to call back in. That's all. Okay, okay. Now, you're welcome to be here. I was just wondering. So, uh, let's uh, let's see what else here. We're talking about uh, Phil Ivey and the uh, edge sorting thing, Brandon's favorite topic. Uh, Phil Ivey, as you guys know, we're not going to go too deep into this, but he... He had two cases going on. One was in Crockford's in the UK where he won and they wouldn't pay him, so he sued them. The other one was at the Borgata where he won and they did pay him and they sued him. So this is about the Crockford's one where they haven't paid him. He sued them, he already lost, and he appealed it. And this is his appeal. And apparently he lost his appeal as well. Uh... It was interesting, the reason for the denial for paying him. And of course, what, what he did was with a, a woman that uh, they call the Queen of Sorts, uh, Cheung Yin Sun. She was very good at noticing tiny defects in the cards that would indicate which card was which. And they, uh, they basically tricked these casinos into letting them 
be a little closer to the cards and have them turned a certain way to where they could uh, see these defects and then take advantage of it and play a positive expectation game and win. So uh, they won uh, $9.6 million, 7.7 million uh, pounds, and uh, were unable to collect it. And in the first lawsuit, they were still unable to collect it. They appealed, and they lost again. Uh, in a decision written primarily by the Right Honorable Lady Justice Arden. That's a long title. The Right Honorable Lady Justice Arden. Uh, the court found that even though Ivy didn't believe or realize at the time that he was cheating, he was still cheating under UK gambling laws. So they're saying that this was like honest cheating. That the, the way they describe that is uh, when you're cheating but don't realize it. You think what you're doing was within the rules, but it's actually not. That's what uh, honest cheating is. So they stated that they didn't really believe that... Uh, he thought he was ripping them off, but he actually was. So for that reason, he is not entitled to anything. Ivy made a statement. He said, The decision makes no sense to me. The trial judge said I was not dishonest, and the three appeal judges agreed, but somehow the decision has gone against me. Can someone tell me how you can have honest cheating? I'd like to add that I'm very grateful to Lady Justice Sharp, who decided the, that the trial judge was wrong to decide that I had cheated. So... Uh, Brandon, do you believe that Ivy cheated, or do you think that uh, this is this is something they should pay him? I'm sorry. Do you think he was? You think uh, Ivy was cheating when he did this, or you think this uh, he should be paid? Uh, it's a tough question, man. Uh, I mean, if you look at the letter of the law, he was you know in terms of gambling law, not you know federal law or state law or anything like that. Uh, he was deceitful in what he did. Um, you know, in, in, I know in Atlantic City or New Jersey, uh, I can't think of exactly the way it was worded, but there was some basic loss, you know, it, it stating that players are not allowed to play any games that are plus EV. You can't deceive a casino in any manner to gain such an edge, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I, I <laughs> You know, as much as I kind of want to find a way to side with him, just because I, I do have a lot of contempt for the greed of casinos, um, I don't think there's a lot that could be done here. I mean, I, I do think that he exploited something, and it's it's not something like you're using your mind. You know, like you know, I'll put it another way. You know, people try to compare it to like card counting and blackjack, which which that's a terrible comparison because you know card counting you're just literally using your mind. In this event, you're you're actually using defective cards, so it, it's not, you know, it, it's not the same thing. I mean, it's not as if you know you're just playing some skill game or you're, you're so intelligent that you can find some kind of flaw. I mean, if they're not ordering these specific cards that you're able to determine the higher cards from the lower cards. That totally eliminates your edge. So, well, uh, guess the answer, huh? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I, I, uh, I actually, I, well, I'll give you uh, my opinion because I, I think I, I, I feel that Ivy was not cheating, and I'll explain why. Now, I agree. With, I, if, I agree with that, by the way, because if it was the reverse situation with anything, they're never giving you any money back. Yeah. So, right. And so, so what I feel here is that even though yes, it's not quite as pure as card counting, where you're just uh, you're just watching what's coming out and, and memorizing the cards, and there it really is just all skill. But uh, so that's much more straightforward. But still, uh, my problem here is that uh, I feel that anything you can 
gain, any edge you can gain by just noticing something and then acting based upon the things you notice, even if they're things you're not supposed to notice, uh, you should have a right to win. For example, if I'm playing blackjack and the dealer is accidentally flashing cards at me, not, not, not a conspiracy to do it. I don't know the dealer. They're not trying to help me. It's just an incompetent dealer, and I, and I keep seeing what her whole cards are. Even if they realize that I'm seeing it and that I'm making decisions based upon that, I should still get paid because it's their fault. They provided the dealer. The dealer made the mistake. And if I got extra information because the dealer was making the mistake, then that's their problem that they have to eat it. And that's why they get to have an edge against most people because uh, the reason they get the edge is because they're providing the games. And at the same time, they have the responsibility to make sure that they do have this edge and that they're not screwing it up in some way. Now, here, Ivy did have to lie to them. Ivy and his accomplice had to lie about the reason that the cards were being turned. They had to claim it was superstition, Chinese superstition. So the reason they actually had to be turned is so the girls could see them closer and get a better look at the, at the defects. But the point is, it's not like they were turning the cards away they weren't supposed to. They said, can we turn these cards? And the casino said, yes. They gave him a BS reason why they wanted it done, but the bottom line is the casino agreed to turn them. And it shouldn't matter the reason you're asking why. I feel that if the casino agrees to turn them and agrees to uh, do other things that allow you to have an edge here, when you ask them, can you do this, and they say yes, even if you're making a BS reason for it, I feel still, if they're agreeing to, then they they have accidentally provided you a situation you have an edge, then tough luck on them. And that's why they have to make sure to order cards that don't have these defects. They have to inspect the cards really well. They have to catch on to any kind of patterns that, that are funny. And that, Now, if they want to ban them from the casino from the future, that's, uh, I think that's fine. But I, I think that if you find a way to beat the game, even if it's through some sort of uh, defect in, in the, the way the game is designed or the way the cards are designed and you see something you shouldn't, as long as you're not using devices to do it, or accomplices working for the casino to do it, those should be totally illegal, then I feel you're not cheating, you should be paid, and if, but if they want to ban you after that, that's fine. But I think you should be paid. I don't think Ivy was cheating. He was definitely deceitful. He was definitely tricked them into giving them a circumstance where they could win. I just don't... I, I think that this should fall under the heading of advantage play, not cheating. And I'll give, an adva- I'll give you an example of another thing we've talked about on this show, which I think is cheating. There were these guys who found a flaw in a video poker machine to where... If you win at the $1 per credit level, and then after it uh, says you've won this many credits, you could switch it to the $10 level, hit cash out, and it will stupidly cash you out at the $10 level as if you won 10 times as much. Now, that's a flaw in the machine, but that's different, because that's not, that's not winning by skill. That's by taking advantage of a bug in a computer to get yourself paid out 10 times as much. It's kind of similar to uh, having an ATM machine pay you too much and just running off of the money. So that's that's a different story if you're intentionally doing that. If you if you accidentally switched and it paid you too much and you didn't notice, then you shouldn't be in trouble. But if you're taking advantage of that bug to get paid ten times after you've already played the game because you found some bug, that is like stealing. And that that I felt these guys uh, should have uh, faced criminal charges, which they did. They got off of them, but they, I, I didn't have any sympathy for these guys. That wasn't an advantage play. That was cheating. But th- this wasn't cheating. This was this was just the way the game worked, and they happened to notice a flaw in the cards that they could see it. And uh, I I don't I just don't think that's cheating. I think that they should have to pay him, and that's part of the risk the casino takes. Just like you take when you go play any casino game, you're a negative expectation, and you're taking a much bigger risk than they are, and they're getting that advantage because they're the ones providing the games. 
So their responsibility is to provide a game that really is a negative expectation for the player. And if they don't, then that's their fault. That's that's the way I see it. So I I'm, I'm on Ivy's side on this one. Not that it matters, <laughs> but I'm on Ivy's side. Uh, so, so Brandon, now, since you said you were kind of looking for a way to be on his side here, does that does this change your mind at all? No. Okay. <laughs> I will have to disagree on this one then. I, I'm well, on... no, but if, if what Brandon said is true, well, there's a law that said the player can't have positive expectations. Well, okay, I know that. I know that in New Jersey, that is in fact the law, um, because it was actually cited by the judge in making his or her decision. I'm not sure. Obviously, I don't know what the laws are in London. And I remember actually reading an article about this afterwards where Ivy said he was confused because do you, do you have find Ivy's quote? Because he basically said they said I didn't cheat. The judges all said I didn't cheat. So why didn't I win? Yeah, he's something along yeah, those he's, lines. That's what he said. He said that, he, he said, uh, can someone tell me how you can have honest cheating? Uh, yeah, that was an honest cheating. Yeah. He said the trial judge said I was not dishonest, and the three appeal judges agreed, but somehow the decision's gone against me. Can someone tell me yeah. how you can but, have honest cheating? But Trader-Ruski and Druff, in Atlantic City, the letter of the law specifically states that you are not allowed or it's against the law to participate in any sort of game where you have a, an expected you know, advantage. Um, so that that's what was cited. So I'm not saying that, I, you know, I'm not rooting against Ivy. Fuck, I love it when people, you know, like the guy in, uh, the guy in, was I think it was at the Tropicana and the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City that went on that massive heater. Do you remember playing blackjack? He yeah, yeah. He, he was actually pretty clever with what he did. Yeah, he was, uh, um, it, it was like, uh, he, he just kind of created a lot of distractions to both, you know, card count and not have them realize he's card counting such a hard, le- right. uh, because like he, when, when the count would go negative, then he just and, quit and, and pretend to be insulted and things like that. And also in Atlantic city, uh, you know, we talked about this seems like it was maybe a year or two ago, but probably longer, a bunch of players were playing a Baccarat game and the dealers forgot to shuffle the cards. And the banker, I believe it was a banker, but it could have been the player, but whatever it was, there's one side, or maybe I'm getting it wrong. But anyhow, nonetheless, the players ended up winning like 40-something hands in a row. The the, the, the Baccarat dealer literally was emptying out his rack before anyone even noticed something was wrong. So, you know, of course, my first thing is, where the fuck are the pit bosses? And, but anyhow, well, nonetheless, these people had to pay back their money that they won. The casino went after them, the ones that they could track and the ones that hadn't cashed in chips or they knew who they were. And there is no legal recourse. So, again, my only point is from the letter of the law, I, I agree. I mean, he, he shouldn't be paid. You know, just looking at the law, I don't want him to, not that I'm reading against him, but just reading, you know, the way the law is written. Uh, you know, I, and I knew he was going to lose. I mean, did you guys really think he'd win either of no, these cases? No, I didn't I mean, think he'd win. It, no. <laughs> that, that didn't surprise me he lost both cases. I'll say that. And, you know, I understand, Brandon, like both if the law says that they cannot uh, recover damages here, or that if the law says that that Ivy's not entitled to it, then that's the way it is, and it's a uh, it's unfortunate. I'm just saying I don't think it's fair. I, I I understand why the ruling was this way if that's the letter of the law, because that's that's what they have to go by. But I still think it's it's unfair to the players. I I think in general it should be anything the casino willingly does for you or lets you do, any rule change they let you do, no matter what the reason, 
And uh, if you can beat them at the game the way it's presented to you without using outside devices and outside help from employees, I think should be okay. I think the one exception should be uh, anything where you're taking advantage of an actual bug in a, in a machine to knowingly uh, make it do something it shouldn't. Now, the one thing I will say is I've actually seen these cards that uh, – what is her name? I uh, Ch- Ch- uh, Cheng Yin-sun. Yeah, and I will say this – that it is a fucking skill. It is an insane skill. That's what I heard. To be able to even decipher these things, because I looked at them. I've seen them actually up close. I couldn't see nothing. So to do that from a, you know, a foot, a foot and a half away or whatever it was to consistently be able to do that. I mean, it, 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 that's some talent. Well, I'll tell you this. There was a, they, apparently she not only has a, a natural talent for this, but she even had to practice. She, she at first couldn't do it either, but she, Practice and practice and practice, and between her natural ability to do it and all the practice was able to. It's not something you can just, even if you, you're her, you couldn't just sit down and do it out of nowhere. Now, my, my question is this, in the, and again, please correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that in the Crockford case, they did not pay him. Yeah. Uh, the only thing he got was the money that he had, he, he wired to them on deposit, which was part of their initial agreement, you know, which is very normal when uh, high rollers will, will, negotiate whether it's a rebate or some sort of perk you know shopping trips for your wife or for you whatever it may be that they usually require you know an upfront deposit that's why people and also it helps people because they don't have to travel with that kind of money so you know you can always just wire money directly to the casino cage so crockford he wasn't paid except for i think it was a million dollars that he deposited but in the borgata case he received not only what he you know bought in for, but he, what what he won. Yes, and yes, that's what they're suing him. Yes, for. they're su- they're and, su- they're suing it to get the money back at Borgata, and then at Crockford, he's suing it to get it from them. And I have to think that at this point, how much was it in at Borgata again? Was the amount? I think it was eleven million. Do you think he has that kind of money? I mean, you have to think he gave her a percentage. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, know. He probably yeah. shot some of it off. And what is he even doing? He doesn't play. I mean, unless he's playing in Macau, which you know is entirely possible, but he's not playing. At Bobby's room, he's not playing in the Aria. Uh, where is he getting money from? What is he doing? He didn't play in the World Series. Not that you know, but even these high roller tournaments, where in years past he always was a presence. These hundred thousand well, dollars. I heard he was in Macau playing those really high games. So I don't know if he's still doing that or if he did well in them. But you know, there can be a lot of money in those Macau games. I'm sure you know. Yeah, but I mean, even someone like him. You know, he doesn't have unlimited money, and a lot of these guys do. I mean, at some point, even for someone like him, the money has to mean something. He has to be scared. I mean, you know, if he's sitting down with people that have $25, 50000000 million, I mean, back when these games were great, you know, that's what I heard, that there were people there, you know, businessmen and probably crime lords and who knows, God, you know, type of characters over these games. People were sitting with, you know, tens of millions of dollars. You know, that's probably why Durr went bust, just because he was so fearless, and that was his pr- approach. But, you know, when you have that much money, you know, it reminds me of that hand, uh, well, you know, whatever. There's a hand in high-stakes poker where this guy, uh, Rufkin, Rifkin, I think, Rifkin, Rufkin, he uh, he owns a treasure island now. And before yeah, that, yeah. he owned the Frontier. Yeah, Phil Rufkin. And uh, he called with, it was an, a, a, the final board was like an ace-high board, and he called, <clears throat> there was a king on the board. And he called with the king with no kicker. And it was a huge pot. It was like hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, but the thing you have to realize is for him, you know, he's not scared. I mean, you know, it's just the money doesn't mean anything. 
I mean, like it would for you or me. For him, you know, what would be eight hundred thousand? Maybe that'd be like five hundred dollars to, to to most normal people. So, I you know, I, I really kind of question how great these guys are really all doing. I mean, look at Durr. <clears throat> Durr's never going to recover. I mean, it's been years now. You know, he never even finished. Uh, who was the one guy that was? The jungle Man. That, uh, Daniel Cates. Uh-huh. It was Jungle Man, Daniel Cates. No, 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 I know. But who was the one guy that did that video calling Durr the biggest scammer ever in poker? Oh. We played it on here, and we were laughing at it. It was someone well-known. Oh, Doug Polk. Doug Polk. Yeah, okay. But anyhow, so people don't realize, it's been like five years now, and Durr's has been gone. You know, he, he, he doesn't play in Vegas. He doesn't, you know, people write that he doesn't respond to Texas. He hasn't paid debts. Um, kind of, It's kind of strange that he hasn't gotten, there hasn't been more of a public outcry. You know, the Jungle Man thing alone, I mean, he he was down millions to him, like two million, two and a half million. He just quit. You know, he, that hasn't resumed. Yeah, that, that'll never so, resume either. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying, to, to wrap things up here, I'm going to say within... Maybe a year to 18 months, we're going to start hearing some reports that Ivy's broke or he's having trouble, financial trouble. Now, granted, of course, he'll always be able to get staked and, you know, he'll never not get into a game. But, I mean, and I think we'll hear this because they're going to go after him and try to recoup this money, you know, the Borgata, and he's not going to be able to pay it. There's no way. He doesn't have $11 million or, you know, plus whatever the attorney. Did he get, you know, was it publicized? Was he ordered to pay attorney fees and? Anything I'm, I'm like not that. sure. Well, that could be in the millions as well. Well, uh, well I don't I mean, know. What do you think? You think he's going to be able to pay this? You think we'll never hear of, uh, another word I, about I, this? I, think it's, I, I, mean, I think it's possible that we will hear the financial troubles. They could be manufactured so he can get out of paying, or it could be real, or it could be both. Yeah. What about Ted Forrest? Was there ever a fa- – you know, that's what I hate. They have these amazing stories, and you never really – Yeah, you don't hear – I know. I hate that, too. I hate that also like, with – It's like you have – you know, he maybe he quietly went and paid. Maybe he surrendered, you know, to the police, and that was the last of it. What, no, there was never anything published. Other well, it's always like that. You, you hear about some other just non-gambling or poker-related crimes, and you, you want to hear what happened to that person. You, you, you have to search, and once in a while you'll find, like, a, a little paragraph about they were convicted. But you, you, you don't – usually get resolution to these stories and you kind of forget about them so. by the way we have our uh, our number one hot female listener is she's listening now yep to us. I, I i'm aware how, did, how are you aware i'm aware of everything okay how are you aware? is that chelsea <laughs> no it's uh she might be listening too uh but uh i we i, I just get made aware of things people tell me is she communicating with you as we speak, as she is with me? Is she playing both of us for fools? <laughs> I'm telling I, you how hot and sexy you are. No, we, 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 had, we had a call from, uh, she I was in the background you. of that one. Yeah. Well, she's listening now. Okay, so let's let's see what else I got here. Think of one more topic before we get to the general She stuff. says when she hears our voice, she starts pulling down her pants and begins masturbating. Okay. That's what she's texting me now. Okay, well, good to hear. Yeah, good to hear. <laughs> so, okay, Brian, so... Uh, by the way, she thought that woman on the line was a smug cunt, too. She <laughs> was actually happy I told her so. Really? Okay. Is that why she hung up, you think? Uh, yes, I think so. <laughs> I think she was kind of done with me also, but... Okay, so Brian Hastings, uh, he... He's oh, been, not this again. Come on. No, I want to talk about it. I, this is a part of whatever topic we're talking about. This is fun. I, I, then go take a break. I don't know what to say. 
We're, we're doing the topic. I'm not saying we're not doing it, but I want to do something fun. We just did a serious topic. Can we do a fun topic and then go back and do this? This is the next topic. We can't keep deviating here. What do you mean we can't? Of course we can. Who do we have to answer? But we have nothing to do. There's nothing. Have, I don't like the tone you're taking again. We, we have, there's nothing to do. What do you mean we have nothing to do? We don't have any topic plan that you would call fun. So we what can't about do like it. just maybe a catch up with Trader Ruski? See what he's been up to the last okay, week. Fine, maybe catch up some... with Trader Ruski. Go ahead, Trader Ruski. Um, <laughs> what have I been up to? It's not very fun yet. No, it isn't. You're right. Hey, I've been working. Time. I've been looking forward to the Brian Hastings segment. Oh God! Yeah, I got it. See, he's not always on your side. <laughs> no, Trader Ruski is supposed to be know, on a lot uh, aligned with I, me. I was kidding. I was kidding. But All right, with, with that, with the Eric Wright thing, what casino was that? Which thing? With the guy from Lock Poker. Oh, Eric Eric Lynch. Lynch. Eric Wright is the uh, Easy E. But uh, yeah, Eric Lynch was that. I don't know what casino it was. Just uh, he didn't say. Oh, but was it? In, it wasn't in Vegas, though, right? It was. No, I don't think so. It's probably somewhere in the Midwest or something. Where I think that's where Eric lives. Yeah, it's amazing these people just walk into games. It's great that that guy blew him up, but yeah, I'm sure he was rushing. I'm sure he ran to the car after that and got out of there. <laughs> I want to know how it ended. It just abruptly cut off at six minutes. Up, <laughs> oh, whose dog is that? Your dog, Brandon? No, that wasn't mine. I thought no, you I guess talk- that was no, little Katie. That was mine. That was okay, Katie. I, I think Katie wants to hear about uh, Brian Hastings. So, Brian Hastings, he's been going off hey, on... What? Tra- can I say one more thing? Trader Ruski. Uh-huh. The other... Trader Ruski, you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. Listen, so the other day, I went to Whole Foods. It was two days ago on uh, Monday, and I got... A couple deli items like, you know, some tuna salad. I like their tuna salad. I got like a sushi roll. Uh, I got a steak. Okay. I got a uh, a ribeye steak from their meat department. I got some shrimp from the seafood department and then some other small things. All in all, I had two two of those small paper bags that I walked out of the store with. How much do you think it cost for two small paper bags full of food from Whole Foods? Um. I only ask because I know you shop there as well. Two full bags, you know, yeah. one oh full paper bags. I'd say one fifteen thirty four. One hundred and forty eight dollars. Wow! And I'm almost out of it. Yeah. Now, anytime you know, I if I'm under a hundred there, I'm ha- very happy. Yeah, you know they say they call that place whole not Whole Foods. You know the nickname for it? Whole paycheck. Yeah, everyone, does everyone know that? <laughs> I'd never heard of that before, but someone said it the other day. Uh, you can go, okay, you, Jeff. You, you, can go to Co- you can go to Costco instead and save a lot of money. They don't. They don't got no good seafood. What about? Uh, you think I'm going to get my papayas from Costco? I like a fresh papaya, Druff. They have fresh fruit there. No, Brandon, fresh Brandon's papayas. dog doesn't eat any steak from Costco. He has to. No, he, he has to have. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. His dog has to have the very best steak. You're right. Absolutely. All right. You've been a good sport uh, with Tellus. We will talk about the Hastings. Okay. So, so uh, Brian Hastings, as you guys probably know, he was involved in a big multi-accounting scandal. He was. Uh, it was a pretty bad one because he bought the account of a fish, a big fish on Poker Stars, and played as the fish. So everyone would go rush to play that fish, and it was really Hastings, who not only is a good player, but also people were expecting the fish to play in the fish's style. So they wouldn't respect his bets as much and all that. So they, uh, people were very confused about why this fish kept beating them. They thought he was just getting lucky. It, t- it takes a while to realize that a, a fish has miraculously transformed into a really good player. And you're just assuming he's getting lucky or whatever, or he's just playing unpredictable. 
So Brian Hastings uh, did quite well playing under this Fish's account that he actually bought. And then uh, there was a secondary controversy that he had been claiming he was taking a break for poker and hadn't played mixed games in a while and then did bracelet bets based on that and and then won bracelets. and So there's a lot of anger toward him. And he was very defiant and arrogant with the people who really went after him about it, including uh, David Bakes Baker. Not the David Baker I feud with sometimes, but the, the younger one. Uh, he and da- Brian Hastings really went back and forth. And Brian Hastings basically said, F you, I don't care what you think. Uh, yeah, I, I did what I want. I'm fine with what I did. You know, too bad. That was, that was basically, he had a very defiant attitude, and I, I didn't like it. So, as, as Brandon would say, I didn't like his tone. So, uh, shock upon shocks, uh, Brian Hastings was a big Hillary supporter, and not, not just someone who voted for Hillary, because that's, you know, like half the country. But this is one of the people who was constantly going out there bashing Trump, uh, defending Hillary. He was doing it on Twitter. He was doing it on Facebook. Uh, someone who's actually been pretty outspoken, not so much for Trump, but against the Hillary people, has been uh, Brett Ritchie, Get Crunk. He's, you know, he and I are, are pretty much of the same view on this. I've actually been uh, uh, backing him on this on Facebook. But I, I get to see all these poker people on Brett Ritchie's page arguing with him, and one of them was Hastings. Hastings got really nasty with Brett Ritchie because uh, Brett was criticizing Hillary. And again, Brett was not really a, a Trump person himself. He was kind of saying, look, I, I see all the problems with Trump. I see why you don't like him. Kind of the same attitude I've been giving. So anyway, Hastings wrote this on November 6th. This was before the election, of course. This is after uh, Trump had his Twitter taken away from him by his own staff. So Brian Hastings wrote... Proud of Trump for gracefully allowing campaign staff to take over his Twitter account as we close in on Election Day. So I responded back, If anyone would be proud of someone taking over another person's account, nah, too easy. <laughs> so, so Brian Hastings is really pissed about this. and he's, I, I made a joke about him with uh, multi-accounting a few days before that. And so he writes, Do you even play poker anymore or just chirp? And then so someone wrote back to him, what does that have to do with your multi-accounting? And Brian Hastings wrote back, just seems petty for Todd to be taking cheap shots when I've apologized several times and he wasn't affected. So for some reason, I'm not allowed to have an opinion on this just because he didn't cheat me personally. Oh, he apologized and gave back all the money? The, the, he apologized several times. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's the extent of it. Yeah, you apologize, it goes away, apparently. So that, that was... Uh, now, Hastings, I don't know if it was partially... Related to what I had been saying, but Brian Hastings that same day, or the next morning at 4 a.m., wrote a long blog about why he supports Hillary and mentioned the multi-accounting, which I have to think might be perhaps uh, because he was thinking about what I wrote. So this is what's funny. He he actually wrote about the multi-accounting and how it relates to Hillary. This is what he wrote. I'm not going to read the whole blog, but I'm going to read the part about the multi-accounting. He said, but why do I, Brian Hastings, care so much about all this? Surely there must be plenty of others who are as horrified by Trump as I am, but have spent way less time worrying about it. Well, my answer is that I see parallels between my place in poker and this election. You'll understand in a second what he means. I think my multi-accounting scandal and Hillary's email scandal are similar. In my opinion, both of us had no malicious intention when we did it, 
For me, I longed for the days of online poker, but researched U.S. sites and decided I trusted none of them. Plus, when I tried moving to Canada, I became very depressed for a variety of reasons. For her, she realized that the government email server was clunky and knew she didn't have a more effective option. Yeah, that's exactly why Hillary did that. She she just used the the private email server and then deleted thirty three thousand emails before turning it over because uh, yeah it was clunky. The the government server. She wanted to use her own efficient server and not the the clunky government one. I'm sure that's the reason. Just just like a, I'm sure he he bought someone else's account that was a fish to play as a fish and not tell anyone about it because he didn't want to move to Canada because Canada is depressing. And come on. Uh, but we failed to consider the drawbacks carefully enough. In their shoes... Uh, oh, sorry, I put that. So he says, uh, uh, I honestly didn't realize the players with little to no playing history against me would feel so wronged. In their shoes, I wouldn't care. And when I did play online, I assumed others were doing this, but that doesn't make it right. For her, she didn't realize how easily her private server could be compromised and jeopardize national security. Well, two things here. First of all, it wasn't about people having history with him. It was about people having history with the fish. That was the big problem. It wasn't that he just showed up on some random account that people hadn't seen before. That's bad enough. But he was on an account that belonged to a fish. And that's a big difference to play as a known player who's really bad. Because everyone assumes that you are playing in the style of the fish and wants to play the fish. And you can really clobber someone that way. Because they're, they're playing very differently. And he knows that. He's not stupid. He knows that. So he's, he's totally dismissing the real concerns here. And as far as Hillary, it says that she didn't realize it could be compromised and jeopardize national security. He's missing the fact that she did it on her own email server, most likely so it couldn't be seen what she was doing. It prevented transparency. And that's why she deleted 33,000 emails before turning it over, because she was doing things on there she did not want seen. And anything she did on the government server would have been seen. That's the big problem. Not, not so much about the server being possibly compromised and jeopardizing national security. That's a concern, too. But th- this is the worst part. Is it wasn't just an honest mistake. It was likely to do things that you shouldn't be doing and not have anyone have any evidence of it or, or, or detect it. So he writes, Although I think I'm overall much a, a much more moral person than Hillary... That's nice. Uh, I think we're both sorry for these mistakes and genuinely wish we hadn't done them. Look, look, Brian, if you believe that you're way more moral than she is, and there's so many questions about your morality, then you're pretty much validating everything everyone said about Hillary, who's, who's her opponent. I mean, <laughs> you've been spending a lot of times, a lot of time, stating why Hillary's so wonderful and why people should vote for her. You weren't one of these people saying, "Yeah, I admit Hillary sucks," but. Uh, so does Trump. I'm picking the lesser of two evils. You, you were very much promoting Hillary. You were very much dismissive of anyone who was questioning Hillary. And yet you're saying that you're much more moral than she is, which should be the answer right there. So I thought it was funny he wrote this blog. And another big multi-accounter was a huge Hillary supporter. It's one in the past who hasn't done it recently to my knowledge, but Justin Bonomo, the ultimate social justice warrior of poker, was a big Hillary supporter. Are you seeing what's going on, by the way, now, Jeff, on the 101? Is someone blocking it? 
Oh, there's like a crowd of people. Lovely. Turn on Channel 5. Lovely. So so how many people are, like, so where is it blocked on the 101? You know, I, I turned it on before I went to go walk the dog, but. Well, okay, it was like a whole mob. I mean, it was. I hate that. I, I five hundred thousand people, ugh. maybe. It was crazy. I despise that. that it, no, which part of the one hundred and one is it? The valley? Is it downtown? No, it looked like it was probably you know around like probably between La Brea and downtown, maybe. I, I hate this new form of protest of blocking roads and freeways. I I, I despise it. No, that was the ten. Maybe just, the other side near Hollywood around there. I hate that. It has to stop. It has to stop. They, they need to. They need to take measures to stop this. I, I, I don't know if they, what, what they have to do. You shoot rubber bullets at them. I, whatever it is, you, you have to get them out of there. You cannot let them block freeways. It's a public safety issue. It's it's a public safety issue, and it's a, it's it's causing mass inconvenience. And I hate to use the word inconvenience because it sounds light, but a mass inconvenience and public a public danger if someone needs to use the road for emergency purposes by blocking a yeah, major what route. The ambulance is coming through. It's tough luck. They have to wait because the protest is more important. I hate protesters that decide our cause is more important than anything you have going on. Our cause is more important than your life. You cannot pass here. You're stuck. You're going to wait because we're protesting and we're more important than you are. That's what it is. That's what they're saying. So uh, even if even if you have to pass through because you have an emergency, tough luck. You're in an ambulance. You're going to die. You're, you're you're rushing. You're not in an ambulance. You're rushing someone to the hospital. You know what? What if what if uh, what if your dad, you're with your dad, you live with him, he's over, you're, you're visiting him, and he has a heart attack. You, you may choose to, to grab your dad, you know, put him in the car and speed to the hospital instead of wait for an ambulance to come. You don't have a siren, but you may think that's the quickest way to get him there. Well, if you run into that, tough luck. Your dad's going to die. And, yeah, this isn't going to happen every time there's a protest like that, but they don't know. You should never, never, never block a road as part of a protest. That is so selfish, it is so dangerous... You don't have that right. You don't have that right to interfere with other people's lives, interfere with other people's movement, because you feel that your protest is important. So I, I, I hate that. That needs to just be stopped. If the, you know, this is the type of thing. You know, I know Donald Trump is coming in on a federal level and not a, a state level, which has to handle things like this. But uh, if this ushers in a, a new sentiment where things like this aren't tolerated, that'll be great. That'll be great if they... Well, and it's so stupid. It's like it's over. What are they going to do? Yeah, that too. <laughs> it's not like they're protesting something that can make change. Right. You know, they're just acting like jackasses. That's proving everybody... That's just making everybody look at them like they're, you know... Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's true. There's nothing to be done. And they, they're being sore losers. And that's it. And everybody in their lifetime is going to have candidates win they don't like. Yeah, I mean, it was really, it was so close that whoever won, you know, 48% of the country or whatever was not going to be happy. Right. Yeah, so it, it's it's ridiculous. And to block the roads, though, is the worst. If they want, if people want to do stupid protests that aren't harming anything, I think it's a waste of time and it's dumb, but at least it's not harming anything. If you want to waste your time with that, fine. But when you're inconveniencing other people, and this is a new thing. This didn't used to go on. I remember when I was in college, uh, there were protests. But no one blocked me from moving anywhere. No one stood in the road. They, they protested. They, they made noise. They, you, you were aware they were there. You'd hear what they were saying. You'd see their signs. But they, you, they wouldn't stop you from going where you wanted to go. 
Yeah, with the web and social media, they can do everything from the comfort of their own home. Yeah, that too. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know what's this thing with blocking roads that started in the last few years. It's terrible. It's, it, this needs to stop, and there needs to be a harsh response to it. And and anyone who gets hurt during the harsh response, or uh, you know, tries to fight back and gets hurt, you know, if they sh- you know, if they need to warn them to disperse immediately. If they don't disperse, then take action to make them disperse. If they continue to fight back, then whatever happens, happens. Everyone. Their destiny is a product of what they do, and if you if you block public roads and you won't stop and you fight police to attempt to remove you and you get hurt or you get killed, tough luck. That was your own doing. No one's forcing you to be there. No one's forcing you to block the road and inconvenience everybody else and create dangerous situations for everybody else. It's a oh, I hate that. It, that gets me. And I, and I hate the people who, who apologize for it or, or say this is just protest. This is just, they compare it to the Boston Tea Party. It's not like the Boston Tea Party. It's, a, it's nothing like the Boston Tea Party. And that's that was from hundreds of years ago. Everybody can find something that they don't like, don't think is just, that they want to complain about or protest about. That doesn't make it the most important thing in the world. It makes it the most important thing to them. But everybody can't just pick their own thing that they are unhappy about and block roads for it. What about the member the donate button? Yeah, I, I could have, yeah, I could have blocked roads in Las Vegas because Mike on put a donate button on, on yep. uh, Dog Down. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I could have done that. I could have gone and blocked uh, Flamingo Boulevard, Flamingo Road, and said, you know, I'm, I'm not letting anyone pass through. No one's going to get to Bellagio today because uh, Mike on put a donate button up and didn't ask me. I could have done that. Yep. And Nobody like, would have. No one would have begrudged you. What, what was that, Raider Risky? I said, wait till he fucks something up, then protest. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean. Yeah, it's true. If he's so terrible, they should they should be able to protest quickly if he uh, messes something up, Tr- Donald Trump. So, yeah. Uh, well, that that kind of leads us into our next topic, and that is. Was this a fun topic? It, it's a uh, it's a political topic. Uh, For always fun topics, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, Brandon, you can turn anything into a fun topic. Yeah, <laughs> there, there we go. So. There's been a lot of question of why did Trump win? Was it because he had a lot of support? Was it because it was a vote against Hillary? Uh, what, what was the reason for this? And, and a, a theory that's been floating out there that I, I think I agree with somewhat is that, and this also might explain why the polling was so off mm-hmm. in some of these states, is that the arrogance and the shaming that was occurring uh, on the part of people on the left regarding anyone who was going to vote for Trump or who at the very least was just against Hillary, that uh, this was so prevalent and even prevalent in the media and in the entertainment industry that people were, uh, this is like a backlash against it, that people were so tired of this. You know what this reminds me of? One of my favorite uh, movies, politician, his name was Montgomery Brewster. Brewster's Millions are you talking about? Yeah. Remember what he... uh, (laughs) He ran for mayor of New York. Remember what his platform was? No. What was none it? of the above. Yeah, no, none of the above. That's right. None of the above. That's right. I remember that now. Yeah. It's a great movie. That, that was that was a pretty good movie. Good so, movie. so so yeah, they So the so the I think there was a backlash to everybody being beaten over the heads by people on social media, by the by the mainstream media, by the entertainment industry who's constantly putting out Trump bashing pieces. Everyone I think a lot of people were disgusted by 
how biased all these entities were, and even individuals who were on social media were, were trying to make you feel like a fool for voting for Trump, trying to make you feel like an asshole for voting for Trump, trying to make you feel like you're a racist and a homophobe and, 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 and uh, um, a horrible person if you dare vote for Trump. And if, if you, even if you didn't vote for Trump, if you're like me and just came out and said, look, I'm not a Trump supporter either, but look at all the problems with Hillary and they'd bite your head off and they'd go, they'd, they'd tell you it's a, it's a right wing conspiracy that's been going back decades that uh, she actually hasn't done anything wrong. It's, it's all the right wing media trying to destroy her because they, they can't stand a tough, uh, independent woman. Like it was so frustrating dealing with these people, and it's not just me. And nobody ever wanted to address the real issue. No, nobody she's wanted to address just a smug cunt. Yeah, no, no, right. So nobody would address that. <laughs> nobody would address anything she's done. And I think everyone got tired of it. I think there was, you know, Richard Nixon talked about many years ago the no silent, house? the the silent majority. The silent majority is a reference to people who are not very vocal publicly about their political views. But uh, if you add all these people together, actually make a majority who view things differently than you what you're hearing in the, me- in the about media. That statement you just mentioned Nixon, right? Yeah. Today, a uh, Trump biographer from the late '80s and '90s made public a letter that Richard Nixon had sent to Donald Trump in 1988. Funny enough, of all places, his wife—not even Richard Nixon, but his wife. Uh, saw him on the Phil Donahue, Phil Donahue, Donahue, yeah, mm-hmm. Phil Donahue show, and I guess they taped it or something, and then he watched it later, and wrote Trump a letter saying that he loved what he had to say. You know, he was on Phil Donahue talking about Reaganomics and other you know economy based issues, and that he believed that if he ever wanted to run for politics, he would win whatever office. I mean, I read the letter; it was actually kind of crazy. That uh, he would win whatever office he ever attempted to run for. Really? So, huh. yeah, interesting. Kind of strange. So, so anyway, yeah. So, so I think that there, there's still a silent majority now, and they, and they got tired of this. They got tired of all the shaming by the media and the the, the, uh, the entertainment industry and and people and Hillary supporters all over Twitter and Facebook who just they tried to make everyone feel so crappy for not voting for Hillary and and for daring to question anything about Hillary that she had done wrong. And I think this encouraged these people to show up to the polls. This encouraged people to want to support Trump despite his many flaws. I think this turned people off. I think it was a backlash. I, I think it's uh, almost like a rebellion against that. And I also think this is why the polls were wrong in some places, that pollsters would call up and say, who are you voting for? And the people they'd be calling, some of them would be so used to not wanting to admit they're voting for Trump because they're going to get attacked by someone they would just either say i'm undecided or uh or say hillary they just they they take the, none of the above yeah they take the easiest path like none of the above it could be one they didn't want to say Maybe trump you e- yourself is one of these people you so mentioned no Maybe i didn't you say you voted nobody but maybe you voted well, no, I, I i i wrote in uh, evan mcmullen is what i did so I, I I didn't vote uh for either of them now i'd be honest if i voted for trump and and i will say this after the since the election, you know, since it was starting to turn towards Trump, and I started really feeling like he's going to win, and it was around the time when I was texting with you, Brandon, yesterday, uh, I, I started to get kind of like a warm feeling, like I was happy with the result, and I'm thinking this is kind of weird because I'm not voting for Trump; he's not really like my guy. So, like, 
why why am I feeling kind of happy about this? Why am I getting like a warm feeling about this election? Why am I excited now about Trump winning when I, I had the attitude before I don't like either of them, I'm not supporting either of them, you know, whoever wins, wins. I, I, I thought to myself I'd rather see Trump win than Hillary, especially for uh, just reasons it's, it's my own party, but I, it wasn't even strong enough to vote for him. So I said, why, why do I feel this way? And then, then I realized it. I realized the reason I felt that way was because all these people, all these arrogant people, all these arrogant uh, individuals in the, in the media and the entertainment industry and the ones I dealt with on Facebook and the poker players who were uh, really obnoxious to anyone who dared question Hillary, I was happy that these people basically all got the middle finger from America. America gave the middle finger to all these people, all these arrogant people on the left who were telling you, you're not allowed to vote the way you want. You're, you're a horrible person if you vote for the other candidate. That, that was the message. If you vote for Trump or even just don't support Hillary, I, I had this too. I had people saying to me, like I'd say, I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not voting for him. They said, well, you're not voting for Hillary. I said, no, I'm not. Well, that's a vote for Trump. I go, no, it's not. That's not even mathematically true. If, if I don't vote for anybody, I just don't affect the election either way. If I vote, uh, like the best way to look at it is plus one, minus one, and zero. If you don't vote at all, you're a zero. If you vote for uh, the candidate they want, you're a plus one. If you vote against the candidate for the opponent, it's minus one. Meaning that uh, you know they cancel each other out. I'm not canceling anyone's vote out by not voting for either of those two candidates. So I just didn't affect it. But they, oh, you have to vote for Hillary. If you don't, you're a, you're a racist. You're enabling Trump to win. I, 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 it was impossible to deal with these people. It, it became not just you're voting for a candidate we don't like. It's that you're a horrible person for donating for voting for a candidate you don't like. And I, I've never said this about anyone who votes for a candidate I don't like. I can say I disagree, but I've never I've never made judgments about someone's uh, being a good person or a bad person for who they're voting for. But that, that's what we were getting consistently from the left, and I think this just made more people want to quietly go to the voting booth and vote for Trump. And this, so, so have you seen the Aaron Sorkin letter? Have you, have you either of you seen this today? That's the dude from the West Wing. Yeah, you're, you're, this is one of the dumbest things I've seen. Uh, let me, uh, he wrote, uh, just right away, you know this is uh, going to be a dumb letter. This is in Vanity Fair. Aaron Sorkin wrote an open letter to his 15-year-old daughter about the election. You know it's going to be self-indulgent crap right there. He, he's writing to his daughter. Actually, I guess his, uh, his daughter and uh, his daughter's, uh, I, I guess, his wife as well. It says, uh, The Oscar-winning screenwriter of The Social Network and the mastermind behind The West Wing reacts to Donald Trump being elected the 45th president of the U.S. in a moving letter written to his 15-year-old daughter, Roxy, and her mother, Julia Sorkin. So the, right, right away, this guy, you, you know you're going to read something terrible when you see this, because this is so self-indulgent and so uh, overly dramatic. Oh, I'm writing an open letter to the, the women in my family explaining Donald Trump. That's it's so just lame. So th- this is what he writes. He addresses, he starts off with Sorkin girls, comma. Well, the world changed last night in a way I couldn't protect us from. That's a terrible feeling for a father. I won't sugarcoat it. This is truly horrible. 
It's hardly the first time my candidate didn't win. In fact, it's the sixth time. But it's the first time that a thoroughly incompetent pig with dangerous ideas, a serious psychiatric disorder, no knowledge of the world, and no curiosity to learn has. And it wasn't just Donald Trump who won last night. It was his supporters, too. The Klan won last night. White nationalists, sexists, racists, and buffoons. Angry young white men who think rap music and Cinco de Mayo are a threat to their way of life or are a, the reason for their way of life. So he's saying Trump didn't just win. Just all, all the horrible people in this country won. The KKK, white supremacists, uh, people who e- either uh, think rap and Cinco de Mayo are, are horrible or ones who, who live to degrade it. That's what he's saying. That, that's who won. Anyone who voted for Trump, that, that's basically who you are, is what he's saying. And then, remember, this is a letter to his daughter. This isn't just like a, a post somewhere. This is like he's supposedly writing this to his 15-year-old daughter, but, but yet putting it out on Vanity, Vanity Fair. Uh, he says, they've all been given cause to celebrate. Men who have no right to call themselves that, and who think that women who aspire to be more than looking hot are shrill, ugly, and otherwise worthy of our scorn rather than our admiration, struck a blow for misogynistic shitheads everywhere. So he, he thinks that the reason that people didn't vote for Hillary is because she's not hot. And, uh, and because people call her shrill, because she aspires to be more than just a hot chick. And she's worthy of our scorn for that reason. He, not because Hillary's done you know, so many bad things and so many shady things and broken the law so many times uh, in, in her decades in politics. No, it's because uh, she's not trying to look hot. And, we, and, and th- therefore, we're, we're judging her in this way. She is shrill, though. I'll give him that. Uh, hate was given hope. Abject dumbness was glamorized as the fresh voice of an outsider who's going to shake things up. Did anyone bother to ask how? Or is he going to rearrange the chairs in the Roosevelt Room? For the next four years, the President of the United States, the same office held by Washington and Jefferson, Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt, FDR, JFK, and Barack Obama. I love how he throws Obama in with those like revered historical figures. Obama's in there with the rest of them. Uh, will be held by a man-boy who will spend his hours exacting Twitter vengeance against all those who criticize him, and those numbers will be legion. We've embarrassed ourselves in front of our children and the world. And the world took no time to react. The Dow futures dropped 7,000 points overnight. Economists are predicting a deep and prolonged recession. Well, today the, the, the stock market didn't do anything. It, it didn't react today. And, and even Bitcoin, people say, oh, Bitcoin's going to shoot way up. Yeah, it, it had a small bump and then fell back down. That didn't go anywhere. Economists are predicting a deep and prolonged recession. Our NATO allies are in a state of legitimate fear. And speaking of fear, Muslim Americans, Mexican Americans, and African Americans are shaking in their shoes. How does he know this? He's a rich white guy. And we'd be right to note that many of Donald Trump's fans are not fans of Jews. So he's trying to get the Jews scared, too. Brandon, are you scared right now? Because uh, Donald Trump's fans are supposedly not fans of Jews? Are you scared? That's your fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm shaking my boots like he's explaining. On the other hand, there is a party going on at ISIS right now in, in their headquarters. Uh what wouldn't we give to trade this small fraction of a man for Richard Nixon right now? Oh, there we go. We got Richard Nixon again. Uh, so what do we do? First of all, we remember that we're not alone. A hundred people, a hundred million people in America and a billion more around the world feel exactly the same as we do. Second, we get out of bed. 
The Trumpsters want to see people like us, Jewish, coastal elites, educated, socially progressive Hollywood, sobbing and walking into, sobbing and wailing and talking about moving to Canada. I won't give them that, and neither will you. Well, you are. That's what, exactly what you're doing. <laughs> you are giving them that. That's this. This is a letter crying about the election results. That, that that's exactly what you're doing here. Uh, here's what we will do. We'll fucking fight. And then this is the worst part of the letter. He puts in parentheses because he just wrote, "We'll fucking fight." Okay. So remember, this is to his 15 year old daughter. So now he's got to make sure everybody understands why he's using this language to his 15 year old daughter. He says, Roxy, there's a time for this kind of language, and it's now. So he's, he's given that little note to Roxy that uh, I don't usually talk this way, Roxy, but this is the time. We've got to bring out the word fuck right now. We're not powerless, and we're not voiceless. We don't have majorities in the House and Senate, but we do have representatives there. It's also good to remember that most of... that most members of Trump's own party feel the exact same way about him that we do. We make sure that the party, that the people we sent to Washington, including Kamala Harris, take our strength with them and never take a day off. Well, look, have you stopped for a second, Mr. Sorkin, to think about if most people in Trump's party, the Republicans, think this way of him, and definitely just about all Democrats do, how did he win? How did he win then? Shouldn't he have lost, like, uh, in the biggest landslide ever? Hillary once said, I should be 50 points up right now. She once uh, infamously said that. That's basically what it would be if it was the way you're describing here. Have you noticed why this happened? It's because your candidate, Hillary Clinton, who you said everyone hates just because they're misogynists, everyone hated for many other reasons many valid reasons. And that's why they went to Trump. And they went to Trump because of people like you writing things like this. This this is exactly why. This type of letter is exactly why people rebelled against the media and the entertainment industry. He doesn't get that. He's like he's like writing this letter not understanding that this letter, this exact type of thing is what drove people to Trump. So he writes, we get involved. We do what we can to fight injustice anywhere we see it. And I think he's a superhero or something. Uh, whether it's writing a check or rolling up our sleeves. Our family is fairly insulated for the, from the effects of a Trump presidency. Oh, you think? Your super rich family? Super rich Hollywood family? Uh, so we fight for the families that aren't. We fight for a woman to keep her right to choose. We fight for the First Amendment, and we fight the most for equality, not for a guarantee of equal outcomes, but for equal opportunities. We stand up. Where are these things coming from? I haven't heard Trump saying that... Uh, you know he's going to fight Roe versus Wade and end abortion. In fact, something about Trump—he's not religious. He's—he's he's the only candidate that anyone remembers in recent memory that didn't say "God bless America" in his acceptance speech. He's—he's he's not religious. I don't think he's going to cater to the religious right. I don't think he cares about them. I'm not—I'm not saying this to defend Trump. It's just—that's one of the good things about him is that he doesn't seem to give a crap about the religious right. So he writes, uh, America didn't, get, didn't stop being America last night, and we didn't stop being Americans. And here's the thing about Americans. Our darkest days have always, always been following by our, followed by our finest hours. Again, remember, he's writing this to his 15-year-old daughter, supposedly. Roxy, I know my predictions have let you down in the past, but personally, I don't think this guy can make it a year without committing an impeachable crime. If he does manage to be a douche nozzle without breaking the law for four years, we'll make it through these four years. 
and three years from now we'll fight like hell for our candidate and we'll, we'll win and they'll lose and this time they'll lose for good. Honey, it'll be your first vote. The battle isn't over, it's just begun. Grandpa fought in World War II and when he came home this country handed him an opportunity to make a great life for his family. I will not hand his granddaughter a country shaped by hateful and stupid men. Your tears last night woke me up and I'll never go to sleep on you again. Come on. His, her tears woke him up and he'll never go to sleep. Do, do you think he was awakened at the middle of the night by his, his daughter sobbing? Do, do, you there's, do you think there's any chance that happened? What do you think, Brandon? I think Brandon went to go feed the dog. I'm cooking a steak. Oh, you're cooking a steak. Do, do you think Aaron Sorkin was woken up in the middle of the night? He's in a uh, deep sleep and he's <laughs> three in the morning. He gets up and his daughter is bawling. What's wrong, no. honey? I, I, I just, just, just tell Hillary didn't win. <laughs> no. no, no. There's zero chance that happened. This, this isn't even real. A real letter to his daughter. He, he this is just something self-indulgent he's writing there. And, and he, he he used his daughter for this. He instead of just writing, this is an editorial, uh, and I'm, I'm telling you guys what to think. It's it's, it's disguised as a, a concerned letter for his daughter's uh, emotional well-being. And this, this is exactly what people don't want to see. This is this is what's pissing everyone off is to read things like this. Uh, we have a user on Poker Fraud Alert who posts under Lord of the Fraud. He's a, an English guy. I, I've never met him, but he's an English guy. And he makes no secret of the fact that he hates America and he doesn't have any respect for America. And something interesting he posted, and by the way, he hates Trump too, but he posted that it was clear to him from watching from the outside, from England, that there was a terrible media bias against Donald Trump. A terrible media and entertainment bias, and that this should never be allowed to happen, is what he said, for the media to behave this way. This is from someone who doesn't like America and does not like Trump. And he noticed a, a massive media bias to where it, it pissed him off. Like, he just felt like it's unfair. He's like, I may hate Trump, but this isn't fair to do to him. So, like, this, this is what people don't want to see. He doesn't understand, like, Aaron Sorkin doesn't understand this. He just, if they, if they lack this inter- introspection on the left, they're going to keep losing. So, someone I saw responded to the, the tweet that Vanity Fair put out promoting this, saying that, uh, that, that every left-leaning celebrity should write a letter like this. This would be... Uh, uh, Pretty much a perfect uh, campaign ad to vote for the GOP, and it really is. It's just uh, such an obnoxious letter, and I knew it would be from the second I saw it's a letter to his daughter. I knew it would be obnoxious. If you have something to say, just say it. If you if you want to give your opinion of the election, just give it. Don't don't disguise it as a letter to your daughter. That uh, it's just this 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 phony. I, I'm so concerned for the well being of our country. I'm so concerned for our children. It's it's it's. BS to tug at your heartstrings. It's manipulative. It's manipulative because they they bring children into it to try to make you be more emotional about what they're writing, to be more receptive to what they're writing. Because he thinks, okay, I'm just this older, rich, white guy telling you how you should feel about the election. 
and you're not going to want to listen to me because I'm an older, rich white guy and you can't relate to me. And, you know, and, uh, you know, how can I even act like I'm so upset when, you know, my life is so great otherwise. So, so it has to be a letter to his daughters. You go, Oh, he's concerned about the future for his young daughter. Okay. Well, this is a good father. Who's, who's just worried for his kid, but it's, it's, it's just him exploiting his daughter for this purpose. It's, it's so stupid. I, I guarantee I'm never going to write an open letter to Benjamin out here to express uh, dismay about politics. Never. Uh, Bobby Orr texted me or messaged me on the chat room. There's plenty of vitriol from the right. Uh, you're like listening to Fox News. There was vitriol from the right. I'm not denying that. But uh, it, it was... It wasn't as prevalent and it was a little bit different. What I saw from the right was, yeah, we admit Trump is a flawed candidate. We admit he has a lot of problems. We admit he has a lot of uh, issues. But uh, despite that, we think he's a much better choice. Or despite that, I think he's going to do a good job. The left is like... What? Nothing's wrong with Hillary. She's great. This is all made up. Like that—that's what I'm talking about. I, I know the right was was bashing Hillary a lot. I know the the right was bashing liberals a lot, and that's we're going to have that on both sides always. And that's I'm not saying that can't exist. It will exist. But I, I I didn't like the way it was going. They were going about it. And I didn't like the denial and the delusion that was existing from a lot of people on the left. I'm not saying everybody. There were some people on the left who were honest about it and said. Yeah, I, I don't like Hillary. I think she, all the accusations about her are probably true, but despite that, I still feel safer having her the president than Trump. Fine, fine. You know, I, I know people who've said that and who did that and voted that way, and that's fine. And I can understand it. I just, but they also didn't have the, uh, you know, Trump didn't have the whole media and entertainment industry on his side either, trying to influence the election, and that's uh, that's what I really don't like. I I just don't like how the media and entertainment industries believe that they wield the power, that they can decide who's going to be president. They can take it upon themselves to make sure their preferred candidate gets elected using all of their resources to do so. It's, it's not their place to do it. They're interfering with the process. I don't like it. it shouldn't happen. Uh, Bobby Orr saying, what, what about the, chat, the chanting at the acceptance speech last night? We hate Muslims. We hate blacks. We want our country back. I didn't hear about that. Uh, if some idiots were chanting that, whatever. You're going you're gonna to have a few people like that. You know, you're going to have a small minority of people who, who still, feel, still feel that way. But that, that's not representative of the average Republican or Trump supporter. It just isn't. Uh, that's, that's, I, I'm not criticizing a few fringe elements on the left that are doing things that most of the party would not agree with. I'm talking about the, the mainstream. Okay, we have a caller. Hello. Hello? Yes. Hey, is this Truff? Yes. Hey, Truff, it's Big Dick. Big Dick, hello. So you called in last night, and uh, then we kind of, you kind of just fell off, and we never heard from you again. Yeah, I was making food and stuff, and then uh, I just kind of had some other things to go with, punching holes in the wall and things like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so so what, so what do you want to say besides uh, punching holes in your wall? Okay, well, I want to say one thing about what you just said about uh, 
how people were. Uh, I, I think people you, were, you have to turn off the radio in the background. Were, I think. Yeah, I just did. Okay. How people were chanting, you know, down with the niggers or whatever they were saying at uh, his acceptance speech. I can just say from experience, like you said, there's a lot of people aren't like that who support him. But as you know, I live in Chicago, and my in-laws are all Trump supporters, as is pretty much every Trump supporter I know, like that I grew up with. Every single last one of them is a fucking racist. Every last one of them. They might not be huge racists. They're not, you know, dressing up in KKK outfits or whatever, you know, burning crosses. But they don't like black people. They don't like living near them. And they don't like Mexicans with, you know, regards to the economy. And they blame Mexicans for everything. And that's the so are they going to help build the wall? What's that? So they're going to help build the wall? Well, I guess who else is going to build it? <laughs> White people to build it. Yeah, well, look, I, there's... Uh... There's, there's there's varying degrees of this. There's there's people who hold some racist views but aren't going to uh, really do much with the racist views. They're not going to really have it affect the way they behave. They just kind of privately hold them. There's those who are uh, a little bit more racist than that. There's those who are the, ra- the fanatical racists, which are only a small percentage. But uh, so, and also your in-laws, you probably get to hear a lot more from them about the, the way they feel about minorities than they would normally expressed to others because you're part of their family, even if it's, uh, if it's just in-laws. Sure. So, so I'm, yeah. I'm just saying that uh, I don't think that this that there's this narrative that, oh, it's the white people they're fighting back. They're, they're mad there was a black president for eight years. This is their way of revenge. And I, that would have shown itself four years ago when, when Barack Obama was, was running a second time. And it didn't. And Barack Obama won again. The uh, th- this isn't a backlash against uh, Obama being a, a black president, and it's I, I don't think this is about racism, and I, I don't think this has ever been about racism. I, I think even Trump's racist statements were more of of just kind of uh, angry and uh, sort of I, I don't know if I should say ignorant, but which just kind of uh, ill advised statements to make, like you know, like he, he's just reactive. He, he's he's kind of a tilt he's monkey. A, he's Trump. A bigot. Well, he's, he's a I, I think he's more of like yeah, a tilt monkey. Be a racist, but he's a bigot. He's he spent you know the, the, before he was running for president, there there were a lot of people that uh, he did business with, he was involved with that, that were black, that were Mexican. It, he was never accused of really being a racist until recently when he was running, and I think it's just like there's some Mexican guy pisses him off, and that's kind of where he goes. Like, oh, you know, you can't listen to this guy; he's Mexican. He, his opinion doesn't matter. Like, he'll say things like that. Uh, like he can't be fair because he's Mexican. This is about uh, you know it's known that uh, Mexicans don't like me, so he's doing this because he's Mexican. Like with that judge, uh, things like that. It's it's him kind of. It's almost like think of him like on a on a message forum, and he's trying to find something to bash someone who's his opponent. And it doesn't necessarily mean he deep down feels this way. He's just trying to find something to attack someone with, and he shouldn't be doing it. And it's not a presidential thing to be doing, and he shouldn't have done it. And this is one of the many dumb things he did. But there's a difference between the willingness to do things like that and actually having real racist feelings that's going to influence the way you govern. And I, I, I don't, I don't know Trump. I wasn't a, a supporter of his and I, but I just, I don't think racism is a real concern with his presidency. I don't, I don't think his presidency is going to reflect racism. I, I really don't. I disagree. I, I think it's, I think, most of, a lot of his supporters are 
with him because they're tired of low wage jobs and they blame Mexicans for it. Well, that's that's not racism. That's 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 more just blaming. That's blaming a certain group of people, which uh, you know, even if they're incorrect, they they think they're correct. They think they're blaming something that's. Uh, if if okay, so let let's say it is it was correct that people came in from other countries illegally, and and then their jobs weren't plentiful anymore, and they lost their job to somebody else who was here illegally. That's that's not so much racism. That's that's frustration over something they perceived was unfair to them. And even if their perception's right. wrong, it's not racism. It's just it's just a belief that a certain group caused them grief, and uh, and that it's affecting their life negatively. That's not really racism. Racism is like saying, "Oh, this this guy's black. He must be stupid, or he must be a criminal." Like that, that that's racism because you're just assuming something about a person because of the color of their skin. That's different than being angry about an action that was taken by a certain group that happens, you know, that happens to be a different race. I think a lot of, um, I think a lot of people, a lot of, especially a lot of white men, a lot of white males, you know, 40 year old guys are, are blaming, are, like you said, are looking for something to blame, someone to blame, and they're looking to get behind someone. But see, the thing is with these guys who are behind Trump and now, you know, uh, all three branches are controlled by Republicans, Right. The GOP controls everything now. Basically. Yes. So, like, I just made a post saying this, but if you make 50K a year and you support the GOP, you're kind of a dipshit, you know? You're, you're, you're not really, you're, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. I wouldn't say that. They always, they, they try to lower the taxes for everyone. They're not, they're not trying yeah, to. Doesn't, 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 uh, people make less money while Republicans are in office. They're anti-union, they're anti, completely anti-labor because they own the companies. So they don't want to pay people. They don't want to pay, you know... See, I'm telling you, a lot, of, a lot of that's a stereotype. A lot of that's just not true. Uh, they're anti-union, but that's... Uh, that's so it's not, it's, not true that, it's not true that wages went down from 2000 to 2008, and it's not true... Oh, I, I, I'll tell you why they went down. There was, a, there was for the first time in nearly 15 years. There, there was a recession that began in 2000 as a result uh, mostly of the dot-com bust, and then, then after September 11th, we had a, the whole situation was even uh, worsened. So that's... The, these, these economic factors... Uh, are very hard to attach to the president or a particular party because a lot of times they're either from just uh, cyclical factors or from outside factors like uh, like nine eleven or or, or, or a, a boom and a bust of a certain influential industry, and that's that's you know these things were already. Uh, it, like the dot com bust that was going to affect the economy big time, that was going to happen no matter who was president in in, yeah, in two thousand. Yeah. In, 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 in well, two thousand eight, like right to work states and things like that. Like the governors from these states, like in Michigan, Schneider, I think his name is. You know uh, that other piece of shit with Scott Walker. You know, these guys, as soon as they got in, as soon as they became governors of their state of Michigan and Wisconsin, the first thing these fuckers did was get rid of the right to work uh, act. Which effectively makes unions powerless, basically. So how can you say that that they're not really that the the GOP isn't really targeting unions? They're well, absolutely targeting. Well, no, they they are they, they are targeting unions. People, man. They they are they are targeting unions, but it's it's not for the reason you think. They I, they believe they're that targeting the, unions, so they put more money in their pocket. They, they believe that the unions have. Uh, gone too far they've outlived their usefulness and are actually harming workers uh, and in fact uh, and they're creating an inequitable situation where, where certain well, workers have more rights than others correct about that they would be incorrect about that because I, I don't think i think they know better that that's that's not why they want to get rid of unions 
they want to get rid of unions because you don't have any bargaining power. You can't, you could tell, you could fire a guy in a spot, get the fuck out of here, you're gone. You know, you can't do that if you're in a union. Well, but the, the thing is, it's, it's a double-edged sword, though. It's a double-edged sword, and I've, I've experienced this personally. There's, there's uh, the, the good side of the unions that uh, prevent uh, people from just being seen as expendable, where they just get dropped out of nowhere for very frivolous reasons. Uh, and, but then there's the, the bad side, is that people knowing they can't be fired do a poor job, and know that, especially once they have seniority, uh, and then uh, the, the company... Cover- right, right. That's, I know that's one of your, your gripes. I've seen it personally. Because you said it's some, some store you were at. Or no, I've seen it a lot. I've seen it, I've seen it over decades for, in different ways. I've seen the teachers' union problems with that. I've seen, uh, I went to public school, so I saw it happen with the teachers' union. I've seen it happen so with... I've seen it happen with uh, with unions, as you said, like at supermarkets where there's a, a market difference. I also, in how, have, I also have a wife who won Teacher of the Year Award at her school, and she's been there for 15 years. She has a double master's degree. Guess what she makes? Guess how much she pays? Or, sorry, guess how much she makes a year? What? She makes $40,000 a year. Oh, she should move over she here. You know, you know you know, what the teachers make over here? Well, she teaches at a Catholic school, but, yeah. which is all non-union. You know, if she, was, if she was working for any of the state schools, she'd be making 75000 Oh, she doesn't have a pension either. So she'd be making seventy five grand with the pension and everything. Well, why didn't she work she at one of those schools? Why doesn't she go there? You know what? She's com- she teaches all girls. She's comfortable. She's very well respected where she's at. You know, she likes the kids. The kids are polite. They're not public school. You know, they're Catholic school. They're uh, still so raised pretty yeah. well by their by their parents. And well, I, I can see why she'd prefer that if if, if it's, she's going to have to teach at a, a rough school where where the kids are going right. to be well, a problem. She's also, like five one blonde. You know, she's, you know, I'll say blonde. Well, attractive, you know, so like she's not going to fit into well working the Chicago Public School in the you know at 16th and Garfield or whatever, you know what I mean? So that's another reason. Yeah, well, she uh, she's been no, they, they, she works her ass off. She comes home and grades papers for hours. She takes, she answers emails at five o'clock in the morning before school to help the kids. I mean, she's you know, like I said, she won an award for Teacher of the Year. I think out of like 68 teachers there. Who may I ask is calling? This is Big Dick. Big Cock? Yeah, Big Dick. Get close. Oh, Big Dick. Hey, Big Dick. Hey, how's it going? Who's this? <laughs> this is Drexel. Hey, Drexel. You know, both my parents were teachers, my mom and my dad. Oh, yeah? Yep. Where at? Uh, South Florida. Well, my dad was was, in, was a uh, administrator for the school board, but he started off as a teacher, and he... Uh, was a teacher for, up. yeah, worked his way up, and he retired right. in 2006 after 40 years, I think. But back then, I don't know how, it, you know, it's really funny because he tells me the same kind of things that, that you were just saying, like what first-year teachers make or five-year teacher with a master's. And out here, it's mm-hmm. pathetic. It's, it's like 27000 a year for a first-year teacher. Where In public um, schools or private? In Las Vegas, in, in public schools. Really? Because around, here, the, around here, the teachers make a lot of money. They've been. I mean, not, not like not like huge money, but way more than that. Way more. Yeah, they've been talking in the press for quite some time. Well, Nevada's been historically low, anyhow. But they've been talking in the press for quite some time about trying to find incentives to get teachers, you know, to, to either come here or to you know the homegrown talent go to college and become a teacher because there, there's a huge. There's been a massive shortage on teachers in the state of Nevada. Well, I, I see why. If they're, if they're paying them 27000 yeah. I see why. Yeah, and, and I always say to, to my dad when he brings this up to me, how can you even live? Like, how could I mean, unless you have a husband 
you know, or, or, or you know, some sort of support system. How can you live off twenty seven thousand a year? That's crazy. In, in California, you can actually search out uh, any public employee uh, of what they're uh, online. You can search what they're making. So I, I was able to see the the public school teachers around here uh, are actually. Th- this district has money, so that helps too. But the, this district, they uh, well, you live in, in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Well, so, so this district, they, the public school teachers, the ones that have been there a while, get like eighty five thousand a year plus benefits. That's pretty damn good, especially Jeez. since they get. Three- My wife's making forty and living in Chicago. You know, the cost of living in Chicago is outrageous. Yeah. So like 40 out here is probably, I would say, somewhere around 27, 30 out in Vegas. Yeah, and these, these, well, I'm probably not in, similar, you know? Yeah, I'm not in Vegas, but like, like the the no, job. No, fucking the Yeah, the job, the jobs where I am here, this, these are great jobs to have because number one, you get paid well, and number two, these are not rough schools by any means. You yeah, have, but like, you know what? In all fairness, I know where you live, and you live in one of the wealthiest parts of of the whole United States. I saw the median income. When you first told me, I'm not going to say where you live, of course, but when you told me the city you live in, I Googled it, and it was, it was like, I think the median income was like 112000 a year. It was ridiculous. So that's a bad comparison. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that's why the, the teachers want to teach here, because you don't have the gang members in the schools, and, and you get paid well. Yeah. So it's, it's an easy job, and it's uh, and you get well, paid well. you know what? It must be nice, Todd. Is I think, that what you're I think, to I say? think you should step that one back. Teaching is definitely not an easy job. But teaching is anything but easy. No, I mean compared. I'm talking, saying compared to the uh, the teaching jobs in, in tougher oh, schools. Okay, gotcha. I was to say because teaching. I mean, he's talking I like dangerous minds. Like teacher, you know, I was always in trouble and shit when I was a kid. Like Michelle um, Pfeiffer, remember Dangerous Minds with Coolio? Like yeah, that. That, yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't happen over here. That would not happen. That was out in Richfield, Rich Creek. Where were they making the sequel? Oh, in Richcrest, yeah. Richcrest, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but listen, you know, my dad is retired now, and he okay. gets he gets. Besides Social Security and other investments, he gets about like I think eighty, eighty-five thousand a year from his pension. He retired early too. He was in some. I think it's called a drop program where he retired like three or five years before he could have if he wanted to stay longer. Um, but I mean, you know, to be that kind of age, out, kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of bought him out like, salary with high. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's what they did. They bought they him out. He, to bring him in for less. Yeah. Yep. And then he got to sell back all his sick days, and that's another thing. I don't know how that works now, but. Back then in South Florida, you got a quite a number of sick days a year. It was maybe like twenty or thirty, and you know, counting personal days. And if you don't use them, you can sell them back when you retire at your rate. I think it's like at your rate plus half, or, or I don't know. Everywhere is different, but uh, he ended up getting you know six figures, like way plus, just from like forty years of never using sick days oh, or wow. personal days. That's good. So and he and he never worked you know during the summer. That's another perk. You have yeah, that, that's a big perk, perk for the teachers. That's that's two and a half, yeah. Thing, yeah, with the summer being off. You know, there's, the, there's, the, I know there's the, there's the saying about teachers. They say, "What's, the, what's your favorite part of the job?" And they say, "June, July, and August." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but you know, my wife actually, you know, she, she legitimately cares about her students. You know, she, my wife was like born to be a teacher. You know, she's just that kind of person. She's always helping people. She's just that way. She likes to help people. She likes teaching. She likes giving these kids a good education you know she she feels when these kids come back they always come back to see her oh you know years later i mean she's got kids who come back from when she first started teaching they come back to see her they bring her gifts they big dick if you don't mind me asking coffee yes big dick what do you do for a living play poker he, he, not only does he play poker on, on uh, bodog back in 2010 i'm a union i'm a union iron worker i was a union iron worker for uh 
nine years, 11 years, 12 years. Oh, wow. And, and so back, based on her yeah. income and yours alone, are you both able to live comfortably? We don't use her income. We save all. We put everything she makes into 401k. Well, oh, we good. maxed out her 401k, so we don't really get much of uh, her, you know, salary, which is shit anyway. Um, we figure we're better off putting in a 401k. At least we're getting interest on it and stuff, compounding interest. And then we use her health insurance, but you know, I, I pay for everything. Yeah, Big Dick is actually a good uh, no limit cash player. We we uh, we ran into each other on Bodog, but he didn't know who I was, and I didn't know who he was, but uh, he, he absolutely hated me on Bodog back in the day. He, he despised me. Because yeah. I, I was... Well, uh, yeah, I didn't like some of the shit he did, you know? <laughs> but, uh, but then he, he only found out later... Like he, the, 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 the funny thing is he, he joined Poker Fraud Alert not even knowing I was the guy on Bodog he hated, and then only figured it out later. When I was talking about like, because I was like talking about the no limit game, how they flash uh, flood, yeah, flash flood. I was flash flood. Yeah, yeah, you were like number one on my list, man. The guys I wanted to fucking kill. Yeah, and <laughs> you, and a few of my friends on there too. Man, I played with they, they, they don't like you too much either. You know, I know the no, the no limit players hated me on there, and I was. Uh, uh, well, I just don't see you know when I see a guy. Okay, I can name a guy. I, I can't remember his name, but this is going back to like 2011, 2012. And I used to talk to this guy in chat, you know, and he'd play, he'd play a couple tables of 510. And, you know, he'd talk about pouring a drink, you know. And, uh, you know, it's like, then they see, you know, I, I had another friend in there who kind of did that shit with hot seats and things like that. And I saw him do it, you know. And I said, hey, man, what the fuck are you doing that shit for? I mean, this guy's trying to have, he's got money, he's trying to enjoy his evening, he's winding up, and he's having a good time. Like, you don't want to make the guy feel like a victim. You don't want to make the guy, you know feel like shit. And I, yeah, I mean, I get it's kind of hypocritical of me because I am there to win money off the guy. But honestly, it's not just, not everything's about money. You know, it's, it's, the guy's a human being. The guy wants to, the, the, the guy wants to sit down and enjoy himself. He doesn't want to feel like a target. He doesn't want to feel like a, He's being taken advantage of. Nobody wants to feel like they're being taken advantage. Well, it was. See, it was a different. I, I explained this before. It was a a different culture in the limit and no limit it's worlds limit. on there. And the limit, this, the, I mean, dating back years since the beginning of limit and online poker, that was that was just how it went. If when, when the fish busted, everyone would sit out, and and uh, and then they wouldn't play each other. And that's other than the people who really wanted to, to gamble. So this. This was what I was used to, and then when I did it at No Limit, they all got really mad at me, and they didn't know it was me. That was just uh, Flash Flood on there, and and people could. Look, I had no idea. You know, yeah, and, never put two and two together. And, and I and then they were uh, they especially I think got mad because they you know they could look up on the poker table rating site how people did, so they'd look me up and see that I was the number one Limit winner on there, and they were. Uh, yeah, they get pissed. Like, oh, you want so much money in limits? You know why you have to act this way I, over here? I actually never even checked. Oh, you didn't check on it? Yeah, no, I was. The, I just, you know. I just saw this guy. I just knew you played Lemon. I saw this guy who came in hopping seats on guys and shit, and I just couldn't stand it. Yeah, well, I knew you played Lemon because you see that every single time you. Yeah, well, I, I learned. I learned from you guys. Like, like, fortunately, you, you guys, since you guys hated me, seventy percent is probably about up. Since, since you guys, since you guys hated me so much, you you make fun of me when I would. You made fun of me when I would do things like continuation bet too much, and then I, I would learn. I go, okay, they're, they're they're making fun of me. They're probably right about this. I bet I better change this. Like I actually, I actually learned from the, the. It wasn't advice given to be nice. It was advice to make fun of me, and then I like I I learned from it. I said, okay, I can't do this anymore. And uh, I gave you thirteen hundred or fourteen hundred dollars one night out of spite. I can like remember it like it was yesterday, just doing something really stupid against you in a hand, like where you had like the nuts and. uh you know, just out of spite. Just I fucking hated this guy so much. I wanted to just fucking make your life as 
miserable as possible. Well, thank you. And it didn't, <laughs> it didn't work out too well for me, <laughs> you know. But uh, I remember you getting me one time. Like well, you, I, you know what? I remember. If you make it feel better, I remember you sat in a limit game uh, on a rare occasion, and uh, you. Uh, you ran very well there. Like I was like, "Oh, great! He's sitting in limit now. I'm going to kill him." And then, uh, and then he ran really well, and I lost against you. And I was all frustrated. It wasn't heads up. It was I like don't a, remember playing a limit. It was like a, it was like a, a, heads up all the time. I, I think I think <laughs> I think like six. Uh, like it was a six match. He sat in just once on the. I forgot why, but uh, yeah, I, I managed to make some money playing limit because the players were so bad. God, I don't even know how to play limit. I would just play these guys at thirty six. It was like, oh yeah, my God, so, so, the yes. worst players I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, some of them were. were some of them were awful. That's that's for there sure. There was one guy from San Francisco, he had a, and he had a Forty ers avatar. God, what was his name? It's going back like six years. He's got to be the worst poker player I ever played poker with. I, mean, I just couldn't believe how bad this guy was. And I was playing six women with him. You know, I guess some of these guys seemed like they were trying to give their money away. Yeah, it, it was surprising. I, I wondered that sometimes too. Like, who are these guys I'm playing against? Like, how are they this bad? But some of them were. It was it was nice. It's you know, these days it's not as good. I mean, forget ignition. Even before ignition came, it wasn't. Uh, he didn't have quite have that type of player usually in the game anymore. Right, but that's to be expected. You know, people go broke. Um, you know, people obviously they improve. They, they get tired of. They like poker, so they get tired of losing money. You know, it's just natural that people are going to get better at poker. I mean, I'm a lot better at poker than I was, you know, five years ago. I'm sure you are too. I'm sure Drexel is also. I mean, it's. Yeah, I, just the nature. I, I looked up. I looked at everybody on there on the poker table ratings. Like, yeah, whoever they, I just, I, I'd want to know. Like, is this someone is winning, is losing, kind of mid middle? So, like, I, so that's how I knew you won a lot there. That's how I knew you know some of those uh, the Corrigan from our side. I knew he won a lot from from looking him up. Yeah, and Crusher. Uh, yeah, then there's some other guys that were that were winning a lot there as well. And so you know, uh, but a lot, a lot of those, like that guy you just mentioned, Corrigan, and a couple other guys. Like a lot of these guys. A lot of those guys got good, and myself included, you know, was I got good. I mean, I was pretty good to start with, but then I started getting really good when, I mean, not really good, you know, I started getting good when I, because um, I played everyone. I battled everybody. I played regulars, heads up. I, I, you know, would always go to their table and play them. I always wanted to play guys that I felt were as good as me or better because, I got an ego, whatever it is, but I always, I've always been like that with poker, and, and it made me a lot better player. And now that games conditions are, you know, now you you got to play regs. You got to play regs heads up now if you want to play, or you're just not going to play. You can't just expect two fish to be at every table. Yeah. So a lot of the guys who, you know, don't make money playing poker anymore are the same guys who, as soon as the table, you know, the fish broke, they sat out or wouldn't play unless there was a complete ruler or at least a really bad player. Those guys are all, you know, whatever they're doing for a living, you know, waitering tables or whatever it is they do. But they're not playing poker because they can't make money playing poker anymore. And that's their own fault, really, because they didn't work hard and they didn't uh, they didn't try to improve, you know? Yeah. Well, also, you know, some people just hit the, the – some people kind of hit just a peak and they don't uh, – they just really can't get better – uh, past a certain point that for whatever reason that things hold them back, they may right. lack the talent to do yeah, it. Yeah, but I mean, if, if you work, it's like anything. If you work and you work hard enough, you're going to, you're going to, you know, even if you're at your maximum potential, say, your maximum natural potential, you're, you know, if, if you work hard, 
you can still, you know, you can. Still, I think you can still keep on improving. You can improve. You you just, yeah, you you can improve. It's just uh, it's a matter of, uh, of course, compared to the opponents too, of what's what's left there. So some people eventually. Well, get... If you only play bad players, and that's it, then uh, you know. How are you going to improve? How are you going to learn? Well, yeah, you 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 have to you have to face a variety of people. You have to see adjusting them, and, and strangely enough, I even see good players who have a hard time getting what they should out of bad players because they play the bad players like they're good, and they don't uh, absolutely they don't, they don't adjust oh, yeah, well to for it. Sure. So I just oh, there's a, there's definitely an art to to beating bad players too. There's yes. There's you know there's there's certain. I mean, I'm 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 amazing at beating bad players. You know, dogs because. I played with a lot of them on Bodog over the years. Yeah, so that, like, you know, you want to poker stars and stuff like like I play on other sites, like not poker stars. But I play on other sites, and yeah, you know, I mean the games aren't as good as Bodogs used to be. And uh, you know, you would you would uh, I would see some of the regulars like getting crushed by fish and not getting maximum value out of these guys and so making big mistakes against bad yeah, players. Yeah, I, I see like, that too. In fact, I, I was one of the ones who was good against uh, bad players and I, if, on the poker table ratings days, if you'd look me up and it would show like who the, the ones that you won the most money from or you'd look up the yeah. fish, like like every time the one who won the most money from the fish was me. Like every time you just see, I, I was on top, both in in, uh, in the amount of money won and, and often in the in the big blinds per, uh, per hand played. Well, and, that's your specialty, though. You didn't play against anybody. No, no, but I no, so. I did. But I played. Uh, there was a lot of good players in my games too. I wasn't just playing heads up. I was playing six max games where a lot of times, you know, four other people are good. But uh, right, right. And that's gonna. But but I'm saying I'm saying that that where I was really setting myself apart. The reason I was winning the most on that site was that against the bad players, I was the best at, at handling them in the limit games. I was the one who was uh, every you know all these known fish there. You look every time I was the top one who, who won the most from them because I, I knew how to get the most out of them. Even he is not tilting against bad players. That, that's part of well, it. Not tilting, period. But and you just got against a bad player. They you, beat you for a couple stacks. You just got to keep. You know. You, you can't tell, and you just you have to be able to think like them. You have to, you have to be able to know what they're thinking to kind of think the way they are and and uh, and, and adjust to it. And and that's that's something that for whatever reason, some good players who are very good against other good players struggle to do against bad players. It's weird. So yeah, I, I've definitely noticed that. I've definitely encountered that. Some guys just—they're just not as good at beating weak players, you know. Some of these guys are actually bad. Some of these, I, I can. There's one guy specifically that I can think of on Bet Online. I played with a little bit, and like I just—I remember I did have those four-handed tables there, and I'm just like, I'm just sitting there just cracking these fish, and it's like this guy is just avoiding me, you know, at all costs, and then doing everything he can to get in a pot of fish. But then he's making mistakes against fish, like he's calling down too light, or he's not value raising, um, you know, certain hands where he's just calling. You know, it's like, well, if you can get a value raise in, well, then you're going to make a little bit more money on the hand instead of just calling, you know. And that's a three or four big blind error. Yeah. If you do that, you know, twenty times, you're looking at eighty big blinds. So, 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 uh, Brandon, Brandon, uh, we haven't heard from you in a while. Are you still here? Yeah, I'm just uh, listening to the banter. Okay. It's that. <laughs> we kind of cut you off, maybe. You were going about your dad and everything. Go no, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm eating. I'm eating a amazingly cooked ribeye and listening to you guys talk about the old days. Where, where, where's the ribeye? Uh, did, did you make the ribeye, or is, is it you order from? No, somewhere? I made it myself. Oh, is, is the dog going to get any? Yes, it's medium rare. And oh it's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's amazing. What you kind know, of hound do you have? I have a uh, Jack Russell. 
Oh, yeah. This guy loves those little guys, man. Yeah, he's a feisty. He is a feisty oh, yeah. boy. You, you know, I, oh, yeah. when I give the dog scraps, uh, which in last week I actually gave the dog a number of scraps, and uh, one thing that I, I feel that it's almost—I mean, I wasn't going to eat them anyway, but I, I feel it's almost wasted—is that the dog will just wolf it all down. I don't think he's really don't paying it. it. I, I don't think he's paying attention to what he's eating. I think he just wolfs it down and doesn't. Like he smells, he likes to smell before you put it down. But then he, I don't think he appreciates how much better the taste is than his crappy dog food, because he just eats it so fast that how could he really enjoy it? My dog it? won't even go into her dog food until I put like some. I got to sprinkle some cheese on there first. Oh, uh, my dog will eat everything. <laughs> my dog owns me though, so you know I, uh, you know she kind of gets away with whatever. But she, she won't even yeah, pour a bowl of dog food. She won't even eat it. No, this, this, this dog will eat everything. This dog, there's nothing he won't eat. Even it, dog food? Oh, I mean, he, like he's... If you put out a huge bowl of dog food, would he just keep eating? Yes. Most dogs won't do that. Yes, he will. Yes. What kind of dog is it? it it's a pug. Big... It's a pug? Huh? Yes. A little pug like that? Yeah, but it's a 90s dog, in all fairness. It, it's, it's, an, it's an old pug who's a, also a surprisingly big pug. Okay. What, what did you say, Jeff? It's a what pug? It, it's a very big pug, too. Very it's much, okay. dog. much big, and and, and and old too. The, I, I got the dog. In this, I got the dog eleven months ago, and and uh, he's uh, over eleven. Oh, so you you got an older dog? Yes. You got him on a shelter or something? No, it was, it was somebody else's dog that uh, saved money that way. Yeah, I, I, I saved you, a lot of bro. money. Ah, man, good for you, dude. You know, she's taking in an older dog like that, man. That's that's the way to go, you know. Instead of leaving dogs in the shelter and getting a. You know, a puppy. You know, it's it's we do. We 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 uh, we get dogs out of the shelter. Yeah. It saves their life. You know, puppies are gonna puppies are gonna people are gonna take puppies no matter what. But it's the eight year old dogs, and you know. Well, you know, Brandon brought up a good point. Though. I I got a, I got a full bred pug here for free that way. <laughs> I, got what? I, I got I got a purebred pug for free that way by by taking the the older dog. <laughs> well, yeah, of course you didn't pay for it, but. Yeah. That's obvious. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pay a dime for this pug, but uh, but yeah, he, like a friend or something that, that could. It was. It, it was. It was the family was. It was kind of bouncing around. So he's. Uh, he's here. He's here for the rest of his life. Oh, that's good. So you got a stable home for him. That's good because they. They. You know. They. They need that. Just like a. Just like a human. They need the same thing. You know, they like to have a family. They like to be uh, included. You know what I mean. They yeah. don't like to. They don't like to get bounced around like that, like a you know foster kid or whatever. <laughs> Same thing with a kid. You know, dogs don't like that. It's good for you that you did that. So, okay. uh, respect for Jeff has gone up. No, that's good. Conversation. That's good. So it's, it's <laughs> so it's it's okay that I was I was bum hunting on Bodog then. So as long as I took a oh, dog, hey, was... whatever. You know, at least you're at least you're good animal. At least I'm taking take an old dog. Is a funny piece of shit in my book. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, Let's see. Uh, I got the last thing I want to talk about here, and you know, you can big dick, you can stay, you can hang up, whatever you want. Uh, okay. I, I this is a, a story from back in Halloween. I meant to cover it on last week's show, and I, I just outright forgot. It just I meant to talk about it, and it just, I just outright forgot it. But if there's something that annoys me, is well, there's a lot of things that annoy me, as you must know. But one of the things that annoys me on Facebook is that people engage in meaningless gestures that they think make them look like they're uh they're sensitive that they're they're helping that they're supportive when in reality they're they're doing something that is absolutely meaningless absolutely meaningless doesn't help and if you point it out to them they get very defensive and angry 
Now, I saw something like... Well, I'm about to give one. So I saw something Can like... Can I say something? Yes. Because I have been kind of quiet here, but I've been enjoying my steak. I can't even count the number of people that I saw literally like either unblock each other or fight to the point that it really affected friendships over this election. I never wrote one political post. I mean, you're friends of mine on Facebook, so you can look at it. Yeah. But how many people do you know? I mean, just give a rough estimate that fr- that ended friendships or really got that tilted that they started behaving like a child because of other people's political views. No, I saw tons of that. In fact, I saw a lot of I don't that. Know why you wanted to do that? It's ridiculous. I, I saw tons of it. I saw tons of it on my Facebook. In fact, I saw like friends of friends, especially would just like people I didn't really know, but there were friends on people on my friends list. Some of them were just awful, and some of them were just uh, really nasty and obnoxious with each other. Even- That's ridiculous. Well, somebody would post one thing, then there'd be like 120. <laughs> yeah, it's 120 replies. Yeah, people got But what what you also see on Facebook is people want to both be noticed for how uh, sensitive they are, how much they're helping, or how supportive they are, or how open-minded they are. So they, they a lot of them will try to show off in this way, and other times people will do things like they think they think are well-meaning, and then. If you dare point out to any of these people that what they're doing is, is not helping, is meaningless, and in fact might even be a hoax, they get mad at you. So here's an example. It just happened on Halloween. Uh, you probably saw it on your Facebook if you've been active on there. There was this thing about the, the protest at Standing Rock, at the Standing Rock uh, Indian Reservations about the, uh, about the oil pipeline there. And I'm not, I'm not going to go into that whole controversy. It's a complicated matter, and I, I don't want to go into the details on that. But there was a protest. Go ahead. There, there was a protest there, and there was a claim that started circulating early in the morning on October 31st that the police are using check-ins that people are doing. You know, they check in on Facebook. I'm checking in at the Standing Rock protest to, to somehow target people there, that the police are checking the social media to find who's there, and that as a way to protect the people who are doing this, they're encouraging everybody to check in falsely at the Standing Rock protest. You know, you're not really there, but you just check in. So this way there will be so many phony check-ins on there, the police won't be able to use it. Well, on the surface, this sounds like, okay, it's a good idea. You know, that's, uh, the police shouldn't be using social media to, to target protesters. Yeah, F them. Let's all check in there and confuse them. Sounds great. But right away, I thought there's a problem with this. I thought, wait a minute. The, the protest is not a secret. The, the, the protesters are very clear that they're there. The police know they're there. The police are not looking for specific people there to target. It's not like they're looking for certain protesters to get. They, they know there's protesters. They don't really care their names unless they've broken the law in some way. And at that point, they arrest them and they find out their names. So why would they need to know the names of the protesters? I thought that's weird. And I thought, okay, well, maybe they're just collecting data. But it just that wasn't what they were saying. They were saying like they're using this to disrupt protests. I'm like, why do they need the, people, the names of the protesters to disrupt them? It was really weird. So... I, but I put that aside for the moment. I thought, okay, maybe just for whatever reason they know that uh, the police are spying on who's there and they're trying to disrupt it. So, so okay. I was suspicious, but I said, okay. But th- So I, one friend shared it, and I, th- I thought this friend who shared it was just someone who may have had a friend at the protest. And so at that point, I didn't question much. But then I saw several other unrelated friends share the exact same message, and I go, oh, okay, this has gone viral. So I, I looked, and the, the number of check-ins at this Standing Rock were like in the hundreds of thousands by this point. So the next person that shared it, I said, 
I just want to let everybody know that uh, there's no point to do this anymore. The police, obviously with hundreds of thousands of check-ins, the police are not checking this anymore. Obviously, this is useless to the police at this point. If this is even ever happening, if it was ever happening, it's not happening anymore. You might as well stop because the police can't trust any info there anymore with hundreds of thousands of check-ins. There's no reason to take time out of your work day. This is a weekday. This is a Monday uh, to do this. So because it's, it's, it's not doing anything at this point. So I got such anger back to me from this, from people. Uh, oh, you know, you, you're insensitive about the protests there. You're, you know, you're, you're just taking the oil company side. I go, no, this is asking people to take time out of their work day to do something which seems very noble and seems very uh, like, like you're helping out. And I'm saying everyone should know that they're not helping out at this point. They're just doing it for a feel-good purpose, but it's not, it's not doing anything anymore because if the police were ever using it, it's not, they're not anymore. So at this point, might as well stop. It's over. So I got answers back saying, well, look, people should check in anyway just to show there is support. I said, okay, well, why not post that we don't need to do this anymore because the police aren't checking this, obviously, at this point. But if you want to check in to show your support, do it. So then they got mad and said, no, we can't say that. Then we'll get fewer check-ins. I go, what? So you're saying that you need to lie to people to get them to check in. You've got to make them feel like they're helping protesters that are being targeted by the police. And if you admit that they're not anymore, then they're not going to check in, Right. And like, well, it's it's just for the greater cause. We need to. I, I this pisses me off because I don't like when anyone is told to do something that that to help a cause based upon phony information that they know is phony. Then I found out later that this wasn't even true in the first place. That the the whole thing was fake. That nobody at the at Standing Rock was ever to, uh, targeted through social media. The police denied it, and even the protesters there, when contacted, said, yeah, this wasn't happening. We don't know what you're talking about, and no one here ever asked anyone to do this for us. So the whole thing was, was, a, was a hoax. I don't know who came up with it, but the whole thing was a hoax. It spread around a lot, and there ended up more being uh, at least a million, perhaps even millions of check-ins by the time it was done. Uh, when I discussed this with somebody a few days later, they told me, well, it was still a good thing, even though it was a hoax, because it brought attention to this, because CNN and some other news organizations covered this, the the, the fact that people were checking in there, and it, it alerted everybody to the protest. I said, okay, well, it's good that people got alerted to it, but is it good that they got alerted to it based upon a hoax and a lie? Is it good that you had everybody take a time out of their day to do something that wasn't true? Is it good that some people were sharing this knowing it wasn't true? And I don't like doing things like that. I, I think that's manipulative. I think if you want someone to help your cause, you are honest and straightforward with why you need them to help, what their help is going to do, and then you ask, can you still help me? You don't, you don't lie to them and trick them saying, well, it's the greater good to get our cause exposure, so I've got to make, make them think they're doing something for one purpose, but in reality, it's really not what they think it is. I, I don't think that's right, no matter what the cause is. So that... That pissed me off, but a lot of people still believe that was the right thing to do, to share it, uh, even knowing that it, it wasn't going to help anymore at this point. And even some who knew it was a hoax at that point. So that frustrated me. And I, I just hate that sort of thing on Facebook. And, and I, I've, I've run into this before where people say things like this, where, where something that, that's a hoax or a scam, or they feel it because it brings attention to some cause they believe in, that it's, it's for the greater good that this propagates anyway. And I, I don't like that. I, I think uh, it's disrespectful to those you're asking for their time, you're asking for their action. They should know the truth. You shouldn't be lying to them to get them to do things you want.
So, unless you're Phil Ivy at Crockford, then it's okay. So that's uh, that's my opinion on that. I wanted to get it out last week. I forgot it, and I said, you know what? This isn't that long of a show today. Though it still ended up being four and a half hours to this point, but uh, I wanted to get that out. So I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm done. Anything else you want to uh, discuss, Brandon? Let's talk about something fun. Okay, what? Do we talk about the Cubs yet? Yes. Fuck yeah, we'll talk that? about the Cubs. Ah, no, we could talk about the Cubs. That's fun. Yeah, you've got the right person on the phone for that. This is a huge Cubs oh, fan. Oh, you right? sure do. Sure do. What a, what a series, huh, Brandon? Yeah, pretty crazy. That last, that crazy, last, yeah. that last game was especially uh, crazy. With a rain delay, too. Just the way that everything went down, the way it went seven games and the way they were down 3-1, the history between the two teams, you know, how long it's been since they won it. I mean, it's, it was epic. I mean, it, was, it was amazing to be a part of. You know, it's amazing to be here in the city. And, you know, I, went, I, was, I was out and about, you know, after. And it's, it's just a lot of fun, man. It's like so many people were out. It was, it was almost like being in an apocalypse, you know. It's like you saw yeah. cops. Lights going down, you know, sirens one way, an ambulance going, bombs going like 1080s, smoke, people hanging out of their cars. But it was like, you know what, it was so peaceful. There was not, I, I didn't hear about any incidents at all through the whole thing, through the whole parade, through the whole celebration. I didn't hear about anything, any arrests or anything, no looting, no shit like that, nothing like that. Now, were you part of the giant uh, gathering afterwards with like 5 million people? The, the parade? No, no, I had no, I was sleeping for the accident. I don't wake up. I heard there's like 5 million people at that. Is that true? Yeah, 5 million people. 2 million people showed up for the White Sox. 5 million people showed up for the Cubs. Oh, I mean, it's a big deal here, you know? I mean, this is it's a big deal. Like, I have a buddy who went to his grandpa. Well, he's, he's on uh, PFA. Cool ass bro, the guy who started the thread. I know yeah, him yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of our buddies. Okay. And he, uh, he went and watched the game with his 89-year-old grandfather. You know, like, I mean, it's his grandfather never saw him when he's 89. You know, it's like... Speaking of that, that speaking of that, the coolest thing that I saw, I said, speaking of that, the coolest thing I saw was there's a a father. He was older now. He was, you know, obviously he was like in his maybe late 50s. And his dad had died in the early 80s, like 83, 84. And he he made a pact with his dad that they would watch whenever the Cubs did make the World Series, they'd watch it together. And he it was went and saw. That made that yeah, 1980. And he listened to the. Yeah. Well, you already know the story, so why don't you tell it? I do. You know, probably. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I don't know okay. so exactly. He actually went to his father's grave, brought a little chair and an AM radio, and listened to the entirety of Game 7 on his dad's grave. And Through the rain out and everything, the four and a half hours. Yeah. Four and a half yeah, hours. Yeah. Which I thought was very, very cool. Oh yeah, yeah. He promised his dad that no matter what, they would uh, yeah watch that. Yeah. You know, see the Cubs win it together. I mean, it's it's, it's a big deal, man. It's 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 not like the Bulls. Well, it's a big deal. It hasn't happened. In, it hasn't happened in a hundred fucking plus years. It's a huge deal. You're right. You right. kidding and, me? And, and, and I've never stopped. You know, I've well, I've been watching those fuckers since I was nine years old. You know, and I've watched them. The only team I watch. I don't even really watch Russell baseball. I just watch them. You know, I watch every single game. I watched every game this year except you know, probably three or something because my satellite went out and it didn't record it or whatever. So when I'm done playing poker or whatever at night, I just watch the game. Theo and- fucking Epstein is 
is the best, is, is the greatest sports mind that's ever lived. Oh, yeah. He's a Hall of Famer. I mean, think sure, about huh? what this fucking guy has <laughs> done. He's snapped the two longest streaks, not even just in baseball, but in all in all major sports. I mean, it's fucking all nuts what he yeah. did. Those, those Red Sox fans are, you know, they're just as ravenous <laughs> yeah. as Cubs fans. You know, I mean, I mean so what those is, are some serious fans. So what does he do now? I mean, at what point have you accomplished so much that you kind of get bored? I mean, you know, he won two titles with Boston after, you know, 80 years of not having a title. Now he just snapped a 100-plus year streak in Chicago. I mean, what is next he gets for him? Jeffrey Loria to sign him. <laughs> but I mean the Marlins. Yeah, the Marlins have won, though, so it, it, that doesn't. Well, no. What he wants to do, what he should want to do now, is have a, a dynasty out of the Cubs. That, that's the. Well, they do have gonna, a dynasty. He's going to have lined that. up. I mean, they're all they have a dynasty young. lined up. Sure. Oh yeah. All locked, yeah the whole all locked up. Yep. But it hasn't happened yet. They, 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 they haven't won. They've only won one year so far. We have to see if they can execute. Well, I mean, listen. I think in baseball, more than any other sport. It's it's very it's much harder to win a championship because especially in that first round where, where it's only best of five anything can happen you know in yeah, three more random games sure. you know so yeah. it's very it's very high variance and this yeah. is the one thing I I've said this before on here and I'll say it again that I don't like about baseball and I don't know the answer but I feel like the season is too long. And for all those for for a hundred six and, and you know and I get it like you're not ever going to lower the, you know the, the games down to 140 or 142 or whatever because Maybe like 152 just ten games off would be better for weather yeah or, or, and yeah first five game series a seven game series if you're going to I don't like I don't like how you can play for 162 games and then the playoff wild card is determined in one game I think that's terrible because there's so yeah, much variance. Yeah, and I don't, games. yeah, and I don't like the fact that you play 162 games, and your first. Why not make the first round best of seven as well to eliminate a little? I mean, do, you, do we all agree that in a five game series anything can happen? I mean, why not add an extra game anything. at least? To, huh? Oh, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree. We've said seven. So I, I've never liked all that. of them, and, and even five games for the wild card. Just take ten games off the schedule. All right, make I mean, 152 just, yeah. games. And then you can uh, you don't have to deal with the weather as much either. I mean, we are really lucky this year in Cleveland and Chicago that the weather was good. I mean, most years, November first in Chicago, you know, it sucks. It's cold. It's not good for baseball. You know, it's good for football, but it's not good for baseball. So that would that would take some of the it would alleviate that issue with the weather, and it would you know you would still get the same amount of games. So the owners would still make their money. Yeah, but that's why my opinion, it, it's close to impossible to have that kind of dynasty in baseball like you had, you know, with the Yankees or the Celtics in basketball or even UCLA in college sports because so much still has to go right. And, I mean, look at look at the Cubs. If that World Series was, you know, six games or, you know, it just it, so five much games. has to happen. If, five games, they would, if there was five games, they would have lost. Right, right. Because they would have yeah. lost three games. One, they would have been out in the in the after the first four games. Right, they would have yeah. been out. They won game so, five. Six, anyhow, seven. I I don't think. I mean, a team would have to just have insane luck, you know, obviously to match the talent to go on a spree 
where they win, you know, four championships, three championships in a row, or four out of five, or five out of seven. I don't. I just don't think that's possible because you know you see it. You saw in this postseason, teams' bats that have been hot, you know, for part of the postseason suddenly turn cold. Or pitching, you know, your starting pitching, or your relief pitching isn't. I mean, it just there's too much luck in it. Versus sport like the NBA, free agency too. Yeah, but well, the the, the majority of the Cubs players are young and they're locked oh. up. I mean, the core. You got you know Bryant till what two thousand twenty one or the something. Whole, the whole in, no, the whole infield: Contreras, uh, Rizzo, Bryant, Russell. They're uh, and and uh, did I say Bias? Yeah, they're all signed through twenty twenty two. You know, and here's something else that's really really interesting. Joe Madden is very lucky because they ended up winning that game, and if they didn't lose that game, he would have been second guessed. And the, the outrage. Well, the game now, seven I, you're talking about? Yes. With taking yes. out Hendricks? Yeah. For taking out Hendricks Great. that early and, and putting in Lester when he was wild. And then. Well, I don't know why he put Lester in with a base runner on also. Lester should yeah. have been starting an inning because he can't that was throw odd. over. And then the other yeah, thing, which, the other thing in which the, the pundits criticized him, but I, I disagreed with that. I, I, I agree with the Hendricks. You know, what we're talking about, I think that was terrible to pull him so early, especially when he was he was dominating them. He really didn't have any issues the first four I don't innings. think he was dominating. I think they were hitting I mean, him, and I think Madding saw that. He wasn't giving up any runs, but I think he was bending to the point, you know, that guy only throws as fast as he can throw. It's like 90. So it's yeah. like, you know, if they're, if they're on him, if he's not... If he's not getting that outside, of, you know, if he's not getting that outside of the plate to left-handers and the other side of the plate to right-handers, like if he's not getting that call from the umpire, he's not going to throw it past you. So he's got to be painting the corners at all times, up and down yeah. and you know, from side to side. Right. And like, the second, not, this, the second thing was the idiots that criticized him about the duress that he put on Chapman by working him so hard. <laughs> But I, I think that's foolish because if it wasn't for Chapman and him doing that, they might not have even gotten that far. So right. I, I, you know, and listen, it's the same approach that that Terry Francona used with Cleveland. Once they got to the you know fifth inning or sixth inning, if they had any semblance of a lead, he just threw Andrew Miller in there and and just you know, and that's what they did. They just wanted to lock it up as soon as they that's can. So I don't, did. yeah. So I don't, I don't. The I don't first be, two series with Toronto and Boston. What 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 is uh. You know, the only discord that I sensed player-wise is I read a statement that, I guess, is he the third catcher or the second catcher? I can't think of his name, but the, he Montero? made a comment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he, made a, com- he made a comment. And, uh, yeah, he made a comment that he was disappointed in the amount of playing time that he got during the and World yeah, Series. It was, yeah, it was, and yeah. I thought that was very inappropriate the day after yeah, they just won. Said that. Yeah, the day yeah, after Montero they just the won, they hadn't even had their parade yet, and he was bitching and moaning. Uh, what was it? What I mean, was the reaction in Chicago? I mean, were people pissed and like to shut the fuck up and enjoy the know, moment? I can't speak for other people, but my reaction to that, I was actually fine with it. I really don't have a problem with anybody saying they want to play more, they want to be involved. You know, like it's not like he wanted to come out of the game. If he wanted to come out of the game because his, you know, his finger hurt or something, it's like all right, I get a pussy, but. You know, he wanted to play. He wanted to be involved. He was on the team all year. I mean, I think Madden kind of pulled a little bit of bullshit, you know, with some of the relievers, too. You know, they, they went out, they got Chapman. Now, that yeah, but you know what? 
Yeah, and I disagree. Was real good, real well. That's but listen. That's right. why they. That's why they gave up part of their future to get Chapman to win now. I heard that too. People were complaining. Oh, oh what about the rest of the agree. bullpen? But he but he locked. Like you them. have to go Hendricks, Hendricks, Lester. Uh, you know, uh, Chapman. I mean, we had some pretty good pitchers on that team too. Yeah, Montgomery's good. Uh, I call it that Edwards is good. <laughs> Rondon's pretty good. Strope is pretty good. I mean, these these guys pitched pretty well for us all year. Like to shut them out of the playoffs completely, like the way they did. I just <clears throat> I don't really agree with that. I know it's all well, about winning, but you know, there's got to be some loyalty too. I, I mean, mean, these guys put in some shitty innings and hard innings for you. I don't remember. It's not like they were terrible. I don't remember who they gave up, but I remember reading they mortgaged a good part of young talent to get Chapman. They gave a 13th and, best prospect in baseball. He's a shortstop. I can't think of his name. Yeah, he's right. It's the 12th best prospect in baseball. And it's pretty much already a given that Chapman is not going to resign. In fact, it was actually kind of said back then that he, that he was going to go back to the. No, they, they don't have. I mean, the amount of money they're already spending, they, they're not going to spend. What was he getting this year? How much was he making? Close to twenty, eighteen, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, just for for a closer, um, well, I've read he, that he's, he's a three go- inning guy too. He's a he, or he's a three out guy too. He's never he's never pitched eighth yeah. inning ever before. You know, yeah. so Madden, like Madden, no, when I, he I first disagree. got him here. I disagree with you that in the sense that I don't think it's loyalty. I think his mantra was to win now. And win with this team, and he did whatever he had to do, and he won. You know, so if there are feelings hurt or people were upset that, you know, I mean, look, the guy you have to admit the guy's a talented manager. He knows how to pull strings. He knows. Oh yeah, and I like he, the guy. He, I mean, I yeah, like the so guy. do I. So do I. He's and, a good guy. You know, yep. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, he knows how to get the most out of his players. He knows how to motivate them. He knows how to push the right Absolutely. buttons. Absolutely, and he was perfect for that young team. Yep. Like you know, he's he's he knows how to talk to these young guys. You know, he goes out and has beers with them and things like that. So, you know, so he, who is so looking guys. looking towards next year? Who is the pitcher that I just read a couple of days ago that they did not offer arbitration to, and he's not going to resign with them? It's one of their starting pitchers. Can you remind me of the name? <clears throat> it's got to be Hamill, I would think. Yep, it was. Yeah, our, that's our, right. Yeah, yeah Hamill. Yeah, got to be yeah. Hamill. He's not. I mean, he's not. He's definitely not a bad pitcher. He's definitely not terrible, but I think well, he slowed down. He slowed down team. in the second. He slowed down in the second half of the year. In fact, he wasn't even yeah, in the playoff. Right? Wait, are we up. talking Jason Hamill? Are we talking Jason Hamill that went to the Athletics and had like a five ERA? Say that again. Uh, Who's the guy that went to the Athletics from the Cubs and had like a five ERA? Oh, uh, Dempster. No, no, no. No, Dempster went to Den- Dempster went to the Rangers and then he oh, retired. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. We traded somebody to oh, it was Samarjo. We traded. We got rid of. Yeah. We well, anyhow, got, Hamill, had, Hamill, was, Hamill was on fire the first two months of this past this season, season, and then he started slowing yeah. down after the All Star break to the point he where he up. wasn't. I'm sorry. He was cramping up. He was getting cramps late yeah. in the game, so the doctor had him. Uh, Eating potato chips. <laughs> oh, I know that. Eat, a, eat a bag of potato chips, you know, for salt. Oh, but, okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And he actually he started pitching better, but I mean, they had such a good rotation. He, do you, you, know, do you remember? Rotation. Do you remember last year, uh, Big Dick? Do you remember last year the shrewd move that Theo Epstein pulled 
in the, the first two or three weeks of the season, and he took a lot of heat from especially the, the union, the baseball players union, the players association for this move. But if you really look at it from a club perspective, what he did was actually kind of brilliant. I mean, it's kind of shitty what he did. It's something he did to a certain player. Do you remember? Wait, do you know Codlin? what I'm talking about? Chris Codlin? Chris Codlin? No, with no, with I'm talking about Chris Bryant. How Chris oh, Bryant yeah, led? Chris, half Chris a million Bryant dollar led, and they let him. Chris yeah, they Bryant, brought him up two weeks yep. into the season instead of the start of the season. They did the same so, thing with Baez, and uh, so they'd get so they got another year of him. Too. So so the club has year. another year of him yeah. under contract. And look, I That's get why it. We from have players, twenty twenty two now. I mean. When listen, when Theo Epstein met with reporters, and you know this is Chris Bryant, people don't rem- remember he led all of the exhibition season. Everyone in baseball, he led in batting average and in home runs. This is the exhibition, you know. This is a preseason, so it's not like people really care that much. You know, a lot of players don't really turn it on. Some are traditionally cold players, but he was on fire from the start. And Theo Epstein in front of ESPN and all the you know Chicago media and the national media said that he felt that Brian needed a couple more weeks or needed some more time to work on his game in the minor leagues. And it was yeah. so bad what he was doing. Yeah. yeah. He's done that with a few players. Yeah, but I mean but listen, I mean that's not his job. His job isn't to pacify the players so they can be a free agent earlier. His job is to, you know, represent the best interests of the of the major league club and that's what he did. So, I didn't really have I, a problem with that. No, neither did I. Personal. But but I loved baseball when I grew up. When I was when I was young, baseball was my favorite sport, bar none. When I was like seven, oh, yeah, eight, nine, too. ten, and uh, it's not anymore. You know, it's really really sad um, because, as we said, I, I I believe the season's too long, and I believe the playoffs are just too much of a crapshoot. And I really wish they'd. They changed some things because baseball, as as the old adage goes, is by far the most purest sport. And I also think it's the most it's the hardest sport. I think people don't even realize Take more than skill. any of baseball. Yeah, more than any other yes, anything else. Not even close. In, in I think world, people don't realize it's it, versus like a slam dunk in basketball, or uh, even uh, or even throwing you know a, a, a beautiful spiral in football and reading defenses. Hitting a hundred mile an hour fastball coming at you is the hardest well, dude, thing in all sports. Like 20, they all, all have like twenty ten vision too. Yeah, you know, I mean, hitting a, a fastball like, like that and shit. Oh. is the hardest thing in all of sports to do. I mean, it's it's. I've gone out to the batting cages. So and, you know, they have batting cages out here, and you try hitting like an eighty mile an hour fastball, and you know where it's going. And it's, it's not easy to, you know, get in front of it and, and, and make pure, you know, really good contact. So, well, and then imagine having a 70-mile-an-hour, you know, curveball coming at you after that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you're not even sure you're getting the fastball. Like, just knowing yeah. you're getting a fastball, you know, it's it's amazing that what these so guys can do. you guys I, tell me this, Druff. You, you, I know, Druff, you're a big baseball guy. This new commissioner that's been in there for, I don't know, three years now, what is his name, Manfield? Yeah, Manfred. Manford is he considered a purist in the true sense of the word? Uh, I I don't know if it, what he's considered, and they they do have to. I do feel there needs to be a few reforms. First of all, they need to uh, do away with the stupid All Star Game 
change. Give oh, it, see, I kind of like that though. No, it's 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 it's, it's so arbitrary and I it's, it screws the it screws. But the, I, I, well, I'm, I'm saying I like it in the sense that it gives them something to play for. But they're not. They're, a lot of the players in it are, are on non-contending teams. A lot of a lot of times the. There's pitchers in, that are intentionally grooving pitches to to players that might be retiring. There's too many things going on in the All Star Game that are just for for yeah, show. You no, know I don't Take listen. Listen, listen. I heard this most infamously during Cal Ripken's last year when he hit a home run during the All Star Game, and people thought that it was you know prearranged. You can tell somebody exactly what you're going to throw at that speed, and it still takes a lot of luck. It. To hit a home run? No, it's not, I'm not talking about a home run, but like, like even uh, it was uh, Wainwright admitted that he grooved a pitch to, uh, to Jeter when in his last year. It was uh, there's there's too many things going on. They're not these players are all from different teams. They're not thinking let's win. So in case we win the uh, our league, that we're going to be in the World Series and have the extra home game. They don't think that these guys are in their mid twenties. These guys are in San Diego or wherever. These guys are out partying and shit. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about that. So like their three day vacation. They don't. So what do you? So what do you propose? That game? What do you pro- propose, Todd? Just to go back to the best record in all yes. of baseball has? Yes. Yeah. Field advantage. Yes, especially yeah. interleague interleague play yeah. even makes that more re- valid. You should be rewarded. Yeah. Especially with interleague play. Now they're, now they're the best record. Now, now the, the team, the leagues are even playing each other, so you can say it's, uh, the best record is even more of an indicator that you should get rewarded. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I agree. So there, there's that, and then they also I, I don't like the one game. Wild card, I agree. That's ridiculous. I I don't even I like. Now they're never going to go back on this, but I wish there were not ten teams making the playoffs. It, it I know it helps for interest in the sport and, and long season and ratings, but but this is like. But like you just said, it, it's even, it's almost pointless to debate it because they'll, they'll never change. I know, but that's now. but that's part of the whole problem with the season being long in that. Uh, it, it's this long, and then you have like look at the 2014 Giants. They win 87 games. They had three losing months out of, out of the se- regular season, and, and, and they, they win the World Series. And then they win the World Series. It's not they, they, you, should, you shouldn't have teams that win 87 games and have three losing yeah, months but in the again, season. Again, that's my whole point about the variance of, of the way they run their postseason. But you realize there would be less like variant that. before when there were only four teams making the playoffs. You didn't have this very often. Well, I listen. The greater good, though, for small market teams. Or teams yeah. like myself that are fringe contenders, it gave me a reason to still look at the box scores and to care. Would I have really yep. cared that much after the All Star break? You know, to watch my Marlins and to follow them. Eleven games behind or whatever the first. Absolutely if you were right. Like, if you were in the Cubs division this year, you could have won a hundred games and not made the playoffs. Right. Right. So yeah, I, I St. Disagree. Louis could have won 101 games this year and not made the playoffs. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. So Druff, I disagree with you in regards to that. And, and but I do agree with you that regardless, like it's it's not going to change. But how can you play 162 games and let one game decide who makes it? Agreed. And how can you play 162 games and you, you can't even add make your first round best of seven? It, it just that's just shitty. Yeah, they should they should take that to best of seven too. Yes. So what should be best of seven? The first, the first, uh, the, the, play, f- the wild card, the, the first round, the, the ALDS round, or the ALDS NLDS. Oh, the, the division. Okay, but the wild card, you, you think what? Five games, three games, or something? Three games for that, yeah. One game, three games for the wild card, seven games for for the rest of the. For, and they could probably yeah. do it. They could probably accomplish it by. Uh, I mean, they'd, they'd have to expand this, expand the season either a little earlier or later. And yes, you'll you run into some cold weather in places that get cold uh, earlier, late in the year. But that's just that's just some of it. You kind of get some of that anyway. If it just happens to be cold in early April or in, in, in at the uh, late well, October, you know, it's also, 
It's like that in all sports. I mean, look at the NFL. I mean, look at what, a, what, a, what an amazing advantage a team like Green Bay has, you know, this month and next month when it's freezing or snow's coming down, when they play southern <laughs> teams or, or, or teams that play in domes. I mean, it's just yeah. – The Raiders come in there or something, you know. It's like yeah. And, and by the way, by the way, gentlemen, two things since we're just talking about sports. It's looking like – I wouldn't say it's a done deal, but it's looking like this isn't any hype. And this isn't Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, trying to get leverage out of the city of Vegas. It looks very real that they may be moving here. And also, we didn't talk about this yesterday, but one of the initiatives in San Diego, which everyone it was a far gone conclusion that it wasn't going to pass, was that voters in San Diego turned down again a tax increase, which I, I really don't understand this that much. The The proposal was to increase the tax taxing in San Diego County for hotels. Yes, from from hotels from 12% to 16.5%. But it was from hotels. For how long? I don't, I don't remember. No, no, I, it wouldn't be permanent. Would be, yeah, yeah but just they overwhelmingly voted it no. Versus here in Las Vegas, they did the same thing. That's what's going to be paying the public, or a part of the public fund, is you know. Well, I'm but not how, this is how, right how much? Wrong, but it's tourists. But it's how, a, much, how much? On, how much? How much are they raising the hotel tax? Like from what to what? Twelve to twelve to sixteen and a half percent in in Vegas too. Oh, I don't know. I, no, I can't in San Diego. Vegas. In San Diego, no, was, I'm saying I understand. I understand what people are rejecting that. 16 is just so high; it's, it's hard yeah, for people to swallow. They're not paying for the hotel still, but they don't like it. They, it, it can hurt the economy. But people aren't going to want to like business travelers are going to pay it no matter what. But people who are just coming for uh, uh, because they just want to take a uh, tourism trip to San Diego, I don't buy that. So you're going to get guys like Trump who actually notice, but then you're going to get guys like me who don't. Well, that's notice. the thing. I was just going to say that I San Diego is you know? a very expensive. <laughs> San Diego is a very expensive city, anyhow. Oh, yeah. And to be and to be honest with you, when I go to a hotel, when I visit a certain place, I never call in advance and ask what percent your hotel tax. Is. No, no, but they see I, it afterwards. And they get kind of like a sticker shock. And go, wow, I'm never coming back here. Like it's it's just you you, you like you you get. I mean, okay, ho- let me ask you this. Hold on, hold on. So someone like you, Druff, who does, and I'm not begrudging you. I'm just saying most of society isn't that informative as as you are. So say you're going to take. Your family to say you're going to take your family on a vacation somewhere to a beach resort in Florida, and you're made aware that they have a higher tourism tax on hotels and we'll even say car rental places than you'd like. Would that sway someone like you from going somewhere that the whole family wanted to go? Uh, it, 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 it would well. No, it would depend on. on I don't think it would. It would depend on how high the the prices are in the first place. But it, but if they were expensive plus another sixteen percent, I might say, wow, this is this starts to not be worth it. I'm going to go somewhere else. That's that's okay. And 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 also, oh. it, it could arguably worse if you're not aware of it, and then you think you're paying one thing, and you get this really high tax slapped on your bill, and you go, wow, I had no idea. This is a. I didn't expect to have to pay this much. Sixteen percent. Well, starts- I just would think in most true sports cities, if they had a choice of either increasing the tourism tax that they wouldn't even have to pay, or losing their city's long-standing NFL franchise, they're going to pass it. But this wasn't even close. This lost like almost two to one. So now really? it's looking like that would be, this, that would pass two to one in Chicago. 
Like Cleveland would pass probably Cleveland would probably pass four to one. You know, like certain towns are just sixteen is just kind of a scary number. That that's a very high number for tourism tax. I think that's why San Diego. San Diego's got a lot going on besides, you know, like Jeff said in his one post. I mean, there's, there's some truth to what you said about you know, shitty weather towns and stuff. Actually, there's not a whole lot better to do in the winter than sit there and watch your, you know, watch your team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, San Diego, there's a lot to do. You, you, you're, you're out. You're, you're, you've got great weather year-round. I mean, it's, it's yeah. just not as, they're not going to be as, as, you know, Covering the entire scope of sports, we'll kind of come full circle here, and the NBA season has started, and I guess you know, there are a couple interesting stories, or actually more than a couple, uh, things I guess that have dominated the first couple of weeks of the NBA season has been Russell Westbrook, and the insane numbers that he's been putting up, and the fact, or the question if he can lead Oklahoma City and make them, you know, I don't think they're going to be a contender, but can they get in there as a four or five seed in, in the West? And, of course, Russell Westbrook, or, um, excuse me, uh, Kevin Durant, although his numbers have been really, really good for Golden State, they've had some pretty bad performances. They got blown out. I think you mentioned this. They got blown out by, by the Antonio. Lakers. They got blown out by San Antonio. San Antonio. Antonio. By 30, didn't they? Yeah, by now, Dr- yeah. Druff, do you or Druff, Big Dick? Do you guys think this is something Golden State is going to be able to correct, and they're going to eventually become their their, their previous or prior formidable self, or do you think that this is going to be an ongoing issue, and the magic and chemistry they've had the last two years they will not be able to duplicate? Wait, I wondered if if Durant going there would ruin things. When you have a team that finished uh, seventy three and nine, why I, change it? Like, like, yeah, why change it? It's, it's, it's. Uh, you can sometimes, uh, sometimes, and they're all young, and they're all young. Yeah, so sometimes when you think you're adding something, you're really subtracting because you're disrupting the flow that was working. And I think that may have happened. I, I suspected that could that could happen there with with Durant, even if he performs well. It's just uh, the rest of the team doesn't uh, fit in as well around him, and it also hasn't helped that uh, Clay Thompson has not played well. So there's uh, only one ball too. Yeah, there's only one yes, ball. That, that's one guy can shoot at a time. I mean, you got so many shooters on that team, so many. So they don't. Not only are they not winning as many, but they they don't. They were not dominating teams like last year, especially the first half. Boy, were they just killing everyone by massive margins, oh, yeah. and okay. that's not happening this year. And it's it just doesn't look like the same team. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if that gets corrected. I could easily see where it wouldn't. And uh, so they look a lot worse, and, and a team that looks better, it's not going to be a contender, but uh, the Lakers actually went from being, uh, I, so far they look like they're not going to be a disaster. They look like they'll be kind of okay this year. Like, not great, but okay. They, they, they've they actually taken a big step forward, and the, the team, I, watching them, they actually look a, a lot better. The previous two years they looked awful. Even games they won, they looked bad. What's your favorite sport, Chuck? Uh, my yeah, favorite sport is, ba- is baseball. Baseball. Okay, and yours? I'm going to have to unequivocally football. say the the NFL football. and college football. Yes, the NFL. the NFL, though, in my opinion, is really. I mean, they had to because these guys are just too big and strong. They're gonna, they're, you know, if they didn't change the rules, they would literally be killing each other. You know, if they had like the same rules that they had in the '80s. You know, they would be killing each other. But the game is 
it's just not the way, it's not like it used to be. It's just not as good to me anyway. You know, the defenses are soft. Um, you know, you, they, they can't, I mean, and for good reason. I mean, they can't just, you know, haul off, hit each other the way they used to because guys are getting brain damage and shit. But that's still taken away from the game. I mean, I don't know if you used to watch the, I don't know how old you are, Brandon, but I know Truff is old enough. The, the 80s, uh, mid-80s Central Division of the Bears, and, and there were Green Bay, Minnesota, Detroit. Yeah, well, I can of remember course I remember, Bears, because I, I remember the highlight of 1985 was awesome. when I was 10 years old, yeah. staying up late and watching those Dolphins, sorry, oh, beat your undefeated Bears on Monday Night Football. They beat Monday Night Football. Bears were 13-0, and and they lost to Miami. That was the only game they lost. Yeah, there was no uh, Thursday night game then. Well, maybe it was Monday night. Then. But yeah, there's no Thursday. It was, it was, it was Monday definitely night a prime time. Yeah, I guess yeah, there was no Thursday. That's right. But I can remember the Bears taking out the Lions. They took out their first two quarterbacks, the first two string quarterbacks, the starter and the second string guy in the first half, and then they took the third string quarterback out in the second half with injury. Like, they knocked these guys out. Eric Hippo was one of them. They knocked them. Wilbur Marshall, like, knocked them out cold. So, like, you know, the, the beatings that those quarterbacks used to take, like, back then. Like, if you had Tom Brady, if Tom Brady played in the Central Division in 1987, you wouldn't even know who Tom Brady is. Well, you know, here's... Tom Brady would have never made it. He would have been... None of these guys would have made it since, because they're just getting beat up too bad. Since you brought it up, since you just mentioned Tom Brady, I'll... Throw this well, past both of you. Any of those guys, either one. And, and Druff, you tell me what you think, and, and Big Dick, tell me what you think. Uh, some of the media, and I don't know if you guys have noticed, Brady's having probably his best season ever. He hasn't thrown an interception yet. Um, he, his completion percentage is at an, a career high. Some people are touting him if he continues along this pace as a surefire MVP. Others are saying. There's no way that a player who's missed, especially a quarterback, who's missed 25% of the season, that's what he'll miss at minimum, can possibly be the MVP. What 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 do you guys think about that? I think he should be able to be the MVP. Yeah, I, I think if, if he's good enough, to, if he's good enough uh, compared to games, in, the, in the games that he plays, if he's that good to where he can make up for the fact that he missed games, and yes... Uh, otherwise, I, mean, I could see the saying no to it for that reason, especially as football doesn't have many games to, to begin with. So right. there's a, there's a lot of variance anyway in, in people's uh, performances. I think he could win it. I think the only thing that hurts them is them going three and one in the first four games. So I, I, for, I forgot Trader Ruski was here. I'm just listening. Trader Ruski. You're big into sports, Bub Booby. How come you haven't said anything? I, I'm multitasking. I, I really forgot he was here. I'm not kidding. I, I forgot he existed. Hmm. <laughs> now, Druff, getting back to the NBA real fast. Is there a sleeper team? You know, because I know that you watch these you know games a little bit more closely than I do. So if you had to pick a sleeper team in, in the East and the West, who might they be? Hmm. Well, I, I think in in the uh, in the West it, it could be Oklahoma, and in the East, uh, Charlotte. Yeah, I was I saw that today. Charlotte is six and one. It's their best start ever. 
in the history of their franchise, even going back before they moved to New Orleans. Um, and I saw that today. They're in. For, they're, they're have the same record as the Cavs. And they and they bl- and they've had some blowouts. So they've. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Who did you say in the West? You said Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. Do you think that they could actually be a championship caliber or challenging team minus Durant, just with Westbrook uh, running the show? Uh, it, it's it would be tough, but they they're looking good so far. They they. What's that guy from New Zealand's name? Man, that dude's awesome. The center. Uh. Guy from New Zealand with the, the uh, Steve Steve Adams. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know he was from New Zealand. Yeah, he's from New Zealand. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, he's, he's underrated for sure. That guy. Uh, have you still been betting? Doing your. Uh, NBA halftime thing. Yeah, they haven't gone well this year. They're they're the opposite of what they were last in the first half of the season last year. Those, was, well, for those that don't know, what is what is your theory or what is it? Well, okay, so the, the so that's, well, the, the, a little bit. I, I, I've deviated a little bit from what I said, like the limits I set for myself of what when I should and shouldn't do it, and then I get burned. But the, you the more? No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about betting in spots where I would I would otherwise have skipped it. These are the rules okay. I set for myself for when I feel it's best to do. This is at halftime. At halftime, when there's a blowout, yeah, if, or then the home team's favorite or whatever. It's it, well, it's when that it's when they're the favorite team is not uh, when the, when the team is losing is not any more than a, a six point dog, uh, and if they are down by at least twenty. And uh, if it's they're at home, it's even it's it's even better that the team is down, and that you were not dealing with one of the NBA's best few or worst few teams. So not not Philadelphia. If, like if, if the team you're betting on is not one of the worst, and the team you're betting against is not one of the best, so you're not dealing with a with a Golden State, uh, uh, San Antonio, uh, Cleveland. You, you don't want to bet against those. They they they'll get more blowouts, like complete blowouts. And and or bet on a, wor- a, a horrible team like Philadelphia. You don't do them with them either. But you, you, these are better kind of like middling teams that are down more than twenty at the half, and in the game they're you know, at no more than a six point dog. Uh, and, and provided that the second half line isn't doesn't take it too much below twenty. Like you don't want a you don't want a second half line of plus uh, of minus seven to where they they have to win but they have to lose by thirteen or less. You want the, the theory is that that. Thanks to trash time and the team that's way ahead not trying as hard because they've they've got it they don't really give a crap that that the blowout will actually get reduced by the time the whole thing's over. A lot of times when a team loses by thirty five thirty, it's because they actually enter halftime down like sixteen seventeen, and then the, the blowout just continues. When they're already way down in the first half, it it's. Uh, it, I had noticed it tends to go more the other way by the end of the game. There's probably some value on the lines too, you know, because they make, when they make the second half line, the uh, when when they when they make the opening line, when, you know, if they've got one side on the public loading up on the public, and then that team is getting crushed by the home team, you know, at at the end of the first half, then they can fidget that line where say the line might actually be. You know, they, they would make it at nine. They would maybe put it to like seven because they know all the people who bet one side in the first half are going to turn around and try to, you know, 
bet the same team again. That's possible. I, 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 see, I don't know if... They're trying to make up for the bet they lost. Yeah, I, I can see how that would happen. What you're doing. I can see how that would happen. I haven't really factored that in, but I was you know, I was basically going on the fact that the teams that are relatively evenly matched, as I said, no more than six-point dog, that, that if they're getting totally blown out, that... Uh, they probably will come back some, and if and if the line in the second half doesn't require them to come back too much, then and, and right. the other factors yeah, that's where match, you get value. Like they get value. So so last year that worked out very well. Good. This this year, especially when I modified it to to take out the the really good teams, the really bad teams. This year, every time I've tried it, it's, it's failed. I haven't tried it that much. It's only been a few games I've tried, so it's not a big sample I mean, space. You need to do that like you know thousands of times to find but, out. But, the, but this, right. and it was really like annoying. Now I did lose two of them by by small margins, so that was uh, like one of them I actually lost literally by half a point, which is and it was half a point, which is the worst because my my, my the team I bet on they got the ball back. No, so they had a free throw. If they made the free throw, they would have yeah, you know, I would have won by half a point. They missed the free throw. The other team gets the ball get the ball stolen and go, oh, great. Now they're just going to let them just do a fast break. They're down by so much. You know, who cares? They're not going to care in the final few seconds. No, he, he steps out of bounds. Like, oh, my God. That's like, and that was the end. Then the other, then, then the, the other team just held the ball. And that was it. Like 16 seconds left, he steals the ball and then steps out of bounds accidentally. And otherwise, he would have just got, like, gone through. They wouldn't have cared. So that was that was one of my losses. That was a freaking... Hey, you know that guy, I mean, I've tried... Posting his this guy twice, this Rick J guy. I mean, he used to post for free on two plus two picks. I posted his a link to his site and uh, sports that sports betting thread yeah. in, uh, on the forum. I mean, I'm telling you, man. Like, I have not. Nobody's like said, "Hey, thanks for your link" or anything. Or not, not that I wanted to thank, but I mean, nobody's acknowledged that they've even looked at into that guy. Like, that, that dude, that guy is amazing. He's amazing. Like to learn how to sports bet and to follow him and his record. Who's this daily? Have you verified no, no, no. that he? Have you verified he's really winning like he says he is? Oh yeah, absolutely. He's got his record posted for like ten years. So he's like sixty-two. He was a. He used to be a. Graduated from the University of Illinois. Then he became a prosecutor, and then he got into playing poker. He didn't like being a prosecutor anymore. He was making money. He's basically the guy who's been a professional gambler, not just poker, but betting sports for like 30 years. I mean, the guy is so smart, and he teaches people in his posts, like, how, how, to, how to sports bet, you know, where, where to get value from. Like, if you go to his page, you can go back in 10 years, and you can see his win and loss. I mean, this year, he's like a – he picks – He's a 55% winner, 56, 55% in the NFL, college football, college hoops, a steady 54, 55% for years. And he charges, I think he charges 30 bucks a month or something. I, I, think, that's what's, I think that's what's driving everybody away is they don't want to pay. They're, they're, so, they're so skeptical of these touts, they don't want right. to pay. I agree. Of these touts, I agree. But see, this guy did it for free for years. But then he said the reason he started charging was that he bought? He was able to get more advanced software and spend more money on it than he wanted to spend on his own money. So, so have you have you been and using that to bet? What's that? Have you been using his picks to bet? I was, and I did quite well with him, um, but I, I I haven't been because I just kind of 
I just kind of get a little too carried away. <laughs> so I, I'm not disciplined enough to study sports bet, you know, every day. I'm just not. So I, I know this. Like, I I just get too undisciplined. But um, if you can stay disciplined and bet with this guy every day, I mean, you're guaranteed to make money. I mean, you guarantee. This guy, you guarantee. He does all, all sports year-round. I guarantee you'll make money with him. Uh, maybe I'll take a look. Take a look at, that, that, at his website, and you can go back like into the archives, and you can read. You know, you can go back a couple of years and read the things he says, and like how he uses how how he used to, his main thing was was getting the public, and then in the NFL, you know, he had like a sixty percent or fifty eight percent. What was it? Fifty eight percent, I think. In the NFL fifty seven. Something was really high. It was really high, like fifty seven or something. Wow. He basically used to kill the NFL when the books were just take the public and he would uh, you know, wait and get an extra point and a half or two points before game time. But now the books don't really do that. You know, They're not just jacking up the line by two points in the last hour or whatever. So he, he pretty much just goes into detail and teaches people you know, how to right. sports bet. Well, I mean, uh, he's, a, he's a classy guy. On our own side here, if you've followed uh, what Daly's doing, I know he had a little stretch oh, yeah. where he was struggling, but but boy, he he the, the prop bets especially, boy, does he get those right. And even when he struggled, they, they were very good picks that just happened to lose. Where you, you the reason he had behind them, like like someone someone's going to have play barely play any minutes that day, and and you're betting under the points they score, and then they just miraculously get a whole lot of points in the few minutes they play. But he he he's he's almost always right with. The reasoning behind it, and the reasoning is excellent. You don't have to be an expert to even see that the reasoning is excellent. It's just so yeah, he's doing his homework. Yeah, so he's. I mean, he's really he really finds some gems, and some are some of them are super gems to where like, uh, like they're not even gonna come close to losing. Like it's almost a lock. Some I of them. Took a couple, I took his that Michael's uh, running back. Yes, that was one yeah, of them. Like that was one of them. That one. That one just like a, a triple. <laughs> that was like a triple. It was over. <laughs> that was like a triple bet that just wins right there, so super easily. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've won on all. I've won on all three of them. Yeah, yep, I, I mean, did. Like, it was a lock, you know. Yeah, I took, like, like there's a lot of them. He, he posts like that, and uh, so you, you uh, if, if in that flying stupidity wagering forum for the listeners here, whoever's still with us, uh, you can. Uh, I'm here. D- d- definitely, the daily. It's not always easy to find books that carry props, and then you do find them. They'll sometimes restrict you if you're winning too many. But uh, as long as you can bet them, I'm telling you, if you follow daily, especially uh, you don't have to. Even wait the long term, even the the medium term, you're going to win with him. I'm telling you this. Uh, he really has an amazing talent with that. And Jeff, are you, you putting your money where your mouth is, Jeff, or no? Yeah, I've, I've been betting him. Yeah, yeah, he's been betting him. Jeff, you should you should really should take a look at that guy's site that I mentioned because you would be like perfect for, you know, you're you're analytical. You're the kind of guy who would sit there and read, you know, for you know, three days. You know what I mean? And like. I mean, you can really learn a lot of shit from this guy on there. Like, I spent the time to read and, you know, go through his past posts and things like that. And, you know, I, I picked up quite a bit from the guy. Okay. So, All right. Well, that's I mean, a good I tip. I'll, 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 I'll you take would a look. Be, you'd be happy you did. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, like, trying to get people to sign up for, you know, his service or anything. You know, it's not that. I just, I just know that. I've never guy, paid money in my life for, uh, yeah, I haven't either. I haven't it's either. It's one of those weird things, that, you know, and it doesn't really make sense because if somebody was proven and they'd make me money, of course I would pay it. But I think it's one of those things where I just don't trust it. Yeah, that's what that's you know, I felt. That's why I'm I always feel to do like it. Well, you know what? If they're that good, then why aren't they just fucking on an island somewhere 
doing what Billy Walters does. Have your runners. You know run. what? You know why he does what he does because he loves it. He trades. He I don't believe it. Trade. I don't. Uh, believe I believe it. it. Honestly, I, 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 I really do. This guy's legit, man. I'm telling you, Brandon. This guy's legit. Trust me on this. What is legit. his name? His name is Rick Janoff. Just go to rickj.com, and you'll see his site. Like I said, he gave his picks away for like 12 years for free. They only started charging like two years ago. He doesn't charge. And you, do you, you pay know, this guy? Like, I don't, no, but I used to. And I okay. would advise... And he's well worth the money. I mean, it's you're guaranteed to make money. I mean, you're guaranteed. You're not only going to make money from his picks, but you're also going to learn a lot about sports betting. I'm telling you, this dude is fucking sharp. He's not. He's not some hustler. I know these talents. I know they're all pieces of shit. This guy's not one of those guys. This is what like is, a say it one more time. Rick Rick Janoff. Rick Rick Janoff. Just go to rickjshandicapping.com. And what and what just what does he what does he charge for just a basic package? It's it's dirt cheap. I, I can't remember. It's nothing. It's like thirty bucks a month. It's thirty dollars hmm. a month, and you get picks every day. He doesn't bet, you know, a hundred games. He doesn't bet twenty games a day. He's very, very, extremely selective. Well, yeah, he's extremely disciplined. It may be it may be it, worth taking I, I a shot for a month, or taking a shot for a month or thirty, and see if it if it's Drew, a fail. You want to go with me for half? <laughs> you don't even. Hey, okay, you don't even have to to. Buy the membership. He'll give you just go through his archives, go through and see his win loss record, and read his. Just go there every day and read what he has to say every day. In two weeks' time, tell me you're not that you you you're not you know convinced. I mean, this guy. I get nothing from it. I don't know the guy. I just know from from being on his site and stuff. I mean, this guy is aces, man. I mean, he's he's so disciplined. Like I said, he's like 60 years old. He's really well-educated. He's super smart. And he is hes just really good at what he does. He's a, he's a winner. He's a for-sure winner. You, when you put a bet in, when you take one of his bets and put it in, it's plus EV every single time. Well, why you're did you the, stop you're using better end of it. Because I'm a fucking degenerate. <laughs> when I don't really, I try to stay away from sports betting. Even winning, even when I'm winning, because I start firing my own bats, and, and I, then I'm watching the game instead of playing poker. You know, I make my money playing poker. I mean, I'm not not betting sports. You know, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wake up in a day to, to be putting these bets in and shit. I just can't be bothered with it, honestly. Yeah, but if it's but making you money, it. that that doesn't. I mean, it seems like it'd be worth it if it was making you money. Yeah, but then I'd have to get up, like I, you know. Then you have like to get that. up, really. Like, you have to get like, up to make money. No, no, listen, like college, like I'll play poker all night Friday and then, you know, go to bed at 6 a.m. Well, I'm not going to be bad. I, I was waking back up then at 9.30 to get to catch the, the college bets, betting college football all day. Then I was tired that I couldn't play poker. I was making less money because I wasn't playing poker. I was okay, playing, I, I was betting sports more than playing poker. You know, and what, what do you, uh, what do you, what, what sites do you, you play now? I assume you, you just play online, right? You're not a live player? Yeah. Yeah, I don't play live, really. I mean, you, once in a while. You play on Ignition, and what else? Yeah, Ignition, some bet online. Um, Carbon, well, not Carbon anymore. I got banned from there. Uh, and what yeah, what stakes? I know that you're a No Limit player. Druff says you're a very good No Limit player. What stakes would yeah, I find you playing? 510. 510. 2, 4, 5, 10. Hmm. 10, 20. I mean, it's up to 10, 20. That's which is pretty much the highest stakes. Um, but again, it's like... I don't really like. 
I don't like thirty thousand dollar swings, you know, things like ten ten twenties. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's the swings are crazy. Like especially nowadays with the variance, it's like I just don't like those swings. So right. I just play what I'm comfortable playing. Makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I used to. <laughs> you know, it's the way I play too. I I play a lot of red lines, so I'm winning a lot of pots without showdown. So the variance for me is like even more. There's more variance for me than there is for the average guy. You know, uh, my swings are fucking crazy, the ups and downs. So I just prefer to play what I'm comfortable playing. I'm looking this guy up. It's Rick J's handicapping picks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just go to rickj.com, I think it would work, or Rick J's handicapping. You see him? Yeah, I found it. I found it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I, I I wouldn't give you... Whittles, what do you think of this? Sure Are you going half of me on the 30 bucks? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's just see what this guy does. Wow. It looks like it's 49. A 49, uh-oh. That's it's already. I don't know how. I can't remember how much. It might be fifty a month. Or yeah, like he that. he had me at thirty. It was at the forty nine. is starting to kill me. Yeah. Hmm. Well, if you're betting sports stuff, if you're betting sports a lot and you're doing your own picks, like not to take away from you, because I mean I do. Don't think take away from my guy. But yeah. I can pretty much guarantee you that this guy knows. Twenty times more than you know. About I, I'm just, I'm just kind of like with Brandon. Like it's hard, it's hard to bring myself to do it after like just being accustomed to never paying for these things and, and not. Uh, yeah, but no. you're paying for picks that are always plus EV. Ho- hopefully, always, hopefully. always on the better end. You're always on the better end of it. Okay, I, I'm. He never. <clears throat> no, you know, I've I've been talking for uh, like five hours on here, and five hours yesterday. It's it's. Uh, I think I'm done. So, thank what you, Big Dick. You're taking your ball and you're going home. Yep. And fuck us. Yep. So maybe you can just put the mic down and go take a little break. Maybe <laughs> you want to sit here and talk. Well, a when you're not, longer. when you got some time, Jeff, take a look through his site and read through some of his. He's not going to do nothing. No, he'll do nothing. No, not today. Whenever you know. No, actually, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I may, I may, the fifty dollars is kind of pushing me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're betting like five hundred dollars game. I know, but it's it's just uh, it's it's just like a a barrier. It's a uh, it's an emotional barrier. Do you think every time you put your five hundred dollar play in, do you think every single bet you make personally is plus EV? No, but uh, okay. Well, then then if you don't think so, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a barrier. If if if, if God Himself had come down and tell me these are positive EV, I'd pay the fifty dollars. It's just the fifty dollars to try it is the hard part. I wish I could have like Why a month. Why don't you just read the guy's site? I wish I, I wish I could have Go like a month trial. Look at his record, and then you'll be you'll be flabbergasted. Well, I'll look at something. Sometimes the records can be massaged. I, I just uh, I want to see it happening in real time. I want to see like games today. Like I, I just watch how they go. Like like daily. I don't know what his record was before I started watching what he was doing, but when I was watching, like he's constantly winning. So I, I know he's yeah, good. Yeah, that, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, he could just be running hot. Well, I, I, I know, but no, I've, I've but watched him running hot for too long. Yeah, I've no, watched I'm it. Not saying, I'm not saying daily. I'm just saying in general. You could watch a guy for two months, and he could just be. A, well, okay, then, then, then he may he may then he may fool me for a short time, and then I'll, I'll learn the difference and, and quit. What did the the second George Bush say? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me, fool twice. me twice, shame on you. And then he said, "Fool me a third time," and then he forgot. <laughs> no, it's fool me, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I know, but George Bush, the the son. Oh yeah, George bund- Bush fucked it all. Yeah, yeah, bundled it, bungled it. It was yeah, he, fucking hilarious. He was good at that. 
Yeah. Okay. Good at fucking it up things. Okay, that's that's. Uh, what I, else I, we got on the agenda, Druff? What's the next? Topic? This. That's what we have. Archie Bunker, nice. I'm actually gonna let you guys go. I'm gonna eat. And, uh, oh, that, that, that's what this is. This music means the show's over. I think it's all done. That, that, that's the end of the show. Good night, guys. Hey, Druff, I got third in the uh, tournament. Can you roll it in? The oh, wow. Okay, good. Traderist, I'll yeah, see you. I'll see you in five days. Yeah, I'll see you Tuesday. Okay, hey. brother. Have a good night, guys. Hey. All right, okay, thank, thank. Hey, just check that. Check that guy out. Give him. Give him a couple hours of your time and just read All what right. he has to say. Okay. Checking <laughs> it out too. For your own benefit. I mean, it's not. It's not for his benefit. For my benefit. Oh, three way. That's sixteen dollars twenty-five cents. What? You know, I don't think he would be too happy. Uh, if he doesn't like, the, he doesn't like the multi-accounting. <laughs> Edit this part out of the uh, podcast. Uh, he's uh, just not. He's not a tout. He's not a scumbag tout. He's just not. And you'll see that. Maybe, you know what? You know what? Maybe we should get like fifty listeners to go in with us for a dollar each. <laughs> <laughs> that I'd be willing to do. <laughs> he's a good guy, man. You just read what he has to say, and your opinion. Yeah, I, I guess he's if, also a stock market I, guy. I guess it. if I, I go in with with Trader Ruski and and Brandon, then uh, well, I'll be no better than Brian Hastings, the multi accounter. No, you wouldn't. No, because you could just do a corporate PFA account. That's true. It could be a corporate account. Do we have a corporate account? Well, no, we could be making one. This could be our, our first hey, corporate Brandon, account. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Where did you? Uh, I. I, I I'd never heard of you or anything until um, PFA. But I know you. I see some of the bets you've laid out and stuff. So you've spent some big money and such. But where yeah. did you? Uh, how, how did you? How did you get this huge bankroll? And where did you start out and everything? Yeah, how did you get your huge bankroll? <laughs> uh, to be well, continued. I mean, how did you start off and where? You know. I mean, it's such a long story. Jeff would be up for another hour. So if you really, I mean, I mean, if if you want to talk, we can talk. But this, it's not like a a three or four sentence answer. Yeah, it's hard to get this done before the end of the art, the end of the All in the Family song. I'm sorry. If you don't want, if you don't want to do it, no, no, it's not. We just we don't have time. It's not that. I'm pretty transparent. Um, You know what? Come on next week again. At a, at a time that's earlier, when Druff has more patience, and I'll be more than happy to talk about that. Okay, uh, very, yeah, okay. very good. Yeah. Okay, so, so thank you everybody for uh, listening. We will be yeah, back. Take, take it easy, guys. And thank, thank you, Big Dick, for calling in. We will be back next yeah, week. For having me. Okay, absolutely. Good night, okay, guys. Okay, good, good night. Druff. Yeah, so we've got. Uh, we'll be back next week on. Jeff, I feel like he November sixteenth. Rick J. What was that? I feel like he's related to Rick J. There was a lot of uh, <laughs> pressure for this one. I'll give you that. I mean, I almost, yeah, I feel like it's his uncle. Or what, what if he is Rick J? I was going to say. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't want us a multi-account. So like, we were about to do it, and he's like, oh, no, 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 no multi-accounting. He won't appreciate he, that. Well, he said Rick J won't like that very much. Trader <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ruski, the assistant bet sports, maybe we do a four-way chop. Yeah, we could maybe work that. He doesn't bet too much, but well, twelve bucks a month. I mean, all right. Well, we'll be back with the next regular scheduled show next Wednesday. Yep, next Wednesday on November sixteenth around no more fluff pieces. Seven thirty p.m. No more fluff pieces. Yeah, sure. Okay. Good night, everybody. But there won't be two shows next week. Only one. Enjoy the two this week. Shalom. Shalom.